Bung Junho joining me now. This man, how are you? Yeah, so excited. It's great. I'm ready, ready to drink tonight. 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 Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 177 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the man who won't steal your last buck, because I do this shit for free. You can call me Mr. Yuck, a.k.a. Moods, still the toxic offender. Yeah. And of course, I have the Mexicant, who still won't admit he has a girlfriend, but if he did, he'd probably realize why he's so broke. Demotion Shot J? aka JP and I'd like to welcome back to the show for the first time and making his podcast debut here on 22 shots tonight the kick drum devastator the true NFL pick'em league Canadian champion the man who gets mistaken for Chris Marquette on the daily my physical hetero marathon life mate Dylan aka the legendary gigantic Godzilla what's going on buddy awesome awesome <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was actually probably most excited to see what my intro was, so that was good. That was good. I actually was way behind on this today. I had realized I hadn't even wrote any five questions. I hadn't done an intro. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit, I was scrambling. I was at the gym, like, working hard, and I was like, fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm usually so prepared and shit, and I didn't even fuck that up, and I just wrote that. Yeah, that was good. Wow. Yeah. Good job. That was yeah. good shit, man. That was no, good shit. I'm, they- I'm loving this demotion shot J thing, man. It just <laughs> fucking makes me laugh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not funny to you, but it's kind of funny though. <laughs> ah, it's you true though, right? Ass. You will not admit the girlfriend thing. There's no girlfriend. Oh come on, man! <laughs> come on, man! Shit! You, you keep denying it, man. It's just it's just material for myself, right? I'm loving mm-hmm. it. I'm loving it, man. Godzilla, man. Yes, thank you for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. It's about time. I mean, it only took, you know, 177 episodes to get you on. That's true, yeah. And it's so funny, too, because you obviously live in the same town as me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, why hasn't this happened before? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because I'm not actually a legitimate podcaster, but, uh, you know, I'm probably the least credentialed person on here, but uh, I, I appreciate getting invited on. Actually, since you've been on the show for 30 seconds, you've already made a bigger splash than Jeremy has in seven years. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I was waiting for that one. Yeah, I was too, um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, uh, welcome on. I've always had in the back of my mind, I'm sure I even mentioned it before about having you on at some point. Um, we just never really you know, sat down and, and did it. For um, sure. but these, this particular director moods, as soon as we got this director moods, was like, Oh, I gotta get Dylan on this show because he really likes this director. Absolutely. So, 
Yeah, he's mentioned many, many times in the past about how much he loves the host. And I was like, man, you know, I mean, getting Bong Ho on here, I was like, dude, there's only one guy, <laughs> one guy in mind for this show. Um, you know, it worked out because last summer I'd bought, the, you know, this headphone splitter specifically to have Dylan on the show because he can record. He's actually sitting across from me physically right now. Yeah. Um, and then it took still that long to get him on, but it was it was fate, man. It was fate. So I think whoever Patreon this show... I'm not sure who did. I didn't even check it. <laughs> We're so bad with that. <laughs> so bad, but whoever it was, dude, the Patreon it. has been on fire lately. Ever since we did the last episode talking about Patreon stuff, we've gotten like a ton of new members. Um, we got in three. We hadn't had a franchise show uh, through the Patreon in what was the last one? I want to say the it was Dead Romero's. Series. Yeah, Romero. Yeah, which was probably last year. Um, or almost a year ago. It, it was a while ago. And, yeah. and we just got three back to back to back. So uh, that we pretty much hammered out our schedule until break, which is in May. Yeah, that was quite shocking. I mean, because the uh, franchise shows come in not that often, but to get three all at one time, yeah, it just kind of filled in all the gaps until our break. But uh, I'm excited. So future schedules looking like i mean scream at the end of this month yep and then we also have the omen to get to someone patreon the omen franchise which is really cool i've been looking i mean we've been talking about doing the omen forever and especially now that uh scream factory actually gave the whole franchise the top-notch treatment that actually kind of helps out the whole fact mm-hmm. and yep. i'm assuming I also that's pro- have that box set yeah i'm assuming that's probably why i got picked i don't know and uh what is the last one again so uh april will be scream uh march or sorry sorry february. march will or february will be scream march will be the omen uh our big show in april will be the 85 show and then may will be the i spit on your grave show oh yeah which will will round out the end of the um season for us so we're actually going to try to get dave on that show um mr parka uh because he seems to enjoy his sleazy films as well and uh Dave enjoys rape films. but no seriously I, I think that that show is going to be really fun because for me personally because I feel like I'm kind of a sadomasochist so I'm going to torture myself for a week watching how many films six there's six yeah is it six six I spit on your grave films uh all in a week and that in fact, I've actually only seen the first one, so I've never seen the new sequel, uh, none of the three remakes or the unofficial sequel from the 80s, I want to say. Yeah, Savage Vengeance, the, the, the shot on video, um, yeah, type sequel that they <laughs> came out. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh man, it's, it's it and honestly has one of the funniest fucking scenes ever in a film, too. It's got this great dry hump scene. <laughs> like, the rape scene in it is like a dry hump that's it wow and you know the the revenge that she gets from that is it's a little over the top <laughs> considering <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm with you on jp um I, i've only actually seen the first one of those so you know what this is a very yeah. up and down franchise man i mean the first one you know day of the women spit in your grave pretty classic stuff um mm-hmm. the unofficial sequel pretty trashy I, you know honestly dude i'm i have to say the remakes are all fun 
like the remake and the yeah, that's what sequels. I hear. I hear the remakes are all pretty fun. I mean, to be I honest, actually have them all on Blu-ray too. Oh, nice. The, to be honest, like they're they're kind of brutal actually, especially the the first like the remake. There's some nasty fucking kills in that man. And then I haven't seen the latest one that come out because it was a time thing, really, because I heard it was like two and a half hours long. And the f- consensus yeah. on it when it first came out was that it was really, really shitty. That's what I heard. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I don't want to sit through two and a half hours of a shitty. So, of course, now we have to. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, overall, I mean, it, it'll probably be an interesting franchise. That's a lot of rape for one show. <laughs> I've actually that. wanted to do that for a long time before they even announced that new sequel, just because I thought wow, there's a rape revenge franchise. Dude, that, could you that's... imagine if we had have done this? It would have been another fucking franchise roundup show we would have had <laughs> too. Because it's already yeah. happened. Like, it's just crazy. But who the hell would have thought a sequel to the original was going to come out? I know. I know, right? Like, it's, it's strange. So so it's, it's actually considered an official uh, sequel to the original film. Yeah, it's directed by the same director. Okay. Mayor, is that mary or something i forget his name and then um it has camille keaton in it yeah yeah well camille keaton's also uh, in that kind of pseudo sequel at the savage vengeance <laughs> that came out too which is kind of fucking bizarre weird. it yeah. is weird man yeah see we're the only show that does that though like no other show is going to review all the i spit on your grave films plus the unofficial sequel <laughs> yeah you know what man this is kind of going up there with um with the uh actually might even mention diane thornton thornton diane thornton passed away but we actually know, was in the news okay there you go but you know the elsa films aren't covered a whole lot and i think that's why that show did so damn well i mean that one has a lot of fucking downloads and views and shit and uh but this one kind of like sticks in that same type of realm you know it's just very yeah. sleaziness oh, that, and exploitation really yeah that was the other roundup ilsa the tigress of siberia mm-hmm. that's that's one we have to hit in the roundup that's right yeah yeah um so yeah we'll, we'll probably do a roundup at some point here um i mean we could almost make two full episodes out of that really it's kind of crazy yeah yeah uh well, well, i'm like, actually hoping in another leprechaun comes out and we could do a ra- a exclusive leprechaun roundup because there's two right now that we haven't done <laughs> i know it's so funny but uh i'm sure i'm sure it's gonna happen man that's why we should probably hold yeah. off and well i mean is the uh paranormal activity franchise on that patreon or not it is actually and there is one in the works um of course we have a new saw coming out which ruins that franchise mm-hmm. uh, well actually I, the franchise so, ruined that franchise <laughs> <laughs> so um i think like the titles we have on there now are critters which that we put that on there before the fifth one came out so luckily that didn't get picked um until you know obviously now the fifth one came out because mm-hmm. that would have ruined that one uh i recently i threw the like as as uh titles get picked i add new titles to it um so the uh i added evil bong just, so keyword being i there's no i and well, t I motherfucker i asked you guys <laughs> i do right well, i never I read like, that hey, chat you, you put the, the evil ID. bong on there See, to yeah, be honest, uh, dude, I don't Evil even know Bang. what's on there. I have no idea what films are actually on the Patreon. So Evil Bong franchise, which is funny because uh, the second, you know, we do Evil Bong, they're going to come out with three more because I yeah. think there's eight of them now, right? There's lucky um, seven. Is there eight? I, I, I actually didn't know how many there was because normally I do um, like I'll put like rec one through four in parentheses. 
I just put evil bong because I didn't know how many there were. <laughs> I'm positive there's seven because there's the lucky seven, which is the one that's set in the casino. Yeah, I know there's and at then, least seven. And I think there was an eighth one in the works. There's, I don't know. But those things come out pretty rapidly, though. Yeah, like you said, there will probably be three or more coming oh, yeah. as soon as this announced. Well, I'm actually quite surprised since we did the Puppet Master franchise that like seven haven't come out since then. That's true. Because there's, well, there's been there enough time as a last since we did it, right? Yeah. I don't know if that one counts as an official film because it was like another clip show, but the other clip shows counted. Um, I forget what it was called. Dude, the like bunker of death or something. But then also keep this in mind this year, Is that a clip Blade, show of the, all the Iron Nazi Cross ones? comes out. What's that? Is that a clip show of all the, from all the Nazi ones? I don't know what it is. Oh my God. See, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, but like, but, honestly, but, dude, we're not going to do a roundup Blades, on a clip show. The, bl- the Blade spinoff comes out this year. Yeah. It's called Blade Iron. That, yeah, it's right. actually done filming already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but again, that's another thing. We could probably wait till there's like three and then do a Puppet Master franchise part two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm uh, sure by the end of this hilarious. year, by the end of this year, there'll be three spinoffs, yeah. sequels. For sure. Well, there's two different franchises plus spinoffs. Sure. So there's three different realms going on in the Puppet Master's world. That's crazy. That's insane to yeah. me. So, but, um, I mean, some other t- things on there. I think we have the paranormal activity on there. Um, let me ask you: Is the Return of Living Dead franchise on there? Is on there? I'm actually surprised that has not been picked. Dude, yet I literally said there. this to myself the other day. I was like, I'm really surprised that someone hasn't picked that because it's not because it would be fun to review the first three. I think it's more about the final two because they're really bad, like TV fucking. <laughs> I sci- haven't seen them. They're really shitty. I'm surprised somebody hasn't picked those just because they are their potential Hall of Painters, really. Right. And yeah. I think, I mean, I think when people pick, maybe they're not actually thinking about films that might make the Hall of Pain because those are fun reviews. I was going to say the first, what, three would be amazing to hear. Yeah. Yeah. The first three are like legitimate. But then it's yeah. funny because the quality dips to the point where these were like made for TV, sci fi type shit. Huge swing, hey? Oh, and they're yeah. bad, though. They're like really, really <laughs> bad, too. It's funny. Are so. you going to try to squeeze in the documentaries for Scream? Oh, why not? Why not? I mean, I have the um, the box set, and it's got the two documentaries on there and shit like that. Yeah, so. I have it as well. Might as well. Are you going to rewatch the TV show? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Dude, I couldn't even get... I got, what, four episodes into the second season. I had to call it quits. It was uh. so bad. In the, honestly, dude, I was, ha- I was having problems about the midway point through the first season. And I was like, well, I've already got to this point. I might as well finish it. And I did. And then I, time passed. I was like, you know what? I'll give the second season. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I don't quit anything. That, that bad. Is. And there's a there's a third season now. See, I don't understand how this thing is. You know, the Scream franchise gets a third season and so many other good shows like Santa Clarita Diet got canceled after the what third season. I'm like, what? That show yeah, was fun. That show was actually good. Hey. That show was fun as fuck, man. Yeah. Hilarious. Fun characters. Just the storyline was ridiculous. It was fun. That's a shame. I know. It's kind of crazy. But, I mean, that's Netflix for you, though, right? I mean, I don't know what they do and how they scale their shows and what stays and what doesn't kind of thing because I don't know, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, but you know what? The um, I There is that rumblings that a new Scream film is being made, so it's probably going to outdate us after we put it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that actually materializes, though. Who knows? I mean. Yeah. That type of news gets popularized real quick as a scream, but I mean, you know, when it comes to light or gets in pre-production for real, you know, then I'll start being like, okay, another roundup. 
the big the big two shows that everybody wants is the uh, Friday the 13th and the Elm Street show. Well, I think Mike wants the Elm Street show more than anybody because he wants to be on it. <laughs> yeah. See, I I almost want to have somebody who like I want to have Mike too, but I almost want to have somebody who's maybe not the biggest fan as well for a little bit of contrast. We fuck that. If we have Jerry, Jerry. If, we, if we have fucking Jerry <laughs> on that show, it's going to be a 19 hour fucking show because <laughs> because honestly Nightmare or Elm Street's my favorite franchise and I know Mike really enjoys it. Like there's just going to be so much battling. There's going to be so many points, so many it, fucking It's your favorite franchise and I had like four of them in my top 10. Or yeah. not top 10, sorry, top 50. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of my fa- it's like my second favorite franchise probably. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I'm just a Friday nut at heart, though, so it's just hard to get Friday. I mean, I don't, I don't know what, when we'll ever get to it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure we're going to at some time. I don't know if Jerry's gonna be available at that time, but I mean, it would be an interesting contrast because we might need to have a couple extra people on there. Um, Well, if Jeremy's on, I'm actually see those those shows. I'm always curious about with Jeremy because, like, he hasn't really one. He doesn't really like franchises that much. And two, he hasn't. I don't think he's seen a lot of the Elm Streets. I know he's only seen the first four Fridays and probably the remake. He's only seen the first Elm Street film. I don't think he's seen past part one. Really? Yeah. That would. Yeah, that'd be good to hear what he has to say. Like first time watches. I don't think he'll like those movies, man. No, no, because I don't think he's actually a fan of the first one. Which, if you're not a fan of the first one, I can't see you being a fan of like part five. No, God, no. God, you're gonna hate part six. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, so. but then again, sometimes he likes the more ridiculous stuff too. See, I always find it funny with Jeremy because we always say, and he does too, that he's not a fan of franchises. But for like the longest time, his favorite film of all time is part of a franchise in Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little and, and bit he's a bit. He actually is a, I guess, a Saw guy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, because he's like, he's like Saw is my generation's uh, Friday and Nightmare and Halloween. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, the comparison it's, works, but it's weird. Because it's my generation too, but <laughs> I grew up with the Fridays, yeah, and the and the chainsaws and the Elm Streets. Um, it, man, it's it, it, it I, like just even thinking about how me and Carly were talking about this today. How many um, chainsaws? Like chainsaw, they're working on their eighth film for the chainsaw series. Like Friday only has twelve, and there was a time where there was only five chainsaws and there was 12 Fridays and now we're almost at eight. I know. And it's kind of crazy. And that chainsaw franchise is like, honestly trying to explain that to somebody who's a newbie or just like, what <laughs> bit of a mess. Yeah, dude. Cause this new one is going to yeah. be a reboot. Like they're rebooting uh-huh. the whole thing. It's not even connected to, I'm like, Jesus, oh, man, wow. it has prequels. It has reboots already. It's got remakes. <laughs> it's got fucking, Oh my God. That thing is a disaster, but it's not the worst. It's definitely not the worst. I'm honestly, no, I'm honestly still waiting for, you know, this if this howling shit actually materializes and stuff. I'm really surprised this hasn't happened before, you know, considering the, branch, the howling. Oh, the howling, yeah, yeah, the howling. So I mean, but I mean, well, I guess we'll see because that's supposed to be a Netflix movie, right? Yeah. It, that that to me, the howling is one of the most surprising franchises because, like, you. you like none of the none of the movies are like even two i wouldn't say is a good movie like it has its fans and you know it's like entertaining i guess but um how that 
franchise. I mean, it has to be rentals, right? Like that's how. Well, you got to remember, they must have just been very popular. The Howling franchise was create or was continued, I should say, because the Howling obviously came out in 1981. But the whole franchise became a thing during the video boom, right in the 80s. So they yeah. were literally just making those just for fucking straight on purpose, you know, straight to video kind of thing. And that's, yeah. that, that's why that's it's like Leprechaun as well. Yeah, it's a product of the 80s. It really is. And that's why they were. That's why those movies are all over the place. That's why there's like there's really no continuity. There's they, all those movies could kind of stick out on their own as individuals. Just had a name, essentially. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, those movies probably yeah. would have never been rented if it didn't have Howling four or five. I mean, part four is actually a remake, really. The first one, it's the same story, but. The stories are all over the place. It's a bad franchise as a whole, but product of the 80s for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, wow, that was a lot of franchise talk. <laughs> it's always fun, though. I like franchise. I mean, you're, you're either a franchise lover or you're a franchise... I, w- I don't want to use the word hater, but just not a fan of franchises. Not your thing. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a definite franchise lover. I, I love so many franchises like yeah between friday down to stuff like leprechaun tremors like dude i and that there's a new tremors coming out too this year i think so mm-hmm. it's uh it, we're, we're actually gonna have another roundup of a of a because the first roundup we did had a, tre- a tremors in that's it. right that's right <laughs> yeah that's right man it's crazy um but yeah, man, we should probably uh, get into what we always do on this show when we have a brand new guest. Get into some five questions. Yeah, there we go. I have a question first. Awesome. Okay, cool. I was actually going to ask question. if you had anything. So, <laughs> uh, so when is the next marathon with you two fools? Oh, do you want to answer this, Moods? Well, we might as well just address this. <clears throat> Let's so, do it, yeah. So we actually did film a marathon in mid-September. And I was planning on editing it come sometime because, I mean, right when we did it, it became uh, 31 Days of Horror. Yeah. And then Italian Month, and then it was Chris. Like, he was just really fucking busy. I like to sit down and actually take the time to, like, you know, put in that stuff. But I was just really busy with watching movies and stuff. So, anyways, what happened here was... Um, <laughs> it's it's not a total lost cause. I'll just just before everyone starts freaking out here. Yeah, yeah. So, I was I was on the edge of my seat there. So so, <laughs> yeah. so what happened here is we filmed the whole marathon with two devices. I, we all that you know the way we construct our marathons is after the movies we kind of do like mini reviews and stuff like that. All those type of reviews were shot on the laptop on the uh, on the webcam. Everything else is shot like all the you know clips and stuff and the intros and all this shit was done on my camera. I have all that footage. So what happened is the program that I record all this stuff in had like a software glitch or something. And then they had these updates and the fucking, all the files that were in there got corrupted. And I was like, no, oh my, I was yeah. like, oh my God. And it's just all the, it's all the, you know, like I said, it's all the reviews. I'm like, fuck man. But I'm like, at least I have all the other footage kind of thing. I'm like, what the fuck can we do here? So I think we're, we're going to salvage this. So what we're going to do, I'm going to construct the marathon, how I usually would edit it together. But instead of obviously having the footage from the actual marathon where we do the reviews and shit like that, uh, it'll cut into us. And then we're going to do like mini reviews and stuff like that. So it's yeah. essentially most of the footage is going to be there. Um, but that's the only way we can do it. So we're going to. So gonna, wait, you're going to re like you're going to 
record new footage. Yeah, we're just going to basically replace that footage that got all corrupted. Yeah, um, new reviews, basically. We're not going to try and play it off like it's fucking done at that time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're going to explain what happened. Like, this footage got... And so, when you see this footage and stuff, which is actually kind of funny, because I'm like, from that point, I'm probably 70 pounds lighter. Yeah, Moods is all shredded now, so... Because <laughs> at that point, when I was about probably in my 260s i'm in like 200 right now yeah it'd be very obvious if we tried to like play it off yeah he's like, <laughs> but i mean that, that's what's happening so we have you know most of the stuff and I, I think it'll actually kind of be fun i think it'll turn out quite well and i think people understand I yeah mean, it I, is what it is i, I think yeah. it's going to come out just yeah. fine i mean it was just an unfortunate thing so I, I actually looked into it and it turns out the program that i was using it happened to a lot of people it was a glitch it fucked up all the files that were in it and then they had to do a software update and i was like holy shit how does this happen i've never had anything like that happen before but i do blame myself for not getting it edited before but i didn't really have the time like i said because i I, october was the worst time because every day i'm busy with life and reviewing 31 films plus the podcast yeah exactly and then italian month we're busy in that and i was like okay what i'm gonna do is you know instead of putting this out where we're already putting out so much material yeah i'm like i'll do this in january and then while everything's kind of slowed down get it edited and get it out and i'm like fuck (laughs) fucking footage man i'm like jesus christ but someone actually uh left a comment today saying hey man when's the next marathon it happens all the fucking time right and i'm like oh my god so if you are anybody out there that's waiting for this thing you know this is that's the story yeah it's filmed but so so is uh like was there a theme with that one yeah there was yeah yeah there was a theme yeah i mean that's probably we'll always have a theme to it so yeah are you guys going to do another one this summer? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. We actually, I, re- I really love those things. I think those are probably the best videos you ever do. That's it, awesome. And man. I know that it's, you can't do them all the time because that's like so much effort, but mm-hmm. uh, like one a year would be dope. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, is like, I mean, we would love to do it. We could probably do one every six months, right? Like we love doing them. The problem is, is my schedule is awful. Like my work schedule is terrible. It's always all over the place. So, trying to line up with moods on you know actually figuring out a day where we can sit there and watch films for 24 hours it's it's hard it's yeah, not the plus it's you a, need to have like you know it, basically before and after the day like you know planned out too because yeah exactly. you're a complete write <laughs> you know? off the next day like you can't go to work the next day or anything like that. you're yeah. a total zombie so it, yeah we would totally do way more i would think if you know if the schedule is permitted yeah i mean i and the wife is really understanding about these things like she actually looks forward to them too and you know i think not this past one that we did but the one before i think the italian one that we did yeah she actually went out to her parents house and stayed on the lake and stuff for the night so we didn't have like any interruptions there was a time before where there was a hilarious interruption (laughs) they came home pretty drunk one time (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was fucked it was like completely fucked but yeah so um but yeah, no, uh, this summer, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we'll probably, we'll obviously try to plan something. I mean, we're going, we've got uh, Horicon to do also. Yeah, that's booked. So I'm thinking this year we'll probably do some, probably film stuff there. Yeah, and, we, we always wanted to. We just never seem to, we always get so like excited about being at Horicon. We always forget to film and then. It's, it's that. And it's also the fact that I've been going there so much now and. I don't want to, you know, I, I hate saying this, but a lot of people do recognize me while I'm there. It's true. And they talk yeah. to me constantly. Yeah. It's so hard to film and do anything when you have con- people coming up. And it just sounds terrible. It just sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, but no, it is true. Not. It's totally true. Yeah. 
it yeah. actually does happen. I'm like, I even broke out the camera one time. I was like, oh my God, this person's talking to me. Like, yo, Mary's been recognized from the videos. I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> Jesus. So it just doesn't work. But I think this year we'll try to do some actual, should maybe do some reviews, interview people, just kind of soak in the whole thing, make a point of actually, you know, talking to these vendors and people that have been talking to you for years there and stuff, right? Yeah, so. the stories that we've heard of this horror con are, are amazing. Like I would have loved to get some of them on film. Mm-hmm. Like you hear so many cool different stories from all these other people that are, you know, at the horror con. It'd be amazing. Amazing. Well, actually, one of my favorite people I've ever met there is Greg, yeah. who, you know, he does the uh, the Calgary Film Society, and they, they show 35mm prints there and stuff, and they have this kind of small following and shit like that. But he's there every year yeah. promoting his stuff, and we always talk and shit. And he's the guy that actually lended his 35mm print for... Uh, um, for burial grounds, right? For eighty-eight films to restore, yeah. So he's that's and his name is actually in the credits and stuff. And I he's wonder, there. Yeah. I wonder if that's the one that I saw. Maybe, yeah. Because I, I saw it on thirty-five millimeter last <laughs> you, you April. Know, you know what's funny? He actually so eighty-eight films was sending his shit back, and someone got a hold of his print. And he's like, where the fuck is my print, guys? And like, oh, yeah, we're showing your print at uh, this festival or whatever. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, oh, no, no, don't worry about it, man. We'll give you a couple hundred bucks so we can use it. And he's like, Jesus, man, I've been waiting for this fucking thing. It was like a fucking hilarious story, man. But like, honestly, dude, I would love to get Greg on film talking about when he was uh, at a film festival with Jean Roland in yes. Vancouver just before he passed away and he sat there and bullshit with Jean Roland for a long time and at stuff. dinner with him didn't he yeah like yeah. he's got these crazy fucking stories and like he's he's an older guy too but he doesn't really look it but like he yeah. knows everything about horror and exploitation it's insanity his stories about Jess Franco and fucking it's just crazy dude yeah he's the type of guy that you can just sit there for hours and hours and we have we oh, sat yeah, there for hours and hours yeah. just listening to this guy's stories he's just yeah Oh yeah, I'm amazing to listen to. I've talked to him on you know on the show floor until the point where everyone's packing up their shit and leaving, and we're still talking, and <laughs> people are kind of looking at us like, "You gonna fucking leave or what?" Shutting the lights <laughs> off and everything. <laughs> yeah, These so. guys can't take a hint. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's like um, when we went to that thing last year, and uh, we listened to the live commentary with Frank Hennenlotter on Frankenhooker, and even meeting him before that, like. You could tell the dude's just so knowledgeable and likes to talk about film and stuff like that. I that that's somebody that I I just wish that I could spend a lot of time picking their brain because uh they're just so interesting. I would want to talk to Hen and Lauder about Forty Second Street just all night. Oh, can you could, imagine? You imagine yeah. the stories he would tell you all night about my just God. the sleaze and just the behind the sh- scene shit that he's seen. And, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. And just telling stories about seeing certain films on certain night because you know that he was also not only was he a director but he was a fan. Yeah. So he would go to these theaters and watch all these sleazy films and just soak it all in. But I mean, the stories and the amounts of time you could spend learning it would be amazing. Oh, man. Yeah, I asked them because they're doing the convention again this year. Uh, We're pretty sure we're going to it in August. And I asked the guy uh, who does it if they're going to do another like live commentary with another director and screen their film. And he said, yeah, so I don't he he didn't say what it was, but uh, I'm going to make sure to uh, get there and get in there and and see that because um, that was probably my the funnest part of that whole convention was. Um, that screening of Frankenhooker with Hen and Lauder. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, it's just, it's such a unique experience to have a director in a theater with you talking about the film. It's just, it's, it's mm-hmm. so neat. It's just so pure, you know? Yeah. Who better yeah, have somebody right? speak about the film than the guy who made it? Yeah. I mean, there's no better information coming from the source, right? Yeah, exactly. Crazy. 
Um, okay, so yeah, five questions here. Uh, start off easy, man. All right. Favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah, I knew this was coming. It's funny, for the longest time, I've been watching horror movies, um, you know, steady since I, I made that post on the Facebook group. I think it was about six years ago when you actually gave me those films. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for the longest time, I didn't have a favorite horror movie. I had favorite movies, you know, ones I, I would choose. Um, up until probably about a year or two ago where I really one film stood out. Because you would always talk about those go-to films, right? You know, when you have no idea what to watch. You always go to your go-to films. And that film for me was Alien. I would always choose Alien. And I would always go back to bringing out Alien. Something about it. To, it's just... Right from the beginning of that film, it's so uneasy. that There's never a point in that film where you don't feel that dread. Like, you know something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I love that about that. And I feel it every time I watch that movie. And... and just after watching it a couple more times, I'm like, this is it. This is my favorite horror movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's Alien. Yeah, you just kind of know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It what was weird. Yeah, like, Alien like I said, is great. It's yeah. so good, yeah. And, and like I said, for the longest time, it kind of bothered me because I didn't have that one film that really stood out. But it finally came to me, and I was like, that's that's the one, man. I, I love watching it. I could watch it right now, right now, and, and just have a great time. It's definitely one of those things where you feel like you don't even choose it. It just chooses you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what like Dawn of the Dead for myself was definitely something I felt like just kind of the, the story, the movie itself just kind of embedded itself into me and became me. Like when I think of movies, I just think of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. So yeah. you just know what your favorite at that point. So like I said, I love that uneasy feeling. Like I, Anytime a movie can do that to me, I just I, I get excited, or I just feel that dread, like you know something bad's gonna happen throughout the whole movie. So, do you feel disappointed when you watch Aliens? I love Aliens. I love Aliens for a different reason because it's yeah. it's a total different tone. Mm-hmm. But I still love it. What about the first time you watched it? Were you like, what the? F- this is totally nothing like Alien. Absolutely, yeah. Right. I mean, this is an action film. Like, what is, what's going on here? I'll never forget it, man. It, yeah. it, it was so disappointing to me because I was like, this is not even the same shit at all. Yeah. I mean, I was never like the hugest fan of Alien. I still like. I like it. I think it's a yeah. great movie and stuff. But yeah. I mean. I mean, if I'm going to pick a film to watch from that franchise, it's going to be Alien all day. Yeah. It, it really is like a, an amazing yeah. film yeah. in every technical aspect. And it's just, like you said, you know, the impending dread yeah. and the, the claustrophobic feel of that movie and just the atmosphere oh, is so, it. so it's, thick. it's haunting. It's very haunting, that ominous well, just, vibe to it. If it's... you put yourself into that scenario, like you're in, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. That's exactly. fucking terrifying in itself. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be a creature on there, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I I think that um, Alien is a film that I never realize how much I like it until I watch it, and then I'm like, man, this and it's a great horror movie too. Right? I when I think of the franchise, I do think of a lot of action and stuff like that. Yeah. But the first Alien is such a horror movie. It it's, is. It's, it's only a horror movie, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. I know it, it sounds like a standard answer. You know what I mean? It's a very popular horror movie, but it it is what it is. I just you know surprisingly, I don't really know too many. I do know a couple other people that their favorite film is Alien, yeah. but it's not like I think there's probably more of a chance you'd find a Dawn of the Dead person. You know, that's the favorite. Per- yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think Dawn of the Dead's a little bit more popular in that aspect, but yeah. just from the people I kind of circulate with and shit like that too. But yeah, Alien's a great choice, man. Yeah, you know, for that's good taste. It's yeah. just good taste. Yeah, I almost. 
am weirded out by people whose their their favorite horror film isn't something popular. Yeah. Just because there's a reason, like there's a reason why it's popular, and you've seen it, you know, at at a time because it, like it was popular. That's probably why you've seen it right. early on. You know what I mean? Like you so, said, there, there's a like, reason it's so popular and everybody likes it. Yeah. But it's yeah. weird, you know, being like, I, I would say I'm a collector. I'm not as big of a collector as you guys, but you, you would feel like you'd want a more of an underground answer, something that, you know, somebody wouldn't yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, could, I couldn't lie about it like Alien. I just, I, I no, it's, it's just, it's just true. Yeah. It's just true to yourself, right? Yeah, it's just being honest. It is what it is. You know, I was at, um, I was at the gym today and it's, it's kind of circulated around there that I, that I have a YouTube channel and that I podcast and stuff. And yeah. they're like, Oh, where do you have the links? I'm like, I'm like, actually I have a bunch of cards in my truck right now. I'll grab. So I gave them a big stack and they're like all gone. So we might be getting new listeners soon here, but oh, nice. one of the girls that works That's in awesome. there, how I started talking to her, she's actually a newer employee. She started working there after I started working out. So, and, uh, I, I finally, one day she just wasn't busy when I was leaving and stuff. And I said to her, I was like, you know who you look like? You look like Mina Cerveri. <laughs> like she looks like she has dark hair, but her, she looks exactly like her. It, oh, it's no crazy. Way. And she's like, she's kind of looks her up. And she's like, Oh yeah, I do kind of look like her. Right. And I'm like crazy. And so we started talking and she's like, no, I'm a really big horror fan. I'm like, really? I'm like, Oh crazy. I'm like, what's your favorite horror movie? Cause I always, I always, I'm always curious with people. Right. It's just, yeah. Cause some of the answers you get sometimes are like, Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. And her favorite movie of all time is the devil's rejects. No way. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. Wow. So it's a good answer. But yeah, I was like, that's cool. Yeah, man. That that's uh that's definitely one of my favorites for sure. I haven't um, asked her if she's listened to the show yet, but if she, if you are listening, yes, we're talking about you, Mina. <laughs> 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 Probably just embarrassed her. Um but no, it's cool, man. Like I just don't hear a lot of people like just directly to me, just in the not at a horror con, just in reality itself, go, Yeah, I'm a big horror movie fan. Yeah. It, it just doesn't happen a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. So when the opportunity seizes itself, you have to ask them like what's your favorite film because i feel like that's the perfect way to judge somebody you, like not in a bad way yeah, but it's you, just like okay you, you can gauge yeah I mean, yeah. if someone says their favorite movie of all time is um shawn of the dead i'm gonna i'm gonna bitch slap you you're gonna probably just walk away <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know for real um why did mood spit in that person's face <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on <laughs> must have said paranormal activity or some shit like that <laughs> fuck um no but for real man I, i'm not gonna get mad no I might laugh a little bit and point. Yeah. <laughs> and, and call yeah. You, and call you an idiot. But. The weirdest one I ever heard was um, the uh, Freddy versus Jason. My one friend's favorite horror movie is Freddy versus Jason. I just found that. I mean, I, I personally love Freddy versus Jason, but it's not I, it's not one I ever heard again. See, when people answer like that, I'm, I'm just like my the first thought that pops in my mind is they just haven't seen a lot of movies. Which isn't a bad thing. That's just the favorite. Well, yeah, movie that the person seen. isn't a huge horror fan, so. Oh, okay, well that makes sense. Is yeah. it because that I starred in that movie, or? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You <laughs> did star in that fucking okay. movie. That's fucking hilarious. Shout out to that person. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, th- next part of the question: favorite genre. I would say I, it's fifty-fifty. Yeah. I would say. Would you creepy, say horror? Yeah, uh, <laughs> subgenre. We know what we're talking about. Gonna here. go ahead and say horror on that one. No, I would say creature features is definitely a big one, and I would also say slashers. And I, I would probably throw Giallo in. You there can't too. go wrong with slashers, man. Right? It's just it's just one of those. You just it's can't. it's the comfort food of horror. Absolutely, and there's so many good ones out there. Yeah, dude. I just I, saw my bloody Valentine in the theater the other night. Oh, and I'm so jealous. 
I, okay, so awesome. I, I don't think I've talked to you since, but because uh, you'd mentioned it last week too. But did you get to see the new restoration with the, the inserted material like restored properly? No, and oh, okay. I was wondering. I was wondering that going in, and I had doubts because um, on the actual website for the theater, uh, it was listed as rated R, and I knew that that would have made it uncut. And I think that because this is an AMC theater, which is a, a main as like one of the, you know, if not the biggest uh, theater chain, the second biggest um, in the United States. So uh, I I don't think they can they would show uncut films. So yeah, but it was the Scream Factory, the new Scream Factory restoration. I just think that it was the cut version. Um, okay, so they have both. Okay. Sorry, is that I'm what pretty they're sure. doing? Doesn't that does that Scream Factory have the uh, the regular cut too, or no? I'm not 100 percent sure. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they they seem to put out both cuts on films if there is two different cuts quite often on the collector's editions. Yeah, yeah. They- if not, then it was the it was it was what it was definitely HD. Um, yeah. At least I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, I knew right away that it wasn't the. Um, uncut version uh, and honestly i had i don't think i've ever seen the cut the uncut the cut version but i know what scenes are cut because of the old uh paramount release where the quality di- dipped with yeah. the uncut footage yeah. so i always knew what was cut but man that movie is very tame with it without the uncut version well it really is well the sense the yeah the the theatrical version of that movie literally has almost every kill cut out yeah, like it's it's everything. It's crazy how much the movie changes just because of the uh, the you know the inserted footage. But are are they planning on uh, restoring those cut scenes to yeah. make them less obviously less grainy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, they actually found some elements to do it. So is that right? And I think the original release from who put it out Paramount or no? Who the fuck? I don't know. Some studio put yeah, out. Yeah, Paramount the, put out the uh, original uncut version. So it doesn't yeah. surprise me that Paramount would just insert it uncut and not worry about you know remastering and shit. Obviously, Screen Factory being a better company, yeah. you know, is going to try and find those negatives, and they've probably been searching to do it for who knows how long because yeah. they've had Paramount for a little bit. I think some of their titles, so not not too long. I think Paramount's like this past like year, like within like a calendar year. I yeah, think. it's, it's so been about a year. That's since why had people, it. there's rumors that like the Friday the Thirteenth films are eventually going to come out through them, but I think they're waiting for the legal battle to end. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold your breath on that one anytime <laughs> soon. But yeah. I bet you as soon as they acquired, I bet you they went after Paramount just to get this fucking movie right like dude it's, it's if, gonna be a huge if, seller if i think they're the uh what is it february or march the the next court hearing is scheduled i think so there should be more of an answer then but yeah. it I, I dude i don't know how much money i would pay for a friday 13th box set from scream factory but it would probably be a lot of money well like imagine, I, yeah. you know i'm nervous how much it would cost because i would probably pay it you know what man if they do a box set like they put out the Halloween one where they acquired everything, yeah, I think that's the only way to do it because I don't want to just see, you know, the first eight films kind of thing, right? I'd like yeah. to see the whole box. I don't – I mean, it's, to me, it's not worth it. You need to get everything in there, have that complete uh, – especially considering, you know, where the Friday franchise is not heading. We might not get any more. So yeah. you want the complete thing in a, in a nice box set and shit like that. I mean, I already have the Friday set I, I with all the films. I that Halloween – yeah, I, I have the uh, not. I have the DVD set. I don't have the Blu-ray set. I do have the blue. You know uh, the thing that pisses me off about that set though, it, it's so lazy because they didn't put the yeah, name on the spine. That's trash. That spine. spine is fucking garbage. <laughs> but the other thing that pisses me off with Friday Nine, 
It's the R-rated version on the Blu-ray. That's the worst aspect. So I had to keep my that. DVD. That's, that was <laughs> actually the that was actually the reason I did not buy. Dude, it's the reason why a lot kit. of people didn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, because really? honestly, Jason Goes to Hell. I I really like that movie, but it is so much better uncut. Well, the only way to watch it is uncut because they there's I think there's like 24 or 25 kills in that movie. They cut out so much of that shit in oh, the wow. in the R version. It's ridiculous. And it actually has, you know, the face smashing scenes totally cut out and like fuck, wow. you can't watch that R-rated. It's just it's the movie already sucks yeah, the even big, the biggest cut, <laughs> the biggest cut is the um in the tent, the uh machete through the torso um kill. That is yeah. completely cut. Um, but yeah, even when I saw Jason goes to hell at the drive-in um, last year, it was the cut version. But it made sense because it was a thirty-five millimeter print, so that's probably the only version that it exists oh, um, for sure, in t- like intact. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that was um, that was a little disappointing, but I kind of expected it. But I still think to this day that that Halloween franchise box set from scream factory is probably one of if not the best box set ever released simply because it has everything but the theatrical cuts of rob zombies films yeah which you can i i did buy the canadian version of the blu-ray because that's the only um blu-ray version that has both yeah the double feature yeah i actually had to purchase that too and it was cheap it was like ten dollars for that really and you get both you know theatrical yeah. cuts of it which yeah, is yeah. which is fine you know it's on a double feature but it is what it is so yeah um, that's still to my day one of my favorite things i own in my collection is it, it is a good it is set. a good box set yeah 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 really good box especially set. because it was so limited too you know what i mean because there wasn't that many copies of it uh, that was a day one purchase for me oh yeah, yeah the other it, thing, it is the other thing that pisses me off about that box that i forgot actually part four is out of sync and i never got my replacement copy Oh uh, yeah, I did get mine. See, the, I it was crazy, man. Like I fucking emailed. I never ended up getting my copy, which is funny because I've gotten, uh, fuck, I don't know how many replacement discs for certain other releases, like Army of Darkness, fucking Drag Me to Hell. There's so many other movies I've gotten. Black Christmas, fucking Child's Play. Holy shit, can't even name them all <laughs> off. But uh, that one never, they, they never sent it to me. It's crazy, and I was, and you know, it's funny because I completely forgot about it. And this past Halloween, I usually don't even watch Halloween movies on Halloween. Yeah. Um, and I decided to rewatch part, part four because I hadn't seen it in a while. It reminded me how much I really don't care for that movie anymore. <laughs> it's actually really slow and not that great. But it starts yeah, out of they... sync and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> and it's only like a minute. But it's to the point where I'm like, it's already at a part where I'm like, Kate, I'm not enjoying this how I used to. And I'm like, fuck this movie. I'm so not fucking. Right. And then I was just pissed off at Screen Factory. And I was pissed off that I wasted 90 minutes on Halloween when I could have been watching fucking rape movies or something. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like uh, the thing about Halloween 4, the reason why, because I agree, I don't think it's like that great, but um, popping it in, it's the damn intro. It just sucks me in every time because of how Halloweeny it feels, you yeah. know? There's like good the parts of the and yeah. stuff like that. But Halloween Four might be one of the most overrated movies ever. Yeah, like it gets so much props, and th- th- usually people's complaint is, "Oh, the mask sucks," and it does. But the movie does. <laughs> is worse than the mask. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> so, um, I just don't think the Halloween franchise is nearly as strong as the Friday and Elm Street. It's not franchise because, like, at least the Friday <laughs> franchise is consistent 
um, feeling, you know what I mean? In terms of like, they're all the same movie pretty much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, except for maybe this one takes place on a boat and maybe this one takes place, uh, you know, in with Carrie <laughs> or something, but you know what I mean? They, yeah. They're they're all relatively the same movie. Um, so it has that consistency to it. And Elm street too, man, they're, they're all pretty much the same, just quality differences. Um, but Halloween, it's just like, ugh, I don't know, like what, like one through three, great, yeah. uh, fun to watch. And then like four and five are like the slog for me. <laughs> and I like six, um, dude, four and eight, I like H2, but it's basically it. scream. Yeah, yeah, forget it's, about it. It's a it's a weird franchise for it's, sure. It's funny that you mentioned but, that because this, I always thought I was like out of the you know the three major ones I was like Halloween all day, and then I think about it and it's true. I only like I like one, I like two, three is awesome, but after that I don't know, I know. It, it really dips hard, and I don't like it's a lot of the later ones. It's because so um, Halloween one is such a strong film that it's like you know you you almost like elevate the franchise just for the fact that it has one and then honestly like the rob zombie films elevate it too yeah there's that that long section in the middle there where it's just like dips dips really bad yeah Yeah. it's like a painfully long fucking (laughs) dip in time and oh it's ridiculous and it's true man like i i remember i always tell the story but when i walked out of halloween 2 rob zombie's halloween 2 i was like fuck did i just watch man like i re- i remember like get almost getting into like three accents on the way home because my mind was just like <laughs> just somewhere else and i was like all like i swear i kept swerving for white horses and shit. <laughs> it was like fucking totally bizarre and then like being just remember thinking about it and being so confused not by this narrative and shit like i understood kind of what he was trying to do with that but but just being like why did he go this direction is very strange but then it turned into that movie that I've seen so many times now because ultimately we've review, we, we've reviewed it and I've, I've watched it other times. Like, that movie actually is pretty good. Yeah. I think if you watch that movie one time and you're judging off one one watch, you're going to most likely hate it because it was not my favorite shit I ever saw either. Right? So I think it does. it's one of those films that takes multiple watches. At least it's not one of those movies that was good at one point and then degraded itself with, with watches. This one actually got better for me. Yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. You watch it more and more. It just doesn't happen very often, right? It really doesn't yeah. happen, and that's one of those movies that didn't. And I always say to people, I'm like, you know, they're like, oh, Halloween 2 is trash. And I'm like, how many times have you seen it? They're like, well, not even fully once. I'm like, dude, <laughs> shut up. Stop yeah. fucking, you know, you know, doing that. I hate when people do that. They're like, oh, this movie sucks. I'm like, I turned it off. You don't have an opinion then. Yeah. You didn't finish the movie. Fuck on. Shut up. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, Halloween. No, it, it, honestly, the Halloween franchise, I don't even think cracks my top 10. Yeah. I said it fucking thumbs down the videos Here we and, go. and here's all the fucking hate coming, coming in and yeah. roll, yeah, whatever, man. But honestly, dude, Halloween franchise is so low down there for me because there's so many other franchises I'd love more. Like I love, you know, anywhere from nightmare to Friday, to you know the psycho franchise even yep. tremors is in there phantasm i mean those are five right there okay what Halloween's about uh, nowhere chainsaw near or halloween <laughs> oh chainsaw all day you know the thing is about the chainsaw franchise i actually don't really like really really hate except for maybe the new generation or the yeah the fourth one that movie see, that I, movie I, sucks I, it, it actually it, is, it, it does it, but it actually like uh, Honestly, like I'm still kind of entertained by. It is four, oddly because like, I'm just like hate, I'm just like sitting there like rolling my eyes like like <laughs> questioning its existence. But like I don't do that with like the Halloween's that I don't like. I'm just annoyed by them. 
But uh, the only one that I think is truly like that I would never like want to sit down and watch is that uh, the 3D one that I used to like. And then you pretty much schooled me on it on that episode. That's right. I even went into that recording after watching it, liking it. And then once you started pointing out all the bullshit, I was like, you know what? I actually, (laughs) you're right. This movie sucks. Actually, yeah, that's Um, one of like even like Leatherface. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, Leatherface is great. The Leatherface is great. Um, and I actually want to revisit that cause I haven't watched it since we did that episode. Um, see what it's like on rewatch. I don't know if I have either, but yeah, three, three D is definitely one of the misses, you know, the fourth one, three D, but I mean, overall the franchise actually but, isn't but that one bad. And two, dude, you can watch one and two, like, yeah. Over and, and I'm again. still stuck on my me, stance. I love the, the remake and prequel too. Like I love those too. So yeah, I, I personally, I think the prequel again. is fucking amazing dude that that shit just it's so gnarly and violent and it just ends on a down note and you're just so like dark it is man it's it's a great film uh you, you know part two i've always i've always had this love-hate relationship with it man i like the movie but i prefer the first half i really do i really do prefer the first half of the movie and i know even dave z even agrees with me on that one he's like i remember him saying he's like i totally agree with moods that the first half of the movie is the strongest point the ends or the second half isn't bad it's just not as good as the first half that's fair Right, yeah. so it's not a bad yeah. movie to me, but you know, part three was the odd thing about that was franchise. so surprising because we all went into that episode like, oh yeah, part three is awesome, and then we watched it and we went through review and we're like, you know what, part three is kind of lame. <laughs> it is, man. It actually is a pretty bad movie, but I mean, it's still better. But than I did Halloween movies though, in a sense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I did get the um, Warner Archive Blu-ray, and I actually almost revisited it um, the other night. So that's probably on my short list to revisit. So maybe, maybe I'll flip back on Man, that one. Who I knows? Gotta, I, I gotta go. I gotta go through and fr- finally upgrade all my TCM films. I need to get part three because I did part four with Screen Factory. I need to get three in the, in the remakes. I just I've been putting them out because I can always find them. I should probably do that though. Yeah. Um. But anyways, get into the, the the another part of the question. Favorite country for horror films? Mm, I would probably have to go with... I love Italian films. I, I would say South Korea, but a lot of them aren't... The, the movies I love from South Korea aren't ex- exactly horror movies, so I don't know if I can actually count those. Yeah, they always kind of have this borderline They're type, right on yeah. the border, so like... It, Maybe I could. Yeah, their revenge thrillers are fucking awesome. And but I, I like they do love <laughs> love revenge thrillers. Like uh, they're probably my favorite movie ever, to be totally honest. But it's h- kind of hard to call a lot of them horror. Mm-hmm. Have so, you yeah, seen so, Bedeviled? Absolutely. Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, I, it, that's one I pimp out all the time. That's it's one of my favorite. It's so um, good. Yeah, I, I yeah. actually blind bought that movie randomly. We had a Rogers, you know, when all the movie stores were going out of business. We had one that was shutting down, and I, I went in there and I just randomly came across that movie. I'm like, "Oh, this sounds cool." You know, it's you know South Korean. I'll mm-hmm. pick it up, whatever. Went home, watched it, and I I fell in love with that movie. I think mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, so, hu- so amazing. huge fan of Bedeviled. Um, so if we're gonna not ex- um, count, if we're, we're not gonna count South Korea, I, I'd probably say Italian movies, mm-hmm. just because I'm a huge Giallo fan. I love Argento. Fulci Again, movies. though, but uh, Giallo's are kind of that's true. It's that kind of borderline yeah. territory. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they're going to be lumped in there more than like thrillers are. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, man. Giallo's yeah. essentially are kind of like they just act as like proto slashes in a sense. That's how I look at them. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, some are, some are way more horror than others Absolutely. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that I think like for me, um, I've definitely come a long way with Italian horror, and uh, I I like a lot of it. Um, but Giallo's a lot. I, Giallo's are probably my the the stuff I like less. I, I seem to like the more horror centric Italian stuff. I do. I, I like a lot of Giallo's, and I, I love a lot of them too. But just. Yeah. Some of the, you know, some of the more mid mid tier ones I don't really care for. Yeah, <laughs> it always makes me happy when you mention that uh, you know one of your favorite directors is Argento. Just from hearing, because like you know a couple of years ago you, you had mentioned that you had, had hadn't actually seen any Argento films. Yeah, or very only, little yep. of them. Yeah, the so only Suspiria. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that over just a couple of years seeing his films now it's. He's become one of your favorite directors. Well, I mean, that's, you know, Italian month comes around and, you know, we've got an ongoing Argento fucking extravaganza Dude, every yes. year. Yeah. Surprisingly, Fulci has came way up on the list too. Yeah. Um, which I know Moods would be happy to hear because like at first I didn't really care for Fulci that much. Like even the films that I liked from him, like Zombie um, and uh, New York Ripper and stuff, I didn't think they were that great like um, zombie probably him. being the best yeah but um now rewatching the new york ripper on the uh blue underground disc uh yeah. rewatching uh i even said like had i wa- had i actually given new york ripper a rewatch it might have made my top 10 of 82 actually um and then because i didn't actually watch that in prep because i had seen it like not too long ago for the show, so I just didn't even rewatch it. Yeah, uh, you fucking slacker. <laughs> I know, I know. It was, it was, I was actually, you know, probably should have rewatched it. And then um, seeing House by the Cemetery on the three disc and the uh, Zombie on the three disc, I've always, I, I've always loved City of the Living Dead, um, and and watching a few more of his films. And honestly, he those films all have went up on rewatch, um, even House by the Cemetery. They've all went up, so that that's pretty cool. And and he's definitely became. I've actually been. I watched um, phenomena phenomena the other night too. I love uh, that movie for eighty five prep. Uh, and yeah, phenomena is awesome. It's so good. Um, and then, funny enough, I, I've been kind of re- revisiting some films from um, you know the popular directors, like I did Prince of Darkness a while back, which everybody keeps talking about. Um, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I, I told you, man. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I watched uh, today. Actually, I watched Hills Have Eyes Part Two uh, from Wes Craven. You know, man, because I got that era edition. It's such a fucking bad fun movie, dude. I, I, I came up it heavy on ago. it. Yeah, I actually, it's it's like I used to really kind of you know more more people than not would always be it's fucking terrible, it's unwatchable, and I'm like I always kind of enjoyed it, but this time rewatching after I got the the Arrow set and watching it in that state that type of transfer and just like it was fun it's a stupid movie given Dude, what the narrative is, is. Fun. i did <laughs> i listen, mean really I break down the narrative it, like, break twice. down the narrative of what it is it's so stupid that that who that girl is and it's so dumb but like it's so uh-huh. much fun man it's like a bad it's a great example it's like it's it's better it, it's like higher on the totem pole than like you know troll 2 is like a bad good movie you know kind of thing it's uh, isn't it crazy what I, a good transfer can do though like to completely it, change it really is movie, dude. Right? Like, it really does that does affect it heavy that's why vinegar syndrome like they, they put out a lot of like 
pretty mediocre movies that I end up like loving. Yeah. Uh, but the Hills Have Eyes Part Two in particular, um, I had seen it growing up, probably from the video rental store, and I just thought it was complete garbage. Uh, and then I, I think, did Kino put out the original Blu-ray of Hills Have Eyes Part Two? Yeah, I think it was Kino actually. I, I got that when when it came. Like I never upgraded. I still had like the snapper case. Ago, dude. <laughs> That that movie came out. That Blu-ray came out forever ago. Such a weird movie to get released so early on. Yeah. Uh, but I watched it then, and I was like, "Yep, trash." Just like I remembered. <laughs> and for the longest time, I used to say that that was Craven's, like, if not his worst, one of his worst. But definitely not now. I I, I definitely found some enjoyment. Oh my in god, it. Chiller is just horrendous, man. That movie's. Terrible. I don't. I don't dislike Chiller. Oh, it's so boring man that movie to is me, a straight the, to me his fest. to me his worst film is swamp thing swamp honestly man well i mean in terms of quality it's not but in terms of like enjoyment and you know just it is so fucking boring it's man. super boring <laughs> like, yeah man. swamp swamp things like that's what i mean in terms of enjoyment it's it's my least favorite of his yeah. but hills have eyes has definitely went up a few notches part two and what i said today was dude it's almost like if you watch that film watch it like a a ripoff of it's like Wes Craven's Friday the 13th ripoff essentially like the music like cues and stuff I, dude it's funny it's it's like that that was the the period of you know the the slasher ripoff of Friday the 13th and stuff that sort of the boom and stuff mm-hmm. and uh it, it really does feel like more of a slasher than then then hills have eyes you know the original hills have eyes was like a mutant cannibal family sort of well you had to incorporate what was popular at that time and it was kind of at the end of it too though too really yeah. at this but it's crazy. funny it's so such a weird contrast that he made elm street and hills have eyes part two in like the same year it's like what the hell we well, made chiller in that same point too yeah, he did because that was an that's an eighty five movie, and Elm Street came out in eighty four, which was a TV. But yeah, uh, I yeah that that edition is pretty fun, man. I I really enjoyed watching it today. Um, I was shocked, honestly. I didn't expect to uh, to like it as much as I did, but it's mm-hmm. a fun movie. Okay, so moving on to the second question. I'm not sure who I'm interviewing here, JB. <laughs> uh, question number two. Uh, what and well, they when... do say I talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what and when uh, got you into horror? Hmm. Well, I can say right off the bat, I mean, we've had this conversation many times, but it was you actually that really got me into horror movies. I remember seeing, like, I watched Candyman when I was, like, four years old I don't know why I remember that I remember being extremely scared by it um, I think I was over at like a friend's place and they were babysitting me and they put on Candyman it's <laughs> very responsible just, yeah, I know right like and it was like I remember being so terrified for so long because I thought Candyman was always going to give me okay little um, Dylan you got to go to the bathroom just don't say Candyman in the mirror <laughs> yeah exactly I, I remember watching horror movies you know growing up and stuff like that I remember seeing Halloween movies and stuff like that but I never really got that into it growing what up what was your preferred genre like as you were you know growing up and or were you a big movie guy were, let me were yeah. you yeah exactly were you a big movie fan always i've always loved watching movies like when i was a kid i remember i've watched i, I was one of those kids that would watch if if i found a movie that i liked i would watch it a hundred times over yeah and i remember watching 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm. the number two, The Secret of the Ooze. I've probably seen that movie 200 times, maybe. <laughs> probably. Just that, I wore out that VHS so bad. But yeah, I, I, I've been watching movies my entire life. Um, the problem was, I think I was never shown the right horror movies. I'd always see, you know, very generic, mainstream stuff that never really... I was like, hey, it, it's all yeah. right, but, yeah. you know, it never really caught my eye. Uh, and then when I met Moods, when we started working together... I think that's how we hit it off as friends right away. We just started talking about movies and realized we both had a real love for film and stuff like that. Yeah, because it was, it, I mean, that was in 2009. Yeah. Because that's when I, yeah, when I started working at the airport. So. You bet. And I think you were, you were one of the bosses at the time, right? Yeah, I think I was a supervisor yeah, at yeah. the time. So, or something like that, so. That's interesting. Yeah, because I'm, yeah, that's definitely how it's, yeah, because I remember us hitting it off right away. Yeah. But that crew that we had at that time was actually pretty solid. It was pretty solid. Interesting. Yeah. I remember, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I remember the manager before you came in there, he came up to me, he's like, yeah, we just hired a new guy and he's all big and tatted up just like you. And he's like, you guys would be good friends. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. Right on. I guess that's all you need to be friends is both have tattoos and stuff like that. <laughs> Sure. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Bunch of degenerates, right? We're just instantly going to be buddies. <laughs> right? Just yeah. talking about just fucking judging the shit yeah, out of us. Yeah, I know, right? right? Yeah. But the funny thing was is we we became good friends right away, right? We started, we, we found, you know, we both love film so much. And that definitely was the common bond because obviously me being, you know, musically it was a lot different at the time because you're yep. straight metalhead. You played in metal bands. Exactly. I mean, you just, everyone in this crew was like a straight metalhead. And I, I, I walk in there fucking, you know, bob my head, fucking <laughs> listening to like Too Short and Tribe Call. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this guy, man? <laughs> yeah. Like Always switching the serious satellite from the metal channel to the hip hop channel. I would always do it just to, I, I remember doing it, bugging the shit out of Scoo so bad. He'd just be like, fuck, because he <laughs> yeah. hated rap music so bad. Like, yeah. Everyone else would tolerate like Dylan. It, it was fine, but then holy shit, dude! The excuse would like be so open about. It. He's like, "Fuck this shit! I hate this shit!" <laughs> just aggressively change it back. But dude, the like, wor- the worst thing to ever tell me when working is something that you hate <laughs> because yeah. it's gonna happen just all gonna the time. Oh, I would do it all. Too. He was so easy to get going to man. Like he, because yeah. Goose is kind of like that. He's like that metal elitist, man. Like, he just, what he, that's the best shit ever. Yeah. Right? And there's no change in his mind. And, oh, fuck, it's so yeah. funny. So where was it going? Yeah, so anyway, so, yeah, we instantly became friends, me and Moods. And uh, we would talk about film and Moods would always talk about horror films. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, cool, cool. And we'd talk about, you know, I I had always loved Korean films, like Old Boy and stuff like that. So, and then I think one day we were hanging out at Moods' place, and I was like, "Okay, man, like let's let's just dive in. Like you got to show me some of these films, right? Because you know I I liked horror movies, but I, I had always thought about it as music too. It, it seems like all the popular music isn't always the best music, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You always start to look into yeah. the underground bands, and that that's when you really find the music that you like. And I kind of thought about that about horror movies too, and I was like, "All right, Moods." let's do this like we got six hours like show me some films right and i remember i think we did this two or three nights and i don't remember what we watched in order but i remember watching day of the dead for the first time we watched suspiria for the first time we watched my bloody valentine we watched demons like we're talking heavy hitters and these are all first time watches for me Mm -hmm. and there was a couple i think we watched the beyond 
Yeah. I think in the... I, I can see this being a lineup of films. I'm just like, hey, if I'm going to introduce you to some shit, it might as well be shit that might totally get you intrigued. Yeah, Like, exactly. not beat around the bush. And, yeah. you know, I could see myself... I don't remember what else, but I could. I would imagine Gutterballs is probably around there. It might have been, Because yeah. I used to joke. I actually did a top 10 Tuesday years ago. 10 films to show a newbie. Yeah. And I think Gutterballs... And I'm like, I always do it. Like, if you can handle something like Gutterballs, mad gore. It's, it's you know, it's not a greatly made film or nothing, but it's yeah. just the gore. It's ridiculous. And there's craziness, and I'm like swearing, and yeah, yeah, like has a record for the most fucks in a in a movie and stuff. But um, but anyways, like if you can stomach that type of shit and you enjoy it, yeah, then we can go to some other shit, man. And like I I don't know why I always use that. People are like, no fuck, you don't show people that for the you know newbies. And I'm like, I do, yeah, hundred (laughs) percent, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we had a couple of nights of like heavy hitters, like one after another, and like. After the second night, I was like, I'm in, man. Like, I'm, let's do this. Like, it opened up this entire world for me, and I was so excited. I actually do remember the demons because yeah. you were like, the fucking music. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? When, you know, Lamberto Bava did this, it was, you know, that time, hair metal, like metal and shit like that was real pop. And they wanted to appease to the American crowds more, so they put all the American music in there and stuff, but still yeah. had that, like, Italian score. Yeah. And you're like, this fucking music's crazy, and this is, like, awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Which so. I'm surprised because, like, Mood said, I. You know, I played in metal bands, death metal bands, stuff like that. And the lyrics and stuff like that compared to horror movies are very similar, right? Very dark stuff. So I'm surprised I didn't get into it earlier. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know about it. But like I said, as soon as Moods showed me those movies, I was I was so hooked. I was like, like I said, it opened up this entire world for me. And I just wanted to explore it all. I wanted to see everything I could. I was so in. Yeah. So Dude, that, yeah, I, that's, I, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I like to hear, because we don't, we don't, often get to hear later in life horror fans yeah you know what i mean how how they became a horror fan so that's cool yeah and and it it is one of those things where sometimes you don't if you you know are are seeing just the stuff that comes out in the theaters or whatever like okay yeah that i I like this movie it's kind of cool like oh yeah saw it's cool or whatever but once you start like you realize how much depth there is to to horror movies especially when you venture to other countries which are if you're like me that stuff didn't exist around here when i was a kid you know what i mean so like seeing like films like demons and the beyond and stuff like that just wasn't possible so you start seeing that there's like this all these little territories of of great horror and even stuff that like sleepaway camp right that is not a film that was hugely popular in my area like i never saw it on vhs anywhere like you start finding these this depth of even cooler movies and weird movies that existed in the 80s that just didn't get much mainstream exposure yeah and you you just start like wow this is crazy like that i always thought that like horror was like halloween and the thing you know but it's it's way deeper than that exactly it's it's cool and then to have a guy like moods like guide me through all of it like what a perfect mentor right (laughs) It's one of my favorite things to do is to show people like when I first met Carly, you know, she liked horror movies and she was uh, like she was a fan. And I remember the like I always when someone says they like horror, when you met, I always like, yeah, right. I always (laughs) pump the brakes a little bit because like people say they like horror that I meet, but they don't they they don't 
they don't know shit. Don't you know, know what I mean? Right. So yeah, yeah. They know like the basic stuff, but like Carly actually knew a little bit more than I was expecting. Like she had seen Suspiria and Phantasm, which okay. I hadn't even seen those films at her age. So I was like, okay, yeah, she has a lot of holes in her uh, at the time in you know the the history of horror and stuff like that. But she had seen some stuff that was a little less. Uh, like she had seen Sleepaway Camp too, which is okay. the, the, those were the three that impressed me, like Phantasm, Sleepaway Camp, and. But you also Suspiria. have to remember, you know, she is a lot younger, but it's also a lot more accept- It's easier to find for her nowadays. Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. back in the day, it was a little bit harder, you know, when you were younger and stuff. Yeah, too, so yeah. yeah. Well, well what surprised me is she's seen she's seen most of those films when she was younger, which was shocking to me because I was like, wow. You know what I mean? That's and I know she's younger than me, but um, the, instantly what I did was I gave her a huge stack of movies that um, I wanted to s- I, not necessarily uh, get her to watch for her to become more of a horror fan, but kind of gauge what kind of stuff she liked. So I gave her a, a bunch of movies and kind of went from there. I don't remember exactly what I gave her, but it was like a mix of everything. A lot of newer stuff too cuz you know I knew she was younger and stuff like that, but since then, I mean, she's her horror knowledge has grown so much in in the past couple years and it's uh it's really cool to see her sort of progress in and get fully engulfed in in the world too as it was probably cool to see Dil- that happen with Dylan. You want to hear something funny, Dylan? Um <laughs> so I think it was I don't know, probably even a week or two ago. Yeah we were talking about you and and house sitting and shit like that oh yeah i know how it got brought up it was fucking um i was looking for my copy of antichrist right and uh yeah it's just obviously not there and stuff and it, whatever long story short D- <laughs> jp thought that you were still my house sitter oh <laughs> he thought that you had the copy and he's like just get it back from dylan i'm like no he hasn't been my house sitter for years man <laughs> you know what's funny i actually bought a copy of antichrist at Larry's shop. I'm like, I I had heard that on the podcast. I'm like, I wonder if this is Moods' copy that just got sold. And yeah, right. Up, ended up at Larry's shop, and then I bought it. Even if it was, man, you you deserve it because I stole some of the movies there from you. Yeah. 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 But my uh, copy of uh, Antichrist was sealed, and I couldn't remember if it was uh, one of the criterions Dylan had gave me oh, because yeah. you you had sent me some criterions like right. years ago. Yeah, I think one was Rosemary's Baby, but I can't remember. Yeah, it for was. Sure. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah. did I send you Phantom's Carriage? No, it might have been House, or I can't remember. Uh, I, can see I don't think it was House. house yeah. okay. I, ha- I oh. don't have House, but oh, okay. I do have Phantom's Carriage, so it could have been that one. Might have been that one. Yeah. 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 Thanks for that, by the way. Oh, no worries, man. No worries at all. <laughs> you know, one of the other things actually with, um, you know, Dylan and his horror movie watching. Yeah, he used to be my house sitter when I went out of town and stuff. And instead of like pulling out movies and shit and leaving them, whatever, I would just pull them out on my shelves. And I, I'd tell him, I'm like, man, the movies that are kind of pulled out on the shelves, you know, check those out. And I would always do, I would pull out like 20, 30 movies or whatever. So you could to- kind of. Check yeah, so you could go through whatever, yeah. and I'd always be so mean to him because I'd pull out shit like a Serbian <laughs> film and like slaughtered vomit dolls and like August Underground and Mortem and just all these vile fucking and with some good ones and shit too. Yeah. So he, I'm like, so would you watch, man? He's like, yeah, I checked out that like slaughtered vomit doll. He's like, not for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna bring that up, GP. You probably just like, yeah, it's not for me either. <laughs> JP's probably recommending all these like great films for Carly, and Moods is recommending Mortem and Slaughter Vomit Dolls. <laughs> oh, I think I did thanks, give her Moods. some some hard, more hardcore stuff, like probably like Girl Next Door and like Eden Lake and stuff. Because oh, I got I had to test 
you know where you got to see where the boundaries <laughs> what are. her boundaries yeah. were yeah. yeah i mean honestly dude the the looser valentine films were jokes <laughs> but like i personally like the fucking august underground films for what it is yeah they are good and moods knows i'll, 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 literally, I'll like, literally watch anything so mm. like, whether i like it or not i'll still i'll still sit through anything but you definitely found some gems from doing that and shit just absolutely i, I don't even i don't remember what i ever pulled it because there were so many times you house it for me and it was yeah usually long periods of time too like weeks, weeks. Yeah. yeah so that was great for me are you kidding me I just got to go pick out through your collection through a couple weeks. Yeah, it was awesome. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. When I one of the fun is because I I house sit sometimes for a friend too. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but uh, I used to do it like you know every five or so months. And one of the funnest things about it for me because like I don't really take a laptop or anything. Sometimes I did if I had a show or something like that. But I would take a stack of movies and for whatever reason when i'm in someone else's house i'm not distracted by all my own shit so i would just most of the time just watch movies all day and it is really chill and fun yeah absolutely Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh how's the horror collecting coming these days i i know that you're getting married later on this year so i I imagine the funds are being a little bit resorted to you know more important things than collecting (laughs) fucking physical media unfortunately it has slowed down a bit but i still you know Every month, I'll buy myself. Have one you or... been hitting up Larry's shop at all? And have you oh, been yeah. finding? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I usually go there just to kind of you know feed the fix. You know, yeah, exactly. Right. You know what I mean, try and try and buy whatever I can find, and it's still exciting, right? You never know what you're going to find. Yeah, there, so true that man. I still get that excitement going there, and it's cheap for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's slowed mm-hmm. down because of the wedding coming up. But I still, yeah, you know, I'll buy myself one or two things a month on Amazon or something like that. Just to mm-hmm. can't help it, right? Yeah, I'm do excited. you have a do you have a letterboxed? I do. I haven't posted on there a whole lot lately. I might start doing it again. I really enjoyed it, doing it. It's really fun, man. I, I've is. like fallen in love with it. Yeah, it, it's such a fun thing, and especially like at the end of the year when you see like all the stuff you watch, and it's a little diary. Like yeah. I, I'll go back and look at like, oh, I remember what I was doing when I was watching these films. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I, I recommend think, everybody do it. I think the problem is I like I enjoy seeing what you guys watch more than myself posting on there so that's probably why i haven't done a whole lot on there but i do have one yeah mm. yeah i love i love uh looking in and seeing what like moods watched and and other people that i follow it's pretty fun it's good to base stuff too like stuff you want to check out right? you know you see a lot of hype around everybody giving it four or five stars you know eight out of ten nine out of ten ten out of ten films and stuff like that and then you get really excited mm-hmm. you want to go out of your way to see these films yeah, it's a good way to find new new things to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, are you four gay yet? I, I, I believe I own two four gay, but I <laughs> I don't have a four gay player or TV, so okay. no, See, I'm I, not. I still haven't made the fucking bounds. I mean. I know these guys are always talking about, they're like, man, 4K TVs are so cheap and the players and shit. I'm like, yeah. but when you're around, like, the cheap 4K TV here is like twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500. Yeah. Right? It's crazy, dude. And the players are yeah, nuts. Yeah, mine stuff. was... And 4Ks I, I got mine for like three-something. But even the movies themselves, I mean, you can get some for like 20 but most of them are like 30 bucks, And yeah. you're like paying way more for those. Yeah. You know, it's just fucking nuts. But I just, it hasn't intrigued me enough. And I'm like, and I've said it before, I'm not... I'm not upgrading my TVs when they don't need to be. That's my problem. Yeah. What What am I going to do with these TVs? That's my whole thing. It's like nobody is going to take this because t- everyone is upgrading or doing whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to fucking just 
turf good ass TVs. Yeah. They still fucking look great. That's that's my problem. I have I have two plasma TVs that just won't die, right? Yeah. So well, I, which I is crazy in itself too, right? Yeah. I can't justify just buying a new TV, even though I really want to. Yeah. I thought about just accidentally, you know, tripping into the TV and you know, <laughs> knocking it off the stand or whatever, just so I can go get a new one. But um, yeah, I, I eventually I will get there. Um, I mean, I, Jeremy blows it so hard. I don't think they're as good as he does, like difference wise. I do Jeremy like can't them. Can't even and, walk and anymore. His knees are so fucking beat up <laughs> from blowing four gays, man. Like this guy yeah. posts his four gay collection. Every five minutes, yeah, he gets a couple more, and he's got to like, oh, you know, and then he rearranges, and he and he fucking you no know, tags JP on there. He's like, I rearranged it for you, so it's all in order, <laughs> like, dude. Like, who cares, man? Do we, but get first of yeah. all, get a fucking shelf. <laughs> yeah, get- my, mine have uh, slowed down. I haven't really got many four four Ks lately. I, <laughs> I, I still paused. need to dig into some of them, like Suspiria, and I still haven't watched Alien on 4K yet. See, that's that's one of the ones I own, too. I, I had to do it. As soon as I found out it was coming, I was like, obviously I'm going to buy it, right? You know, I am going to be that guy, though, that's going to get the, the, what is it, Second Sight is putting out the 4K Dawn of the Dead I think is it all the cuts too? I think they're I putting, believe it is. I, yeah. So I think they're putting out all the cuts on 4K and stuff. I mean, I'm obviously going to buy that for you know storage sake until I actually upgrade the TVs and yeah. stuff because I just feel like that has to be my first first purchase. It was going to be Suspiria, and I'm like, the 4K Suspiria here is like sixty bucks. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, fuck that shit, man. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm not going to spend sixty dollars and then watch the fucking Blu-ray that I already own multiple copies of Suspiria on Blu-ray. <laughs> so that's yeah. how my first uh, 4K was Halloween, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about that, and then the I was like, wait a minute, it's Halloween. The last one I bought Joker. Yeah. Such a great film. No, fucking Joker's amazing, man. I, I Jeremy sent me that Full Metal Jacket's getting one, and that's that's a day one purchase for me. Yeah, it's nice. like one of your favorite nice. movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. Second favorite. Cool. Uh, get into the third. Wait, there's always so many parts to these questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, third, what what is your favorite director? I would have to say Argento is my favorite director. Only basing that off of how many movies of his I actually really love. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got such a great record with me that it's hard not to say Argento. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge what is car- your favorite Argento? I always go back and forth. I, it's between Phenomena and Suspiria. I was just going to say Phenomena, yeah. yeah. It's probably Phenomena. It's the classic air, yeah. air keyboard. Yeah, we shredded that song oh, fucking playing God. that live. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. yeah, I would go with Phenomena. I, it's probably the one I've watched the most, and it's the one I always grab. I think it's such a good film. Such a great film. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably in my top five. Um, yeah. I re- Tenebrae's... Tenebrae might be... I don't know. It's like Suspiria, Tenebrae, Opera. Um, I'm a big fan of Stendhal, too. But Tenebrae's uh so good. Yeah. I love Tenebrae. I'm a big deep breath yeah. fan, too. Tenebrae, like- Tenebrae really good yeah for the longest time Suspiria was like bonafide my favorite film yeah I swear it's probably maybe at number five now really yeah that's what I like about you know just growth and just rewatching films over years and just and also that you rewatch not just Suspiria but just other films just more and like you know Deep Red is probably my favorite but like I've really grown to love opera so much it's so good that one was always in there for me, yep. but then I, I never realized how much I really loved it yeah. until I think we did it, what, last year or something like that, or year before. And just rewatching yeah, it again, I, I was I like, had fuck, it's, it's just it. such a good movie, man. Yeah. 
you know, and um, I, I had watched it for the first time when Doppelganger and Scorpion put out that Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I remember I was working the night shift and I got it in the mail um, because I get my mail sent to my work sometimes. And I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing when I get off. And I remember I think it was I think it was wintertime. I drove home. It was kind of snowy. And I just came home and I, w- I would always watch movies after work, even though get, I would get off in the morning because uh, that was pretty much the only time I could. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, I just was like, wow, like this movie's awesome. And then like a year later, we did it on the show. And yeah. I fell in love with it even more. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> you know, and and I always I know GP, I don't think you're really the biggest fan of it, but uh, Inferno, man, that movie, like I've that's always one really... I need to rewatch. I've only watched it the one time, and it yeah. was for that podcast. And I wasn't that was that was year one of Italian Horror Month, so it's... I wasn't really deep into Italian horror. And the uh, ones that were more like atmospheric and style over substance, I wasn't. Well, the thing about Inferno is that it is telling. It actually, I mean, the substance level compared to Suspiria is like way higher. Oh, 100%. It's just the way the story is told because it's told in different cities, right? And it's kind of, you know, told all over the place. And I can see after one watch, it'd be a little bit hard to follow considering, you know, if, if you're thinking, okay, where's, how does this relate to Suspiria? But then it gets into like the three mothers completely in this film and stuff. And I think there's a lot more substance than you think it is. But man, there's some... There, Honestly, one of my favorite scenes in horror histories in that movie, in the basement, the underwater, the underwater scene is amazing, and that yeah. was actually shot, I think, by Mario Bava too. That did that. That's scene. like the only thing I can remember from that movie, but it's which truly is funny, incredibly shot, and it's so oh man, it just it gets me going, dude. I just, I feel the terror in that because it's so claustrophobic. Because there's literally like just this little opening, that and this tiny, body appears, and you're yeah. just like, ah, oh, fuck, man, it's oh, so crazy, it's so good, it's such an amazing. But that movie doesn't get the props it deserves even for the way it shows like it's very colorful and it has so many great schemes and there is a lot of shit going for that man yeah. in that movie I think that's one of those movies that needs multiple watches yeah for sure to appreciate it and I, I definitely I loved it way more the second time I watched it and probably even more the third time I watched it mm-hmm. so I, I understand why people might not like it the first time they watch it again like you were saying with the story and everything but multiple watches for that one for sure mm-hmm. totally underrated I think yeah so Argento, okay. What's um, what's your favorite decade? Ooh, that's tough. I probably default and go to the eighties. <laughs> like, like it's hard not to say the eighties, right? The eighties is such such a good decade for horror movies. It actually really is hard. Like, to... How do you not? Yeah. Um. I mean, the eighties was always a thing for me, but in over the years, just getting access to seeing so many great seventies films. Yeah. Um. It, it just growing up, there wasn't you know there was access to some of those but now just watching with such great transfers and stuff it just gained such a massive appreciation for 70s cinema like yeah it's just such a different era you know it was the more serious era and then the 80s came and it got a little bit more campy and stuff they're yeah. two totally different type of things right for sure but the 70s is really just kind of oh man it's it's there for me man now yeah. i mean it it's funny too because the majority of my favorite films are in the 80s but i love the 70s but you can't yeah. really go wrong with the 70s or the 80s yeah i mean really i mean if you had said the 90s i would have said the get, fuck out. get the fuck out, you know? <laughs> even though even though there is a lot of great gems in the 90s but man people that you know like or even say that the 90s is the best decade it's mm-hmm. different to say it's your favorite but when you're saying best yeah you got some issues man gotta check that cred <laughs> Yeah, you can check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. Uh, this is kind of like totally off topic a little For bit, sure. but what was your favorite film in 19? 
Oh, you know what's funny? I I wanted to make a list before you know the end of the the 2019 yeah, show. Yeah, because I don't think I. Yeah, so that's why I'm actually asking because I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, the problem was I, I there were so many films that I felt that were heavy hitters that I just didn't get to watch. Right. Um, but looking back on it now, I would have to go with The Lighthouse was my number one for 2019. Yeah, see, that was sitting at number two for me. Yeah, and I I don't understand how anyone could not like that film. I think it was phenomenal. I, like, think, I, I think that was 2019's It Came at Night or what other films is kind of mixed. Like, you either liked it or you hated yeah. it. There was no middle ground. I don't get why anyone could not like that movie, man. I thought it was so, I was blown away by it. I thought it was so good. I, I like what were people saying about it with negative I don't get it I think a lot of people just don't understand I mean if you take it for face value you see two guys that are cooped up in a lighthouse yeah one is farting a lot one's getting mad <laughs> and they're and they're getting drunk and they're getting drunk and then you for know sure. some crazy shit happens at the end if you're taking it for face value I yeah. can see why you might think it's a little bit uh, more you know just it doesn't doesn't have a lot of substance to yeah. it, man. You know, yeah. it's kind of one of those films. But in reality, it actually does because the the movie is basically huge metaphors for you know the uh, astrological gods, you know, Prometheus yeah. and, and and Proteus and stuff. And yeah. it, it's kind of cool how the how the story is done because you take these two characters that have never been in the same narrative together, you yeah. put them in this setting, and it created this, and then you know, and, and then, then how the story develops like dissension into madness. I think it's so it's yeah perfect, man. I loved that film. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it personally, it's like fucking masterpiece, man. Yeah. It's really, really good. So, and Midsummer was really good too, but <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> mid fucking labor. See, this is, this is where we differ, man. He liked mid labor. I like climax. He didn't like climax. Yeah. It's funny. I, I always thought you would go with maybe mid some bore maybe instead of mid labor. Cause you, you thought it was so boring, but mid, mid labor has like caught on so mid much. Some bar- that yeah. actually makes sense. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't mess with mid labor. It's because I came up with that in a rage. I was like, that's fucking lame, mid lamer. <laughs> It was fucking Jesus, man. Uh, I, I or even it. mid slumber. That's a good one. See, I understand the like for the movie completely, but I don't know what the fuck, man. Like, I know a lot of people were shocked at how much I. I think I was expressing my my distaste for it so so drastically that people yeah. thought I was joking. I, I did. A lot of people didn't think yep. I was being serious. And then when it came to the actual show and I was like, fuck mid lamer. Yeah. People were like, are you fucking serious? Like, I remember even messaging. I'm like, do you think this is like a, it follows situation where you're going to come back to it in like a month and you're going to love it. And I remember you're like, it no. was my downfall. No. People didn't like my, I think people were hating on me because they're like, oh, I mean, he doesn't have midsummer on there. How could he not have midsummer? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but he's got fucking close calls with bad acting in this shit. And I'm like, fuck whatever, man. Fucking close calls was amazing. So, and it was actually, you know, even Mike had it in his top 10 too. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't the only one that actually I don't think that it. many people saw that movie. Yeah. Too. Well, that was, there was probably a few films on your list that people hadn't seen. Yeah, the Black Forest I think is another one no one really saw. That's another one that I wanted to see before I made a list because you had spoken oh, so highly so of it, right? So, so good. That, that's yeah. one of the reasons why I never did make a list because I felt like I was I was missing out on so much. Yeah, I mean at that point, I mean it, there's no shame in just making a list of what you've seen. Yeah, I mean obviously Climax would have been on there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But <laughs> did you actually watch a lot of movies from 2019? I tried to. Yeah, closer to the end, I really tried to make a push and tried to because I, I really wanted to make a list. But um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I ended up watching. I don't know. I wouldn't say a lot, but there was probably twenty-five to thirty that I saw yeah. of, of 
the more popular ones. Yeah, it was. I mean, we never actually ended up doing the decade show, but it seemed like the consensus was is that 19 was for the decade was actually quite low for everybody. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you actually look at some of the other years, pretty fucking solid, man. Yeah. 2014 was like amazing. Like what a great like looking back at the actual years and the films that came out. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Just some really good stuff. So Um, question number four. What is your ultimate kind of modern horror film? So if you if you were, you know, making a film, yeah, who would you pick to direct it? Who would you pick to star in it? Yeah, and what would the story be? Like, what would the narrative be? Like your ultimate movie. If you can construct this this movie, well, oh, that's a good question. It would be a creature feature for sure. Because mm-hmm. one of the one of my favorite movies that's come out in the last couple of years by far is Shin Godzilla. Yes, like, I love that. Well, film. I th- I think Shin Godzilla might even be the legitimately best Godzilla movie ever made. I I I wouldn't even argue with. It's that. like, is it not just phenomenal? It's so good. <laughs> like yeah. it's so the visuals in it, and the, when he's stomping on, oh my god, it's like done so. The effects are amazing in that yeah. movie. It's crazy. Yeah. So it, it would probably be a giant creature feature just because my love for those films. Mm-hmm. Like, it would. It, it's just a default. Directed. Who would I get to direct something like that? Maybe our feature director tonight. Well, you know, he does have a pretty good fe- uh, creature he, feature. One, his- of, one of the best, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, maybe Bong Joon-ho would direct my creature feature. And who would star in it? Hmm. Who would star in my film? That's a good question. I don't know. That's a tough one, man. <laughs> so usually most of these questions are very generic. And then I throw this at you and you're like, God yeah. damn, I'm going to have to use my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I had not thought of this before coming on here. <laughs> Let's put uh, Ted Danson in there. Ted Danson in the creature feature. See that? That's that's what I like to hear, man. Curveball. That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. I would have to think about you, that. You pull him. You pull him right out of Creep Show and fucking yeah. You know, just throw him right into yeah. your creature feature. <laughs> yeah. but, but then again, you know, Ted Danson's that dude that, like, in my opinion, can't do wrong. Right. He's done a million awesome TV shows. Yeah. He's still going strong. Solid. Cheers is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I would have to think about that. It would definitely be a, a, a serious creature feature. Christ, has he ever been in anything else horror besides Creepshow? Not until next year when my film comes out. I don't think so. No. It's funny. I can't think of anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, question number five. Yeah. Who would you rather be mistaken for? Miles Teller or Chris Marquette? <laughs> I feel like Miles Teller is the the more famous actor, so I'm gonna go with Miles Teller, even though around the 22 shots page, everybody knows me as Chris Marquette. So <laughs> I can't believe that shit became a staple. Like, I know, I like know. Mike actually, actually, that question is coming straight from Mike because he actually he wrote that in the in the group page, and I was like, fuck, or group chat, and I was like, that's so funny. I was gonna say it's a good thing he's not on this show because I'd just be laughing the entire time. Matt, that guy cracks me up. Yeah, like when we were doing the Joe Bob stream, I was. We well, should have heard the other four questions. They actually came up with five, and it was. It was everything to do with like what was it like making out with Kelly Rowland and J- <laughs> Jason versus Freddie, and <laughs> there was a bunch of fucking stupid things. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, do you still like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? Oh, I, I had a feeling this is going to come up. Can I explain myself on the show? Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Because I feel bad for ever saying that movie was good. Because it, <laughs> it's not. Going back to when I was saying. Before 
you had shown me at legitimate horror movies. Mm-hmm. That was the caliber of movie. That horror was actually movie. the same year that we met. Cause that movie came out in 2009, didn't it? So this, it yeah, yeah, this helps with my story. That was the caliber of horror movie that I was used to seeing. Hence why I was probably not a giant horror movie fan. Yeah. Uh, so I think you've told the story on the podcast. I may have, yeah. yeah. I think I have, actually. I almost got pushed out of Moods' car, actually, after that, <laughs> for stating that that movie wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, that's that. like I said, that's that's about the caliber of movie I was used to seeing for horror movies. So <laughs> when we went and watched that in the cinema, after it, I was like, oh, you know, that's, that's not a bad movie. It's pretty good. And if looks could kill, I'd be dead right now, because Moods <laughs> looked at me like I was insane. Yeah, it was definitely one of those rare kind of moments where we generally, I mean, and JP can, you know, contest to this too, that we agree on a lot of the the same type of movies and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that was one that was just like a big, like, complete opposite <laughs> spectrum type yeah. deal. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. man, that's crazy. To be fair, I, I didn't know anything about horror movies at that time. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's you know what? Good, whatever. It's totally understandable. It's totally understandable. I, I would like to revisit it now and, you know, realize how terrible it is because I'm sure it is. Mm-hmm actually knowing somewhat about horror movies now but yeah yeah i almost got beat up for that one <laughs> yeah absolutely so i want to do this thing a little bit quickly um five 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 minutes later new little thing i'm gonna call this this mini segment called 10 and one okay so we basically got like one minute to to answer these it's gonna be blank or blank okay just pick one sure move on to the next one sounds good one minute to do this 10 and one i love it you already answered this first question. Yeah. Number one, Argento or Falchi? Argento. Number two, MMA or NFL football? Oh, man, that's a tough one because, like, <laughs> up until last year, I would have said MMA all day long. I'm starting to lean towards NFL now. Number three, whiskey or beer? That's another one. I was a whiskey drinker for the longest time. That's why up I did until, it. Up until the last year, I started really enjoying <laughs> beer. I'm going to have to go with beer on this one. Number four, Godzilla or your future wife? she put me on the spot like if she's listening future wife if she's not listening godzilla okay okay uh number five mike or bong joon ho oh man i'm gonna have to go with bong joon ho on this one even though i'm a huge huge mike fan um i love everything bong joon ho so okay number six 22 shots or exploding heads 22 shots all day long. Sorry. I actually, I, I used to listen to Exploding Heads. Unfortunately, I don't have time to listen to many podcasts, but you guys are always, I'm not just saying that because I'm on here. You guys are always the number one podcast I listen to. I make sure I listen to you guys before anything else. So 22 shots all day long. Awesome. Uh, number seven, JP or Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> Putting me on the spot. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy, but I gotta go with JP. Even though I I, lo- I, I really like Jeremy, I, I do. I'm making him blush over here. Yeah, I'm totally dissing him with the hard ones. But uh, I feel like JP and I would actually probably hang out in real life. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, number eight, air guitar or air keyboard? Oh, I shred the air keyboard. Yes. <laughs> uh, number nine, Rob Zombie or Eli Roth? Uh, I probably go with Zombie on that one. Okay. To be honest. Uh, number ten, recording your album or recording twenty two shots. Which one I prefer? Which one would you rather do right now? 22 shots all day long. There you go. Yeah, I'm a wash up. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that musician actually, now, so. <laughs> I think that actually worked out, man. That yeah. was like 10 and 1. I really like that. Yeah. Brand new thing, so. 
Yeah. I would say do that for future future guests. All right, that was man. A good segment. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. So I mean, we might as well move it along because that's actually been a long, long intro right here. <laughs> yeah. So that's been I don't know how long, maybe like an hour and a half, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure. So yeah, that is the intro. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Alrighty, JP. We got some news this week. Yeah. uh, So let's get into it. Um, First and sadly, uh, Diane Thorne has passed away. You mentioned it earlier in the show. Um, She was most probably famously known for the Ilsa character in three to four Ilsa films, depending on if you count uh, the Wicked Warden or not. Um, but yeah, Ilsa, She-Wolf of the SS, Ilsa, Harm Keeper of the Oil Sheiks, and Ilsa, the Tigress of Siberia, uh, as well as other films like Hell Hole, um, House of Forbidden Secrets, uh, Blood Sabbath from 72, uh, as well as Point of Terror. She, she was she was like an exploitation actress, um, most probably notably um her <laughs> her big assets <laughs> that literally the first comment i read i think kyle wrote it because kyle was on the ilsa show right yeah rest in peace to those tits <laughs> it, it's kind of rude but kind of funny at the same time <laughs> yeah she was very busty mm-hmm. she died actually on january 28th but it didn't seem like the news happened um until much later she was aged 83 um and wow. she died of pancreatic cancer she was 83 damn yeah. well crazy yeah because house of forbidden secrets came out a few years ago and uh she didn't look that old in that movie at all that's crazy that's a good yeah that's a fun todd sheets movie if you've never seen that one check it out it's really fun yeah she i mean if you if you look up pictures of her she still looked like very good for her age Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah she's uh she was 83 it's crazy yeah rest in peace Um, so yeah yep rest in peace um very sad but uh you know happens to us all uh all right after that um we were talking a little bit about this earlier but uh, a little bit of an update on the chainsaw reboot that's happening uh, as we know, um, Fetty Alvarez is producing Fetty Alvarez, of course, from the Evil Dead remake, as well as Don't Breathe. Um, they actually now have a directing team signed on uh, for the reboot, and that is Ryan and Andy Tohill. They did the film The Dig, which I'm not familiar with. No, neither am I. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, it sounds uh, like these guys might be brothers or related because their name is Ryan and Andy Tohill. Uh, so maybe they're married. Tohill. Tohill. Ah, I yeah, guess. Maybe. I, I mean, it is that. 2020, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, ri- uh, it's written by Chris Thomas Devlin, uh, and it's said by Alvarez uh, to. Two Hills' vision is exactly what the fans want. It's violent, 
exciting, and so depraved that it will stay with you forever. We will be the judge of that, but I, I at least like it's violent. Some pretty depraved. extreme words right there. Yeah. yeah. Stay with you forever. Wow. It's a bold statement. Yeah, it gets me intrigued. That's <laughs> definitely bold. It's definitely bold. It, says, it makes uh, Cannibal Holocaust look like a Nickelodeon film. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so it says Legendary is reportedly hoping to kickstart a new franchise with this one. <laughs> Potentially. Wow, going big. Uh, one one that's in some way connected to the original classic. So are we talking another timeline sequel? Are we talking... I mean, like... Wh- Honestly, like, what would you want? Would you like what? Would you want to see it continue from Leatherface? Where? What would you per- personally well, I, like to see I, next? I've said before, like, I just don't want a full-on reboot. It's like, it's like fucking Spider-Man movies, man. You know, they redo the story, and we've seen the story a million times. Yeah, Superman movies. We see these fucking origin stories, and it's like, oh god, it's so lame. <laughs> we get it. But like I said, with Leatherface being a prequel to the original chainsaw film i even said after it came out i was like there's easily two more films to put after leatherface leading into the original one right yeah you could i I think totally i think there is i think there's enough material enough story you know developments enough narrative there to to completely flush that out leading into the original one so but i mean obviously the consensus on leatherface wasn't strong enough for them to continue that so what's the next best thing either remake the chainsaw which has already been done or just kind of reboot it i mean like honestly i would like to see the continuation of leatherface make maybe make two more films leading into it and then leave it that would make the most sense i think because i mean what's the point of doing the original a prequel if you're not going to continue that narrative when you can totally stretch and flush that out yeah Right? What's the point of the reboot? That she, I mean, it, it makes sense to me that they would do that because, I mean, the franchise is already a disaster in timeline and stuff. But I don't know. What would you rather see? Um. Well, here's the thing. We like they. The problem with this whole thing is it's. Um. It's a it's a clusterfuck when it comes to rights because mm-hmm. the company that was making the last two films, the 3D and Leatherface, uh, lost the rights. Yeah, yeah. And now it's Legendary Pictures who mm-hmm. owns the rights. So I don't think they like want. I, but I rights wise, doesn't have anything to do with continuing a narrative, though. It does, though. Not necessarily because um, because usually like the rights to those that storyline is still owned by the previous owners of the yeah you can told you can you can totally get i mean the thing is though i mean you still have characters from you know the other movies that are associated with different companies too right so i mean in i mean the narratives aren't the same but the characters are in a sense leatherface and certain family member names and things like that are all different done by different companies i don't see why you can't i mean if you're going to acquire the rights to the the name to be part Mm -hmm. of the franchise i don't see why narrative can't be done also because sometimes it just can't like legally Um, i mean i guess it all depends on the contracts and stuff but at the same time when you look at it i mean the the character names are in every film and they're all done by different companies well sometimes but sometimes not like like if you ever notice like um 
for example, with like just like there's so it's so complicated like even the friday the 13th one like this legal battle that's going on is not for uh it's like for the title friday the 13th Mm -hmm. Uh, like or like no the title is still with the original company but like then the story it's like it's so muddy the the water that sometimes companies just don't even want to deal with the possibility of there being some kind of like, because the worst thing that would happen is, you know, Legendary goes into production on this this film, and then um, somebody disputes. Even if they're in the wrong, you have a lengthy court, court battle to determine who has the rights to it, and it just puts halt to the whole production or I, whole release. I just feel so like I if think you're acquiring, of, yeah, I just feel like if you're acquiring the fucking the title, you know, something to do with you know Chainsaw. I mean, you're acquiring Leatherface too, right? Sometimes, sometimes not. There hasn't been a film where Child's Play, for example. Child's Play, MGM owns the rights to the name Child's Play. Yeah. The story of Child's Play is owned by the, um, or sorry, yeah, MGM owns the the rights to Child's Play. The sequels and the storylines are owned by Universal. Mm -hmm. So Universal can keep making their Child's Play series, but... Uh, MGM had to basically change the story. Okay, I'm, ta- uh, I'm talking to, about character to, names, but there still is Chucky in there. Charles yes. Lee Ray is still the... I'm talking about the actual characters' names. You can continue... You can create a different narrative, but you're going to still use the same characters in there. Yeah, That's but that, my point. you couldn't... But what I'm saying is, like, what I, like, you had said to follow that story of Leatherface, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where it probably gets muddy is because... Uh, the Lionsgate and Millennium Films probably own well, technically that you're following line. it in name, but you're creating your own narrative based off that too, though. It, it's really no different than the Child's Play franchise. I mean, if you look at it, the average person wouldn't know who owns the original story to, you know, MGM owning the original Child's Play story and then, and then watching part two. It's literally the same shit. It's just a different story, right? Characters are the same. Everything's well, the fucking same. because it, it wasn't the case when they made child's play 2 it happened after the well fact. I, I mean you look at a lot of franchises like that too even modern day so yeah well like for example another example of that would be uh jason goes to hell uh or, or which was the ninth film after friday the 13th part eight that's when it switched to new line so uh basically that was a title change yeah exactly so, but that's different yeah it's different but the jason character still is in that exactly. film. Yeah. So that one was just based on title. Yeah. But it it just it's just Well, they're different messy. copyrights too, right? Like the title is something and character names are definitely different. They're mm-hmm. definitely different things, right? Title means definitely a lot more. Right? Acquiring a title is probably a it's a huge legal battle, right? Because that's what's selling. It's not the characters, it's actually the title of the film, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's it sometimes it's the character names, sometimes it's the story. Itself. It just depends on the contract, really. It does. But I mean, the yeah. majority of the time, I mean, title is going to be a big factor in company change, so contracts and shit. But yeah, yeah I don't so know. I, I just don't know what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And I think that most of the time they don't even know fully what they're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And that's why you see so many times they're just like, we'll just do, we won't follow anything that came before it because, or at least not like, that's why I could see them. They probably have the rights to the original film. 
You know what I mean? So they just conti- keep continuing off of that mm-hmm. and do their own thing. But uh, the you know, and and th- that's a whole nother fucking thing too, because like the rights to the original film is just the story rights because like they they can't release the original film like i think the dark sky or something owns the the you know distribution right yeah, so distribution it just gets so yeah. messy the long yeah. the older these franchises get yeah. but i i'm just saying that's why i think they're going the reboot route is because legally they probably uh can't follow leatherface or just want to stay clear of potential legal troubles of trying to follow Leatherface. I mean, at this point, man, why even bother? Right? Like, do, do the people really want to see a fucking reboot? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, can. we've already seen this how many times, really, like, in the same franchise. I mean, it's kind of getting old. Yeah, I don't... I definitely don't want to see an origin story, if that's what you're asking. No, I... I no, I don't want to see the first Chainsaw movie again, and I don't want to see an origin story again. I kind of like if any if I had to choose out of like the options, I would say like let's do a story with Leatherface and like almost like a a reset of part two, um, but like not done like that, you know, not done like campy, but done like with those characters like Chop Top and um, the Cook and you know. Do, do that yeah right because that's like that's what we've seen least of you know what i mean i would like to see chop top hey hell maybe even cast bill mosley and make it like present day i'm actually quite surprised that that character hasn't been used more he's definitely fan favorite i mean i think most people like him more than leatherface i know i do well i mean a lot of me yeah you're right and i'm it's just a character i think has been totally underutilized it's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting, considering you're right. He's such a fan favorite. He's probably easily, besides Leatherface, he's obviously the most oh, recognizable yeah. character in that franchise. Yeah, I mean, by far, it's crazy. So, so hmm. there's reports, like Deadline reported, that it's going to be a direct sequel to 1974. So I don't know what that really means. Is that mean that we're getting like a Texas Chainsaw 3D type thing, where it's set in present day, or ah, oh, fuck. I, I hope not because that thing was a fucking disaster. Was it was it a disaster because of the idea or was it a disaster because of the execution? Though? Oh, the execution, right. it man, the narrative is terrible. There's just there's just so many problems with that that film. Okay, let's say that they are going to do a um sequel to the original. Where would you like it to take place? Would you like it to pl- take place like five years after the original? Would you like it to pl- take place like in the nineties? Would you like it to place take place present day? Uh, like the next day, like right away. I think if you create a that sequel, would actually, that would actually be pretty cool, <laughs> right? Because I've always kind of haven't you ever they, they pondered had a that taste idea of that with Chainsaw 3D in the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, where they kind of redid the that footage. Yeah, the opening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That and was that's, like the best part of the whole movie. Exactly, and you know, and it kind of gets you thinking. But even before 3D came out, I always wondered, you know, because the the narrative between part one and part two is just such a there's such a long difference in the timeline right Mm -hmm. you're following different characters but i would always i've always wondered what it would be like to see a sequel that takes place right after the events of the first one same characters everything just right after 
Yeah, and then you could even because there is bring a story Chop there. Top back from Vietnam. Exactly right. You can totally incorporate Chop Top because that's that's where I was going with the original Leatherface too, and you know having those sequels and building up all those characters leading into the first one and then continuing on. Like you could do that. You could if this was possible. If have, I was, you have if those two sequels. I was a, yeah. If I was making the film, mm-hmm. I know I w- I would spend a lot of time thinking about what I would do, but I literally would put references to every single family member up to like part four Mm -hmm. um well it's smart to do that because then you have so many places to go at that point like i said if you develop after leatherface two more films leading into the original film and then continue you build up all these characters you have part one and then you continue that storyline after part one you have a lot of material to work with right Mm -hmm. you incorporate characters you have different narratives You, you can go to so many different type of places there's just so much story there right so all right, moving on here. Uh, Jennifer Tilly confirms she'll be part of the sci-fi and Don Mancini's Chucky series. Uh, officially ordered up last month, sci-fi is bringing uh, Chucky to the little screen um, from franchise creator Don Mancini and Channel Zero creator Nick Antosca. Uh in the series, after a vintage Chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale, an idyllic American town is thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begin to expose the town's hip, hip, hypocrisies, hypocrisies? Hip, hypocrisies and secrets. Uh, meanwhile, the arrival of enemies and allies from Chucky's past threatens to expose the truth behind the killings as well as a demon as the demon doll's untold origins as a seemingly ordinary child who is somehow has become a notorious murderer. The show will be a fresh take on the franchise following us, allowing us to explore Chucky's character with depth that is uniquely offered by the television series format while staying true to the original vision that has terrorized audiences for over a decade. So Uh, follows the kid is Charles Lee Ray or is a different character? What's that? So the child is Charles Lee Ray, or it's a different character altogether. Yeah, it, the, yeah, no. Well, it's it's fallen Chucky, the Chucky doll, and Charles Lee Ray, but okay. it's delving into his past. So as a child, okay, hmm. yeah. So what? No, is, no. It's it's set. It's like mo- it's modern time, but they're just gonna delve into more of his past. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, what's what is um, is she, what character is she playing? I assume Tiffany. <laughs> really? It, gonna... it, it said that this is following the films. Oh, wow. Huh. How, I wonder how they're going to incorporate that. Yeah. Well, she was in the last one. True. Yeah, true. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck. Okay. We'll yeah. see. It's hard not to be skeptical about that. Yeah, when I think of TV series, I don't know, man. I just... I know. What I've seen so far, it's like... Uh, not a good track record. I don't know. I guess we'll see. It's just, it's really just hard to judge based on that, right? If they're set in modern times, but they're going to, they're going to basically flash back to Charles Lee Ray's character as a child and stuff, which they started to do in the last one yeah. or the two, two ago. So essentially they're just continuing the, the, fr- the franchise of movies with this narrative, but they're going to really yeah. dig into it. They're going to take it right back. I guess when you do that, you create a lot of story too, right? Yeah. But you also create, it's almost feels like drama too. <laughs> get really into that character but eh, we'll see here's the thing i like and dislike about the child's play franchise 
Um, one, I think it's amazing that we have had a reboot and still a continuing from day one franchise. Like, there's if there's one thing you could say for sure about the the child's say play the franchise, same thing about Puppet Master too. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, you got two franchises going on at the same time. Oh well, that. But I'm I meant like Puppet Masters all over the place continuity wise. Yeah. Um. But what I was saying was Child's Play. Despite no matter like, remember when Friday the Thirteenth and Elm Street and stuff were coming out, and it's like every sequel, no matter what, they would continue it from the last one, even if they were going to do something different, they would like tie up the loose ends, like. Elm Street Four, they kill off the Dream Warriors and then move on. And like, well, they did it for the most part until they, you know, Part Five ended. You know, with the the Dream Dream Child, and then fucking Freddy's Dead happened, and they didn't really continue that narrative, which was such a fucking shame. Like that shit just kind of goes straight to left field. Kind of, it's like they didn't. Well, even, they didn't kinda, have the same the, characters. It skips ahead though. That's I, the thing. It's it skips ahead to like the last of the Elm Street. Children. I know, but that's that's my point. You didn't have to skip ahead. You could have continued the narrative from part five, which I know Mike even asked. Um, who is it? Tuesday. I don't. He asked one of the one of the actresses or whatever, and they never even said anything about continuing that narrative from part five. And I was like, what a fucking shame. Like they, it's like they just had this idea, like we need to end this franchise kind of thing. Right. I just didn't even know. I don't know. I didn't really ever think that there was a. There wasn't really a. I never really thought that it didn't continue. It doesn't. It's not even <laughs> the same. Like I said, it jumps forward to the last of the Elmster kids, but it doesn't continue with the same characters from part five. It's just, and it's really the only kind of point in the franchise where it doesn't. Besides, kind yeah, of part but two, I never but. felt like that was like egregious if you know what i mean because it's it is it does skip ahead it'd be different if it was like i don't know man i disagree because it always bugged me because it's my favorite franchise and i always remember being like why didn't they continue because you look at part three to part four to part like they're all so related right they're all like one big ass movie and then all of a sudden part six happens it jumps forward it's like they got lazy with the narrative like uh we can't really continue this because someone upstairs says you know we need to fucking end this franchise we're gonna call it freddy's dead it was very See, I don't know. It was, it was I, all I, a gimmick. Personally, it was all a gimmick. I don't like part five is my least favorite in the series. So maybe it's just that <laughs> I didn't care to see that continue anymore. It always was for it like just the never longest time me. for me too. But I grew to like part five so much, man. I actually like it. I mean, it's goofy and stuff. This Freddy's like full blown comedy at that point, but it's not like Freddy's dead comedy. Yeah. At least there is decent narrative. And I do like the whole child ID. And I know a lot of people disagree with it, but if you watch it, if you watch them in sequence, man, that's actually it, it kind of makes sense within the narrative. So, but what what that's not kind of what I was getting at. Like, I'm not saying films that don't like continue of like right right after. I'm saying it doesn't necessarily break any continuity by skipping ahead. Like a film like well, it also I doesn't know, add like to Puppet it. Master or something. I know, I know, but that's not what I was getting yeah. at. Uh, a film like Puppet Master or something where it's like you there's this film and then you're somewhere else in like the next film like and you're like what happened like essentially a sequel with name and only right yeah yeah so the thing about Child's Play is because Child's Play has jumps too so I wasn't necessarily saying like full blown straight continuity Mm -hmm. I was just saying that like it doesn't it doesn't like reboot it doesn't like change 
Well, I mean, if you it, look it at it like that. It doesn't go like in-name only, essentially. Yeah, I mean, if and, you look at it like that, Freddy's Dead definitely has, it has the core continuity. It has Freddy. It has the Elm Street. It, it incorporates, you know, the last kids, which you can always do. But that's all it has, though. Right? And it, it just feels so empty. It feels like this real gimmicky, just rushed. shot in the dark, rushed movie yeah. just to get it out. And like, okay, someone said we need to end this thing. And so that's why. They, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened, too. It was like at that time and you know part five wasn't getting good reviews and so that's why they did it they didn't continue the narrative on purpose we're just going to do something and kill them off kind of deal it's just it, but as for like hardcore fans when you watch that you're like it just feels so soulless and and just empty it really does i don't know not to me man <laughs> and it's so fucking weird to me because i i don't know man how you even like that movie because you know i don't it, i just think it's fun the it's, comedy i, I like the i like the atmosphere in it, it feels like kind of um, it's like I don't know. It's like MTV Freddy amplified times like fifty. Yeah, see, that's what I don't like. I, I hate how it became. It, it just, I don't it, like it, that it went that it way. It was satire but of itself okay with it. in a sense. You know, it was like, but bad though. Like I don't mind satires at points, but Jesus Christ, man, that one just went a little bit too far. Like when he's playing fucking video games, dude. I'm like, I know some people like that shit, and I'm just like, why, why, yeah, yeah. right? Like it's it's gone. I, I feel like it crossed the line at that point. He's got his fucking feet up on the desk. <laughs> I'm not saying that it, it totally jumps. The, that movie jumps the shark 100%. I'm just yep. think it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think that it's a good place. I don't think it. I don't think where the story went is a good place. I don't think that it helped the series. It's just that I've always liked that. one. Well, at the same time, it wasn't supposed to either. It was supposed to end. So they didn't care what they were doing with it. I mean, that's my point. Like when you watch that movie, no, I, I feel, get that. You feel the rushness. You feel the pressure from up top. Like, hey, this is it. We're just going to end this shit now. They didn't really care about the end product. And that's why they got gimmicky with the 3D because they knew they didn't have anything with the movie. And they're, they're like, well, if we throw this gimmick with the 3D and the gimmick is bullshit too because the movie's not actually in 3d it's one fucking extended 12 minute part or something like that that's what yeah. i always hated about freddy's dead too it was bullshit it was marketed as a 3d film you get to the cinema they give you glasses and they tell you when to put them on it and like the last 20 minutes of the movie it's like fuck off this is so damn gimmicky i kind of like that because it's like well you think for, for 3d's gimmicky in the first place it is gimmicky i don't like i don't but that I, was I really gimmicky like though that was well, it, really it, gimmicky it, it, 3d is gimmicky in its soul it's yeah. it's a gimmick. <laughs> no, I so, know. But like, I thought it was kind of cool to do it differently. Like, okay, when the character puts on the glasses, that's when you put it on the glasses. It's more immersion. Mm-hmm. That's the point of 3D. No, 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 for sure, for sure. But it's just, and, and to be honest, I mean, the 3D in that movie is fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, 3D in that, it, it's actually one of the not the one of the, my least favorite attempts at 3D. But uh, yeah. again, uh, I'm not really talking about Elm Street's goodness of continuating with part six i'm just saying in general like child's play is a franchise that went in bad directions it's like we had a we had a fred you know freddy's dead happened and then it just ended and then there was like sort of a reboot with uh west craven's new nightmare mm-hmm. well child's play also had a freddy's dead it was child's play four seed of chucky mm-hmm. or wait five seed of chucky yeah, and chucky. even though that thing sucked and it was basically the freddy's dead they were able to somehow reel it back in and continue from there because it's it's it it still is a continuation based on some of the stuff seen at the towards the end of uh curse of chucky and then even more so in cult of chucky mm-hmm. um 
but they they were able to keep the same storyline throughout even though the story that even though it sucked they found a way to still include it um and you look at something like chainsaw or something and it's like uh whenever one wasn't so good they would just pretty much act like it didn't happen and then start over again and i kind of respect that about the child's play franchise where at least you can make a story out of everything that happened even the bad uh and i like that but i also don't i also hate it because it seems like it no every time it pulls away from that territory like it wants to go back to it it's like an addiction it's it's very annoying and Mm -hmm. that's why i don't have i like on the surface where what the child's play tv series like kind of sounds like like i want to explore charles lee ray's past and i i like the idea of like the longer format for chucky but i just know that it's gonna end up like how ash versus evil dead did where it's just all slapstick eventually well it's also tv too and it has to appease to a wider audience it's not just gonna be hardcore horror where you know let's face it man that audience is very very small yeah right you have to appease to everybody so of course it's gonna get slapsticky and i said that from day one i said that's the only way that you can possibly sell this you know, I mean, there's regular horror shows that aren't slapsticky, though. I know, but Child's Play's already been there. These other ones have. I know, and it's, I think it's Don Mancini who just like can't help himself but to go in that territory, yeah. and yeah. that's why I think that he's actually as good as everybody says, as good as he is for the franchise because it's his baby. He's his own worst enemy with the franchise. I think those slapsticky ones do a little bit ter- better though, too. I think they, I think they really? actually appease. Yeah, I think they really oh, do. Oh, no hey, man, I don't think so. Well, I mean, you try to do it a little bit serious, like scream, and it's just an abomination. <laughs> God. So I don't well, know. That, we'll, see, we'll that's see. where you're wrong, though, because that that was successful. Was it though? <laughs> yes. There's three seasons of it. But didn't they can't? Did they not cancel it after the third season? Well, they canceled it after the second season because of the Harvey Weinstein thing. But then yeah. they did a reboot of it for the third season. But that season got like atrocious reviews. And but I think the second season also got bad reviews too. Well, it didn't, dude. It, it got it, it was well. It definitely got a bad review from me. <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's more an age thing because oh, that show wasn't. Did you just for call us. me fucking old? No, for us, like us, like like. 20 almost 30 plus year olds like that's for it was a it was a teen demographic dude it was like straight like young millennial like even younger than carly but at the same time man i love teen comedies and shit like that and like sex comedy like i love all that type of shit but like it doesn't really matter what era and what age i am and and how it you know kind of works itself out but i mean but sometimes they work sometimes they don't it was like it was like the grassy esque teen level stuff in that it, first season there. I, I think. I, I think just, it's honestly the technology that bugs me, dude. It's just so technological. Like everything's on fucking computers and stuff. It's, so, the it's just, dialogue too, though, dude. No, it's it, like it, it so is. It's, modern. It just like um, almost like cliched modern, like ha, like a spoof of itself. In a sense, yeah. I mean, it's almost like it's unrealistic too. Like, do people really talk like this? No, they don't. Right, and that's the problem. When you can, yeah. when you can read right through that or see right through the transparency of these characters, like you're like those characters do not exist in real life. It makes everything bad. You can't take it serious at that point. Not so. genuine at all. Just, no, it's not. Yeah. It's it's fucking bullshit, dude. It's total. Bullshit. I liked it. Like who's I writing get, this? Shit? I totally understand why you didn't. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I just think that it's there's even more of a gap. Um, but I think the child, I don't know. I just, I don't have faith in Don Mancini at all. He freaking, 
killed me with Colin Chucky. I don't know what it is, though, man. I just don't get interested in these series anyways. Like, to this we day, don't I, watch them. I, st- I still haven't even checked out an episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. And, like, I'm, I really like the Evil Dead franchise. You know, it's like, it's, it should be something that I would gravitate to a little bit. But I didn't. I don't know what possessed me to watch Scream. I have no idea because I'm not even like the hugest fan of the original f- movie franchise. I mean, they're not horrible movies. Yeah. But it's not something I'm fucking going out of my way to watch. You would think, yeah, if someone were to guess, you would watch Ash vs. Evil Dead before Scream any day. Yeah, right? And I, so I think it might have just been availability too because Scream Yeah, was, I was going to say that. It, it was just, on it Netflix. Was, it was on Netflix. It was there. Ash vs. Evil Dead wasn't. Yeah. So it was definitely that kind of thing. And maybe it was just the timing of it too, but I don't know. TV series, it, again, you know, I'm not, I've never had high hopes for the Child's Play series because I agree. I think it is going to get to where it was before. And that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So if they could keep it grounded, I would be interested. I'll probably check it out, but I'm just, I, here's the thing. I'm like you, dude. I just don't watch TV. I used to, before we did the podcast, like when the new horror stuff were coming out, I would ch- check it out. But it's like I just don't I just don't have time to dedicate 10 to 15 hours to a TV show or mm-hmm. mul- like especially once you factor in like uh, it's like oh if I watch the child's play one then I should watch the you know American horror story and if I watch that then I should watch this and then next thing you know you're talking you know 30 40 50 hours of TV to keep up with yeah and uh it's just not going to happen for no, me like no. I, I watch my Survivor and I watch, um, you know. I think we still admit and, that. Like, Survivor dude, is still going. That I, is fucking crazy. I, it's there, dude. Next week, 40th season, all winners. Dude, you know what's it's funny? All winners. That's season, crazy. Wow. You know what's funny? Like, I was such a big brother fan and I haven't watched it in like the last four years. I totally got out of it, man. There was one just horrendous season about four years ago and I was like, everyone just lost interest like everybody we used to have like pools for it here it's, at the yeah, house and like everybody that was in the except for keel he's like the only one that's still fucking <laughs> rock he always messaged me he's like yo man you watching big brother i'm like fuck no yeah i remember you and jeremy would talk about it like four years ago he still watches it but i stopped about four years ago and it's just it's I just had, a it's just a crappy version of survivor no it's not it's a totally different show i've watched it it's a different show man it's a totally it's, different show Ah, it's politicking. It's the same shit. In a sense, yeah. I mean, the core of it's like that, but I'm talking about the gameplay is a lot different, though. But yeah, yeah I, I'm a survivor guy. I I love that shit, and I, I'm super. This sixth season, I've like never been. I haven't been ex- this excited since Heroes versus Villains, which was 20 seasons ago. To be honest, so. it's amazing that reality TV still exists. Like, it's I mean, amazing that Survivor still. It's exists. been going on for strong for twenty years. 20 I mean, years, it's yeah. not as there's not as many shows as there was before, um, dude. But, but that's still you know what's is crazy. Shows. Yeah, the the like original ones like um like the Real World and Survivor. Yeah. Like the Real World had that spinoff, the Challenge, which mm-hmm. is basically like another Big Brother slash Survivor type thing. Yeah. That thing is hotter than it's been in years. Like, I still watch that, too. Well, it's because it's been going on so long now. It's fucking retro, and everyone's into retro shit. (laughs) (laughs) Retro reality TV. I mean, it's it's fucking crazy, dude. Like, man. I don't know. It it just blows my mind, but... Dude, but, I mean, that's pretty much the the only TV that I watch is Survivor. When the Ultimate Fighter's on, which it hasn't been in, like, well over a year, I think. I don't know if it's ever coming back. Probably. Uh, And then... Yeah, well, Dana says that it is, but... Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering uh, about that. Hmm. 
and then what is the other i mean i watch sports that's pretty much it i don't have time for tv outside of sports and the one or two reality shows that i watch i only keep cable for sports that's the only reason otherwise i wouldn't Same, even dude. i wouldn't even Same. have cable hook and the funny thing is i only have basic too like i only pay for certain shit that's just enough that i can watch sports yeah if they I'm, made a streaming app for like i know like i have espn plus and stuff but mm-hmm. like if they made one for the nfl that wasn't ridiculously expensive and you know nhl and it was like more reasonable like a netflix for sports i would totally get rid of cable i mean yeah i mean we pay for the sunday ticket for nfl every season but it gets used right yeah so we don't get the nhl one because it's just based on when times like i'm only gonna watch leave games anyways yeah you know so I'm yeah. not paying for the whole network just to watch. I would the never. Games, so yeah, I I just watch the Penguins. I mean, in the playoffs, I watch those, but everybody gets those anyways. Exactly. You know what I mean, so exactly. yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's two like football. It's there's not as many games, so you can keep up and watch the whole season worth of games, pretty much. Well, that's the thing. The Sunday games. ticket is paying for the games on Sunday. You get the Thursday night games and the Monday night games. Everybody gets those. Yeah. So then we just make a day of on Sundays and watch it, and that's. Yeah, well, it would definitely make sense if I was a fan of a team that wasn't in my territory, like because obviously we get all Steelers games for free. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was like, let's say, a Bills fan, uh, I would want to be able to watch all the Bills games. You know, it's a weird fucking thing though. Like, obviously, I'm here on the West Coast, and the Bills are an East Coast New York team. Growing up, that was the t- besides Seattle, the Bills and the Seahawks were the teams that were always on TV. Hmm. Very strange. I've noticed over the years they've catered to the territories a little bit more because like like a couple years ago, I would only get like, you know, the Steelers game and then like two other random ones. But it seems like now they try to cater more to the stuff that I would be interested in, like Baltimore or Cleveland or Mm. New England. It seems like I get more of the games that I care about. And less of the ones that I don't, which just even like three years ago, it was just seemed random. It would be like the Giants versus Dallas or something. <laughs> but like in or it wouldn't even be Giants versus Dallas. It'd be because that's like a more important game. It'd be like the Giants versus the Seahawks or something. And I'd be yeah, like, yeah, the Seahawks goes <laughs> on because it's our territory, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And Canucks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, let's. I, I know some people who was it's it funny this? it there, always breaks in the sports talk at one point <laughs> in the show. I was literally going to bring that up I'm like yes we got into the sports talk <laughs> yeah, actually that's oh. what I'm going to be doing right after we record finish this recording because the Leaf game's on at four so yeah there's a Pens game on tonight but I'm uh, going I'm going to the fights after I do the thing that I have to do at, at five nice um, but also I think the XFL starts today Oh, it does. I think oh, no so. Way. It does. Yeah. Oh wow. I forgot. I actually, was talking about that the other day, and I completely even spaced on it. But that, that's going to be interesting. That's funny. Where Where is Where is it showing? Like, I have what no idea. Is it on? No idea. No idea. I was actually talking to a guy at uh, the sports store the other day. I was in the Jersey City, and we were bullshitting about sports, obviously. And dude, he's the like, mummy's you... freaking on again. <laughs> he's like, "Are you interested in the XFL?" I'm like, "Honestly, dude, I'm I'm curious to see what kind of players they get in there, and like, and how the gameplay. Like, just I'm curious to see because it's going to be different than it was before, obviously, so they can keep a crowd, yeah, keep an audience or keep people's attentions. But I'm curious. Oh wow, it's actually on like prime time, like 
channels. Oh, McMahon is going all out on this one, man. Yeah, he has the money. I mean, he really does. He invested everything out of his own pocket in this, man, so he doesn't have to fuck with anybody else. So I think this might actually kind of work itself out. I mean, out. he's getting up there in age. Why not go for it? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, fuck, man. There's so much money. I mean, the WWE brings in so much damn money. Fuck, oh, yeah. even if he loses the $100 million that he's invested, I mean, Christ, dude, fucking make that up in half a year, yeah. WWE. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. The revenue uh... from wrestling is is beyond insane. It's on ABC, dude. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? Like, you're paying for primetime network. Like like I said, he's going all the fuck out on this one. He's a smart dude, man. He'll make it work. Yeah. Um. I, I am going to be a Houston Roughnecks fan, I guess. <laughs> the names are so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, man. They're so funny. Roughnecks. So the Seattle Dragons and the DC Defenders are playing right now <laughs> oh wow <laughs> amazing um all right so uh what's next here not too much more let's see um Lionsgate is officially moving forward with a knives out sequel have you guys seen knives out i wanted to didn't didn't i didn't we try to go to her we, or something yeah we did try the one night but it just didn't work out yeah, yeah i wanted to see it too it sounded it sounded really good. Yeah, it was one of those f- fucked up weeks where your schedule's all like it's nothing worked out. Yeah, exactly. And then, but it was here for a couple weeks. I think it just didn't work out. But yeah, yeah. no. Long story short, we never seen it. So, uh, it is great, and um, it, it's funny. Like me and I think it was me and Jeremy were talking about it. Like it's still showing in my theaters, and it's still like making money. It's like insane. It, it was. It's like a runaway success wow so i could totally see why it's It's, it must be it must be different because like the way i perceive that movie is like you know it's like a modern day kind of agatha christie 10 little indians type story Mm -hmm. modernized i guess or whatever i mean it's kind of like that right it's all one location um it is and then it isn't like it it's set up that way but then they kind of throw a little swerve and it becomes something different but still in I that figured, vein i figured there was a curveball in there somewhere because it's obviously separating itself but then again you know they it looked like they did a pretty dainty job with the cast yeah that, yeah, that cast is amazing that got people in the seats for sure man i mean when i see daniel craig and i'm like oh, okay man that's that's interesting so God, fuck it. it's mainly just a really fun movie it's yeah. just it's just a super fun movie. I really enjoyed it. That's cool. Um, all right. So after that, let's see here. What do we got? Uh, Bloody Disgusting and Fangoria join forces for a horror film called The Sisters of Sam Hain. The Sisters of uh, Sam Hain. Okay. Yep. In the film, a group of friends must team up with a witch on Halloween night to prevent a rogue coven from bringing about the end of the world. Okay. Hmm. Well, it's Halloween, so obviously with Sam Hain, but yeah. All right. Always intriguing. Yeah, uh, it says um, the sisters of Sam Hain, which was penned by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski, the duo behind the VHS spinoff Siren, as well as the phenomenal Coming of Age and my my top tenor Super Dark Times. Uh, Colin, oh. Is is that in the Hall of Fame? I, Super Dark Times in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, I think it is, and I'm not even on that one, and it bugs yeah. me. 
Yeah. Uh, so anytime they what the bloody disgusting should have wrote here should have been the duo behind our our VHS spinoff Siren as well as the phenomenal coming of age twenty two shots of moods and horror Hall of Fame thrillers <laughs> for dark times. Did you see Siren? The full yeah, length it was movie. Okay. It, I didn't it, really care for. No, nah, it was actually it was pretty average to me. It wasn't horrible. Yeah. It was just a yeah. big. It was miss nothing for me. like the awesomeness of the. Yeah, man. It, it to me VHS. it felt like it was a flop. Really, it just didn't do much for me. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The duo reteams with Greg Bishop. Uh. Oh, good old Greggy, who helmed Siren, <laughs> as well as the other side in Dance of the Dead. Um, a bunch of people starring in it, and yeah, that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's Halloween based. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, Sam Raimi is directing the next Doctor Strange movie in the Multiverse of Madness. Originally, it was Scott Derrickson. Awesome. Um, I thought Raimi was going back to doing a horror movie. Isn't this one actually is. supposed to be somewhat horrorish? Yeah, like they they said earlier that this is a horror movie. Yeah, but I, heard, I heard this one's supposed to be actually so the, really dark. So dark version of Doctor Strange. Okay. Yeah, I thought maybe he might have learned his lesson with those shitty Spider-Man movies that he did. <laughs> Dude, those things are out beloved. Of the fucking Marvel universe, man. I don't know. I <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> Hon- honestly, dude, like yeah. I've stayed away, you know, from the Marvel universe for so long that I've just. Even though I know that some of those movies I'll probably enjoy, some of the, the better, newer ones, because they got better with time, um, I'm just a DC animated person. I'll stick with that. Because those are dark and rated R and shit. I'm they're, a Batman really good. dude at my core. They're just really I, fucking good. I yeah. did enjoy the um, the last Avengers movies. They were fun. but uh, So that's supposed to come out May... 7th 2021 I believe yeah May 7th 2021 um all right after that we have a uh I guess a little update if you will um so the filmmakers of the popular uh top tenor of moods is one of his years turbo kid um they still say they want to do a turbo kid 2 there's a script for turbo kid 2 we want to make it that's all i can say it's really a case of finding backers because it's way more ambitious it's kind of like a road warriors setup for mad max it's sort of that kind of ambition you need a little bit more money than we had in the first project they want to make that a dream project you know what Whatever the narrative is, as long as they have the same crew that did the soundtrack, what is it? Le Motos. Le Motos. Yeah, the, like, the yeah. French guys from oh, Quebec. Man. If they have that type of synth score again, man, I don't give a fuck what the narrative is, man. Please make that film. Yeah. Actually, it's <laughs> funny because after, after we had to, you know, stop last night, <laughs> um, we actually were talking about Turbo Kid 2. Yeah. Getting the sequel, and I'm like, yep. I think it was it probably, it was, was it in your top 10 too? that year oh yeah 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 because i think we both really enjoyed that yeah so yeah it's a fantastic movie it's great man the opening scene man was i fucking... just 
rad the, the I, rad it, fucking shadow oh it's great you guys talk about go-to I like, movies that's that's one of my go-to movies it for was sure. man i i kept bringing it out like I, I watched that movie so many fucking times and it came out as like yeah. oh dude yeah i liked it but i i like to put horror in my top tens <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> coming from the guy that's deliverance is number one in 72 <laughs> give me a fucking break um, among non-horror right. films fuck so after that, Elijah Wood touches upon what he'd like to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Um, Spectre Visions, Elijah Wood, and Daniel Noah has expressed interest in taking over the Nightmare on Elm Street. As we know, the rights reverted back to the Craven Estate, and they were actively taking pitches for uh, Elm Street. And the well, duo, at least they're open to it, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, that they have a very specific take they'd love to pitch and have and they've been in contact with the rights holders the craven estate uh speaking on the boo crew podcast uh any opportunity to get a hold of a classic franchise like that and revitalize it and do something different with it is pretty exciting i don't know if the rights are actually available we're done where we've done our due diligence uh you can't just reboot it. You can't tell the same story over and over. Jeez, these were these guys listening to us a minute ago? Because like, <laughs> well, right? The, well, see, this is what the, this is exciting because I've been saying for a few years now. Elijah Wood has a great vision for horror. He, he's actually a true fan. He understands one hundred percent. He understands the genre, and I, I think he, a lot of people are just they misunderstand him because they see him as like fucking Frodo and shit. They don't understand that somebody that you know stars in these kind of big budget mainstream movies can have a a true passion for you know genre films and shit like that but at least we understand that and what i've seen from elijah wood so far you know from what he's done with maniac the the remake and you know other among things and stuff yeah he's got visions so right right away here the fact that he's already interested in pitching these ideas and, and trying to get a hold of you know acquire the rights so they can do something with this franchise actually excites me because remember how skeptical I was about the Maniac remake? Just I think it was more about him starring. Everybody was. Well, it wasn't even about his vision of the movie. It was about him, you know, playing the character. I was like, it just seems like he's miscasting himself, kind of thing, right? But it turns out the way it was done was just totally brilliant, and he gained my respect. And uh, you know, and you know, for him to go after Nightmare on Elm Street, which is my favorite franchise, I'm giving him all, you know, all power, man. You know, I got okay. Yeah, so I'm giving them the big thumbs up here to go ahead and and hopefully they take the pitch. You know, they take you know what he's offering and he can acquire the rights because I think honestly his visions are there, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully they you know they see the same thing in him because I think it's not even about the money at this time. I think it's about pitching the right idea to the Craven Estate and being like, okay, now that sounds really good. We're gonna we're gonna license the rights to you because we like your fucking idea. So I think mm-hmm. if he does acquire it, we know it's going to be a good shit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a yeah, fan of well, his. So am I. So I'm a fan of Spectre Vision too, but so there's more to this that you're probably even going to like more. Um, you can't just reboot it. You can't tell the same story over again. It's already been done. You can't do an origin story with Freddy Krueger again. That's already been done twice. You almost have to let Freddy go and move on into a different direction. I think you bring Freddy along for the ride initially, but you have to go somewhere else with it because it's such a well-trouted ground. Uh, 
And then he says, I think England has to be in it. I think you have to. To honor that series, to honor the character, to honor Wes Craven, I think you have to do that. And then you can express beyond that. He said he wants to do one last film. Um, so, yeah. I think they're, I, I completely just like where their head's at. I mean, it's just, it's fan. It's it's coming from a fan. You know, the thing about Robert England reprising the role of Freddy, though, I mean, didn't even Robert England's, I mean, he obviously technically retired from that, even though he dressed up once again a couple years ago for convention or whatever, mm-hmm. because the money talks, essentially, <laughs> right? But didn't Robert England state himself the reason for retiring from ever playing that character again is because he's too fucking old yeah but then he came out like, but i mean it's different recently it, and said that like he would he wants to do one more okay so maybe he's at the gym working out and stuff and getting healthy. well i i don't see a problem with an like because if you know if you watched elm street legacy the initial concept of freddy was an old man yeah like it was a it was it was like a 60 or 70 year old man Okay, but uh-huh. it's different in concept and, and in practice. When you're actually that old, you get tired and shit. And I don't even oh, think yeah. it's about playing the character of Freddy. I think it's more or less sitting in the chair for eight hours or ten hours of makeup. Doing the makeup every day, yeah. It's probably yeah. the most complicated thing for, you know, the actual actor being, you know, Robert mm-hmm. England. It, that's exhausting, dude. Even for us people that are young and still in shape and shit, it's like, that's fucking... Could you imagine sitting there for 10, 12 hours and then having to go do a 12-hour, 15-hour shoot? Like, fuck me, dude. Like, that's like, even the thought of that is like making me tired. Let's get Robert England on TRT and we'll just have Shreddy Krueger. Just dude. (laughs) Right? Let's do it. Shreddy Krueger, man. That's fucking amazing. I I think that, like, I, I, I don't know if you have to have Robert England play Freddy the whole time or a cameo i just agree with he needs to be in the movie or at least you know it's oh it's the right thing to do you know just even if he's gonna play the fucking teacher that lynn shay played or something you know what i mean like a teacher or something like i just think that robert england and and that goes for any of the um sequels that happen years later or like remakes or whatever like I think you always should make room for the the heart and soul of the franchise uh, in some capacity. That's why I was really happy with Jordan Peele went putting Tony Todd back in Candyman. Mm. Like whether he's going to be can- which I think he actually is Candyman or at least an older version of Candyman, but yeah. At some point you need to it, have them in there if they're not going to play the main character have them do something. Because it's just like, why not? Yeah, it's a nice nod to the fans, right? It is. It's giving yeah. the fans what they want. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that out of every like thing that I've heard so far, I think that that's the best take that I've heard on it. And just the fact that it, their head isn't reboot, reboot, reboot. Well, I mean, yeah, everything about that spiel had me on board with it. So like I said, I've trusted his visions from what he's done right now and I just Have I you like seen him as a person. Color I think out he's of space a, yet. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a it's a cool telling of the story. You know the Lovecraft story, the same title and stuff. It's been done before. I mean, you, you know the Curse movie that came out in the early nineties mm-hmm. with Will Wheaton and stuff. That's the same story. Die Monster dies. The same story. Um, I did like this one. 
I thought Nick Cage had a really funny ass moment, a nice little freak out moment in it, which is always great to see from him. Cage has a cage moment. Yeah, Cage had a cage moment in a, in a car. He was kind of caged in his car. So I mean, yeah, it's funny, but um, yeah, I mean, it's the story is very similar to the other ones we've seen. The story and stuff. It's just on how the execution was, and it it was it was decent though. It was good. Yeah, Tommy Chong. Well, we talked stuff. about this a couple episodes ago. Like Tommy Chong is in this movie, and he actually his character's cool, man. Yeah, and he plays an awesome character. So. All right, well, that's the news. Cool. Fucking thing sucks! All righty, so moving along here, going to do a quick little knowledge segment since we are doing a uh, Bong Joon-ho director spotlight. The word I bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme. No time to joke and play, cause knowledge reigns supreme. And he is a Korean director. I thought it would be kind of cool to find a website and just, uh, you know, see what they have for a top 10 Korean horror films list. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm not sure if I've ever done one myself. Maybe not. You should. I probably should, though. Yeah. Because, honestly, there's a lot of great Korean films in general. We talked about, you know, revenge thrillers earlier and... Yeah and Korean horror films and stuff, and I thought, why not? Why not just see? Uh, this top ten list is specifically coming from filmschoolrejects.com. I think we've used these guys before. I'm not 100% sure, but the top ten best Korean horror movies, according to filmschoolrejects.com. Coming in at number ten is a movie from 2013 called Hide and Seek. I have not seen this. Have you guys seen this? I have not. No. I know about the movie. I've yeah. never seen it. Nope. Though. Yeah. Nope. So, no, never seen that one. Uh, number nine is 2008's Death Bell, which I have seen before. Yep. Nope. Good film. Really, really good film. This one surprised me. Coming to number eight, uh, Gojium Haunted Asylum from 2018. Oh, that's why I haven't seen that one yet. I want to see that, though. I own it. I haven't watched it, though. I think, I, I think Derek really liked that film. Yeah, you? man. It got actually a lot of praise. It yeah. was decent. I thought it was a little bit goofy at times, though. Yeah. It's kind of like... It's a found footage film, and it's like it plays itself kind of serious, but then it has like these really kind of off-kilter, goofy moments in it. I was just like... It was kind of throwing me off at times, but it shot really well. Oh, nice. And it, the concept is actually pretty cool in it. Yeah. So, But it was. I was a little bit disappointed with it, but... Uh, here's one I'm sure actually we've already talked about in this show today. Yeah. Number seven, Bedeviled. Oh, great film. Yeah, I was about to say that. Need, I was going to be disappointed if that wasn't on the list. Yeah. Surprised it's that number seven. It yeah, seems me too. pretty high on the list. Yeah. Or is that low? In, no, it's high on the list. We always get that confused. Is it high or low? <laughs> I would say, yeah. Low on the Yeah, I don't know. I think it's high on the high, list. High on the list. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, number six, of course, is this is actually. Whenever I think of Korean horror movies, I always think of this film for some reason. A Tale of Two Sisters, oh, two thousand three. Uh, never, never seen it. It's, oh, it's so good. It's so fantastic. Yeah. And again, you know, number six. It's not even yeah, in the top five. I so what the top five is now? Uh, I actually haven't even checked it out. I only checked out the top five. Uh, or the ten to six. So coming at number five is Thirst from two thousand nine. Oh, okay, that's fair. Chanmook Park. Yeah. Nope. Park Chanmook. No. <laughs> well, it's all you never know with them because they don't ping do pong pong. <laughs> like really, like, I do the same thing all the time. I man. literally struggle with that every day. Is like, do I say his last name first? Do I say his first name first? It's I, because all their names are first, middle, and last names. Yeah. Right. They, they they're so interchangeable. Um. Okay. Number coming at number four, which was actually one of my favorite films, I believe. 
and seven, was it 16 or 17? I don't know. Uh, the Wailing. Oh, my God. Great one. Another great film. Really, really great film. That's, I, that's a top tenner for me, too. Yeah, it was just a fantastic I think it was number story. 10. Like, the way it was, it's a long movie. I think it's like two and a half hours long, but it, it doesn't feel like it's great pace great pacing in that movie there is great pacing yeah. and but there's so much awesome narrative and just scenes like there's yeah. really lots of great stuff even though it can be a little bit slower at times but it's really fulfilling yeah and what, what they're accomplishing yeah, in the movie always wondering what's going on oh here's actually my favorite movie a couple years ago uh, number three train to boost on fantastic that made my number 10 i think same year yeah of course it was one of those year number 10 my number ones <laughs> i think that's happened like three times or something yeah yeah great movie man like to the point where it actually made me cry. Like, I think they're working on the sequel now, aren't they? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peninsula, I think it's called. Yeah. Very emotional film. Yeah. 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 Like very emotional. Like it's just, it kind of goes into a direction where you're like, why is this doing this to me? I'm watching a fucking running zombie movie, I which feelings it's crazy how well it worked because I prefer slow dawn of the dead zombies. Yeah. I think that's actually really legitly scary. Um, the fast movie ones, it almost seems comical to me at times. Oh, yeah. And these ones are like hyper speed yeah. fucking zombies, but it's just, it's the narrative, man. Yeah. It's so well done. It gets you. And at number two, they consider it a horror film. I saw The Devil. Oh. Number 10. One of my favorite movies ever. I actually thought this was going to be number one if it was on the list, but. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently it's not. You've seen that, JP, right? I think you talked about it on the show. Yeah, we did an episode on it. Right. That's right. <laughs> man, this is not, I did not plan this out. But in in at number one is 2006, The Host. Ah, nice. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hard to argue, man. Isn't that crazy? It's wow. hard to argue that. that that's a, a pretty good list. Not bad. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, those are always fun to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many Korean films yeah. that you could put on there. Yeah. Just, it just never there's, ends. A lot of them are the, like the, the, the ones that I think of are, are often the ones that are the like thriller revenge tales the borderline yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah but there is really like i mean just if you type in korean horror films i, I honestly own a shit ton of these but actually one that i th- i do think of that actually made my top 10 from 2002 even though 2002 wasn't like an overbearing powerful great year for horror mm-hmm. the movie phone oh yeah that movie made my top 10 i thought that was a really oh, interesting yeah. story yeah that yeah. was a good one yeah so yeah, so that's um, top 10 Korean horror films. Can you guys think of any off the top of your head that would make your list that weren't on that list? Um, the, again, I think of like the borderline stuff, like Symphony for Mr. Vengeance and stuff. Yeah, true that, right? Yeah. Oh, that kind of revenge. Yeah, that thriller revenge stuff, like Old Boy and yeah. Yeah, it's like, do you include it? Do you not? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly look at those movies as straight up thrillers in a sense with horror elements, I guess. But but good movies though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could watch those films all day long. You ever seen the uh, the Korean Red Eye? No, I don't think I have. Ah, that movie's great. It's great stuff. Korean Red Eye. Yeah, I think uh, I think Craven did a remake of it sometime in the two thousands, I believe. I'm surprised they didn't have the three extreme movies on there. Yeah, I mean, they're, oh, def- yeah. they're definitely list. Yeah. I mean, the three extreme, the first one, which is technically actually the second one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> weird. Those always confuse me. Is the, the stories that are in three extremes are crazy. Yeah. The second one's it's good. 
but it's not as strong as the first one, man. Like yeah. the story, it's like Mikay's story in that oh, one is. Man. So no, wait, when you say that, are you talking about the second, the the true <laughs> second one, or? The... <laughs> I'm literally just talking about the way we perceive them, not actually the way they're supposed to be. Okay, um, so yes. the first one is good, which is actually the second one. Yeah, exactly. So the one that's titled Three Extremes, the one with uh, Chan Park, yeah, Chan, Park Chan Wu, Takashi Miike, and, and the Fruit Chan shorts. I think I've seen the other one, but I haven't seen the first one. Oh man, the Three Extremes from two thousand four is just unbelievable. Yeah, those yeah, are crazy no, stories. I watched the one from two thousand two that we did for because I prepped for a two thousand two show by watching that. So yeah. I have the DVD release, the double disc DVD release of Three Extremes that actually has the full length version of Dumplings. Right? Yeah, I have the same one. Right? So that's it's kind of interesting to watch the full length because it really kind of stretches out. And it's just a nasty, yeah. nasty uh, short. Like, I mean, what they're feeding <laughs> you is fucked, man. So gross. <laughs> it's fucking, it just seems so Asian to do that, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know what it is about it, but it always makes me hungry because I love dumplings. It's weird. <laughs> Maybe just not those dumplings. Maybe not those dumplings. Unless it had lots of soy sauce on them or something. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of extra garnishing or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some baby wipes or something. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Enough. Moving on. Enough is enough. All right. So that's uh, that's quick little knowledge segment. Top 10 Korean horror movies. Gia. Uh, let's get Alrighty, so moving along here and getting into this week's Bob, which is box office brawl. Uh, JP, you want to uh, recap us on last week and this week's predictions? I think it's the last two weeks, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember if we talked about the turning. Um, the turning, uh, you guessed 9.7. I guessed 10.65. Jeremy guessed 12. It ended up making 6.9. Uh, so Moods gets the point on that one. That's crazy. Good Man, call. that movie really shit the fucking bed, didn't it? So my every, prediction every, was more than right. All the movies did. Isn't it crazy um, like how excited we were for and how much we've been praising like theatrical horror films and you know, we're just kind of giving the industry props for actually having so many this early in the year. The first quarter of the year is a little bit slower, obviously. Um but wow, did they ever shit the bed <laughs> on this or January's releases. I mean, I guess it started with. I mean, did Black Christmas actually made money, didn't it? But it was a bad movie. But yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, then it was Hansel and Gretel, uh, or Gretel and Hansel rather, and that made uh, six point one million. Uh, Moods guessed five. Jeremy guessed six point five, and I guessed seven point four. So Jeremy gets the point. Money. I am sucking right now man that pisses me off man he's over and he gets the fucking point but he's <laughs> off by 400,000 Jesus man that movie sucked what you seen it no I mean it just it bombed at the box office oh um do you know what sucks man is like I I really like the okay I'm not doing good but at the same time like I'm truly going off of like just my own guess on what the movie is I know that like Jeremy's numbers are way too close to like what everybody's predicting. And he's like, I'm doing research. I'm like, no, you're just taking someone else's answer. Doing research is like, how many theaters is it in? Have what you actually of- researched? Have you looked at box office mojo? I don't, I never even think to even do I, that. I, but- I, I, I have done it like 
The only because thing I, I look up, dude, is the theaters because I think that's the number one thing you need to know. If yeah, there's but a movie you in can't 1800, even see that anymore. I know, I, and that's the thing. And like, I would always search, and I can never find it, so I don't even bother anymore. But it's there's a big difference if it's playing in 1800 theaters or 32. Yeah, right. Like you're just yeah, going to obviously difference. make more yeah, money. Yeah, and that's right? what that's what's hard now is I don't know that used to be a, a big factor, but also like I I might look up like is it a PG 13? Is it an R rated film? Yeah. Is like the, the I'll think of similar films like. I'll be like, okay, Gretel and Hansel, another Gre- Hansel and Gretel came out in 2000, whatever. And dude, it there was made a Korean one amount. that came out in like the mid 2000s. Honestly, dude, there's been probably, I would say seven or eight Hansel and Gretel films in the last 15 years. Oh yeah. There's tons. If you listen least. to his and her, we just went over this. I mean, fuck, I own four or five of them myself and I'm yeah. not even like a hugest Hansel and Gretel fan. Yeah. Like it's just bizarre. I don't know. I just don't understand the need to keep doing this story over and over again, even though it's kind of tweaked a little bit here and there, but it's just essentially the same shit. I don't know. I heard this movie was actually pretty good, though. Is that... Am I, um, so, am I off on, on that? Uh, so, the, again, I... Just to go back to that real quick before I answer your question, Dylan. Yeah. Um, I... I told Jeremy that he's making this unfun because, and again, I don't look up, up what the predictions are either. I'm truly going off my own opinion on this, but... Whenever I go to see what the numbers were on Box Office Mojo, at the very bottom of the page, it has what their predictions were. And I'm like, why is Jeremy's always so close to their number? Is so he changed I think it by like 100,000? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was like they said like 51 million or something. And he says 50 million. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm just like, you're making this unfun, dude, because like, they're experts and have like inside source information. This is what happens when you don't play sports. He sells on tickets and stuff. I'm just trying to have fun with this shit. You know what I mean? And it's making it unfun. (laughs) This is what happens to people when they're, you know, when they grow up and they don't play sports and stuff, they, they fucking, you know, when they get involved in something that's competitive, they cheat (laughs) because they haven't learned that, that sportsmanship and that gamemanship, you know, in reality. And he's like, dude, it's fucking for, it's about a $20 Blu-ray. That actually yeah, cost me thirty three to send saw him. Whenever he um, sucked, like he sucked so bad for the first season, mm-hmm. right? Like, and well, he I had to figure out a way to cheat. Was randomly picking numbers, yeah, like what he actually thought. And then the second season, he's so on point, like almost. <laughs> and like when he gets it wrong, it's because the site got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right. <laughs> <laughs> what a cheating fucking bastard! So really, man. it's me versus you versus box office mojo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so fucking true. This guy be cheating like a motherfucker, man. Jesus. Yeah, I want so, my thirty-three dollar uh, fucking RoboCop two Blu-ray back. I know. I got him uh, the ambulance, which was like twenty-two. Well, I mean, it was, um, it was eighteen dollars on amazon.com of course it charges me like seven dollars shipping because i'm from out of country and then the conversions like 33 dollars. i'm like motherfucker yeah so yeah that's weird um so uh then we picked birds of prey which um is that harley quinn movie that i don't think any of us are going to see um but I mean, i'll watch the animated dc films and shit but fuck that live action stuff i have no yet we saw the the trailer i think in the in the cinema or something yeah we, we, we both kind of looked and i even literally said out loud to dylan i looked at him and said i'll stick with the dc animated <laughs> film yeah yeah well i mean we watched joker and we love that it's just that this is 
this seems like no, not. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, not the same. Yeah, this this will follow the Suicide yeah, but, I mean, Squad. Even, yeah, but I mean, even even Batman, like the Suicide I, I love Squad, DC Batman. animates are good, Batman man. Movie. Fucking violent. Uh, Rated R. Okay, so uh, Birds of Prey, Mood said 47.5. Um, I said 55, and Jeremy said 50. I thought I was... I stabbed in the bark at the, at the dark in this one, because I honestly so had I. no idea. I, I, mm-hmm. I had no... I, did, I Derek asked me, I forgot, and then I was driving, and he's like, hey, the deadline's coming up. Are you going to um, oh, give big, me a number? Shout out to Derek on this, man. He's been really on point with this, because honestly, I don't pay attention, a lick of attention to anything. Like... Everybody knows that I, I, I'm everyone, you know, like moods, the whore God, but I really don't pay attention to anything. It's actually kind of funny. You guys make me look good. Uh, but like with the news and all this type of shit, like the movies, I had to ask him what the movie was. I'm like, what's the movie? What are we doing? <laughs> like, I have no fucking clue, dude. I'm just clueless. Mm-hmm. But anyways, shout yeah. out to Derek for keeping on top of this. Cause without him, I would be, we wouldn't even have a box office brawl to be honest. Yeah. So, um, Jeremy's about to get replaced with somebody else. So <laughs> he did. He's been replaced by box office mojo. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, maybe a little lesser competition. I would like to replace Box Office Mojo with. Yeah, then, yeah. See, those guys are strictly doing research, so yeah. It's the, not dude, even fair. they probably have like inside info, like how many pre-sales there are and like other stuff. It's bull. Um, but that, yeah. So far, it looks like um, Moods is going to actually win this one. So Shut up. Go up. It'll go up three to two. Wow. Um, I have zero points because it's trending at around thirty-three million. But again. Box office mojo predicted like fifty one million or fifty two million. Jeremy really? picks fifty million. Okay, so and it's that well, again, he loses when they lose. So Dude, I was uh, thinking I was crazy low. And I was like, Me too. I, I was Me like too. I was like, well, I'm just going by my prediction of seeing the trailer and thinking that this is not gonna do well. But I had no idea what the budget was. I didn't know. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go kind of mid-level. I was trying to go the lowest, and I ended up going the highest. Because I thought everybody else was going to pick like 60, 70 million. Because I think Suicide Squad made like 67 million or something. Yeah, but I think that's kind of where I'm, where my head was at, too. Is that sometimes when these movies, and then they have kind of the spin-off characters and shit like that, they never do as well. No. They really don't. I know, but I was thinking like at the uh, everybody hated Suicide Squad except for the fact they loved that girl playing Harley Quinn. They're like she was awesome though. So yeah, well that's why she got that's why she was the first one to get her solo film. <sighs> I don't know. It's honestly hard to predict. It really is. You really don't know what is going to sell and what isn't. But I mean, apparently, I'm kind of on point with this month. Yeah. Yeah. With the turning, I just uh, it just looked terrible to me. I was like, oh, I don't. Well, to answer your question earlier, Dylan, um, me and Carly didn't love Gretel and Hansel. We okay. thought it was good. Yeah. We didn't think it was very good, but everybody else thought that it was great. Yeah, so, that's what I remember hearing. So, Yeah, we just to- thought that it was – we liked aspects about it. It shot very well. There's some great performances in it, but I just did I could I didn't like the story. So oh, okay. you would say in the last five theatrical films, that's including Black Christmas, you know, The Turning, Gretel and Hansel, fucking Underwater, what, Underwater, and so is it like over five? Yep, for me, Ouch. Uh, because I have I'm not I'm only counting seven and a half above for I'm not saying five point five is passable. Yeah, technically, on a technical level, it's passable, but I'm saying... Uh, great well, isn't 5.5 average, according to Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
But I, I'm say, what I'm so saying is like so I'm counting that. seven and a half above as my pass mark. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Great, I get that. great movies. Great yeah. movies are seven and a half above. Well, uh, I, I see it from or, from a vantage point of you know when you're accumulating your films through the year, those are the films that are going to be kind of separated. Right? Exactly, seven, seven and a half. Those are the, the ones that are. Com- they're basic, you know. They're the ones that could be on this list at the end of the year, kind of thing. The ones that are aren't uh, eight out of tens masterpieces, though, according to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that guy's <laughs> name? Don Goodwin or something like that, or Goodman or Goodwin or something. Yeah. The dude that kept picking fights with me and then making posts in groups I wasn't in <laughs> because he knew I couldn't fucking I couldn't respond to him. Like, what kind of pussy shit is that? <laughs> Sorry to bring that up. But no, that's I, I had to. that's actually really funny. I thought that was just tremendously comical because he but, knew i wasn't in that group yeah to, to be fair though black christmas was last year um well no i'm just i'm just talking about the last five the last five that i seen yeah, yeah. The last five theatrical films oh for five uh gretel and hansel was the best uh and i gave it a seven um so a good movie it's just you know i'm looking for something better than that uh it's and, just not in the runnings for a top 10 type thing no, right so, yeah no exactly like not even close right yeah so, yeah and uh, I think that the, our next film is the first of the um, non-theatrical films that I'm going to watch, and it's After Midnight, Jeremy Gardner's new film. That's our next episode. So, so uh, here's hoping that that is good. I'm a huge – actually, to change my answer from earlier on, who would I have star in my giant monster movie directed by Bong Joon-ho, I, I'll put Jeremy Gardner in instead of – That makes a little bit more sense than uh... – than you know Ted Danson that made no sense <laughs> <laughs> it was funny though I drew a blank on that one and uh, but honestly yeah, Jeremy even, Gardner is great I'm a huge huge fan of Jeremy Gardner I, I want to yeah. see everything he's in and everything he does I think he's I'll agree yeah I, I'm a huge fan of he's very likable yeah he's very likable yeah yeah it's a good choice I mean but I mean even to come up with Ted Danson in that on the spot type of uh, moment makes no sense <laughs> yeah it's funny I mean honestly Woody Harrelson would have made more sense mm. considering he's been in some well, I, I want to say quote unquote horror movies yeah I mean Zombieland Double Crap was fucking horrible oh, oh and we finally have Dylan on the show he can explain himself on Double Crap do we want it do we have time to get into this well just just put it this way I explained it to JP and I said I never even cracked a smile the entire movie the only time I even chuckled was in the credits with the Bill Murray scene yeah we looked at each other a couple times during that film and then like is this for fucking real like just so (laughs) I was getting anxiety and I don't even get anxiety and I'm like what is this shit gonna get funny yeah it's bad you're not a fan Sorry, JP. And this guy, JP, almost he almost had it in his top ten. He said he was in his top ten <laughs> list until what a week before we did the show. Yeah, it was up there for a while. Um, uh, I really liked it, man. It is very, very biggest surprise to me. That was actually one of the funner days I had watching film because yeah, so you I must have been in a good mood that day, man. I went and by myself on a Saturday. I, Carly was. Uh, busy doing something, a wedding or something like See, that. You notice how he goes back to Carly right away, his girlfriend, Carly. <laughs> like it could have yeah. been someone. It could have been fucking, you know, <laughs> you know, it could have been Ronald or Devin, <laughs> you know, or fucking Stevie. No, but it was, you know, it was Carly. You know, Carly well, was busy, so I like, had to go by myself. Think of you know, it when you and Dylan uh, Pips was out of town or whatever at her parents' cabin or whatever, and you got, had the whole time to yourself. That's how it was. I was, I was. <laughs> Yeah, I get I that. Was, I had the whole 
day to myself <laughs> and I was off work. I was just like, I was, there was a couple films that I wanted to see. Um, I went and got a ticket for Joker, uh, and then Zombieland two, which had just, that was the first weekend that it was out. Joker had been out for a little while and I was finally getting around to it. And then the Adams family animated movie. And I just did a Jeremy and I just watched all three back to back to back. And it was such a fun day. I've never done that before. Um, and like, I guarantee you that like, um, I just, like, I just like, I, I guarantee that Jeremy, you know, when he does it, um, he's probably like miserable the entire time because he's miserable at everything. But I'll tell you, I had fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But he does seem to like to do that, but I couldn't do it all the time because like it's fun watching a movie with other people. He doesn't really have much of a choice though because if his mom is busy, what's he going to do? <laughs> well, like that one time <laughs> he said that he had friends and then Neil posted a meme about it and then he like flipped on me for <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. He said I did it. I did it. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I think if our cinema was actually better I could see myself doing like an all day thing there, mm-hmm. but I can't stand being in ours for more than an hour and a half. Well, there's lots of different reasons. Uh, the cinema itself is not great. The seating sucks. Terrible. But and we would never have the opportunities. Maybe two movies in a row. But we, we, we had don't... one. Remember we watched Don't Breathe and Blair Witch, and that was the only time we ever had a oh, double, yeah. double feature. At that's our right. Cinema. That's right. And remember, we, fuck. That's so funny you bring up Blair Witch because man, these guys fucking. When I gave it a three out of ten, they're like, no fucking way, it's a three out of ten. <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That movie sucked dick, man. It was fucking brutal. But yeah, that's right. That was a double feature that we did. And Don't Breathe was I was, liked it. was okay. Yeah, I liked it. I just didn't like the actual construction of it showing the end of the beginning. Oh, I, I yeah. love Don't Breathe. Yeah. I just wish they hadn't done it my top ten. the way they did it. I wish they hadn't shown the beginning at the or at the end of the beginning like that. Yeah. I just it's one of my big pet peeves, unless it's done properly. Uh actually something we'll get to later in this in this uh show yeah. actually yeah. we'll bring that up but um it's just it's never yeah. been one of my favorite things to do i just don't see the point a lot of times because it really doesn't even work half the time it's not needed well and then you're always constantly piecing it together as you're watching the film yeah. to trying to figure out see, why they show I, that right makes you overthink it i yeah. think that's why i like it sometimes and i'm with you i'd prefer it not to happen but for some reason it's like fun to do that to me like to start piecing together like how it's going to end as it's going i don't know it just, i like I, to watch it, movies very brain dead sometimes and just kind of go with the flow i'm with you on that because i feel like i have figured out certain films in the past and then been so pissed off by the end because i figured it out yeah because i all i want in my mind is to be wrong yeah like don't let this be the way my mind is thinking it right now because if it is i'm going to be disappointed because i figured this out at the 22 minute and a half mark yeah I, i'm in the same way I, I just don't think that this movie that movie was the right type of movie to do that with like because there's no totally big unneeded. like mystery like puzzle that you're putting together no. so i think you're right on that but like something like a tarantino film or something like that well you're if you're going to construct constantly... a film non-linear why not because yeah. with you know something like pulp fiction where you can show the end and then construct the film from you know on a totally non-linear timeline yeah that makes sense you that can works. do whatever the fuck you want to do but in a straight linear non-mystery Story. What's the point of showing the end scene at the and then re-showing it at the end, literally just from a different angle? Yeah. Okay. Now we're gonna show it from this from this pod angle kind of thing. I was like, what? Okay. Fancy for the sake of being fancy when you don't have to be. I guess. 
overkill. Don't overproduce your shit. Just do it properly. <laughs> but yeah, I could I could see what you're saying with that. I mean, it, it didn't really need there. It was completely unnecessary for that. Um, but I just think that like those those type of things don't affect me as much. But I agree that you're right that it didn't need to be there at all. There's mm-hmm. it's actually completely pointless to do that in that movie. You know what's funny though? I've talked to people and I brought up that criticism of the movie because the movie itself actually isn't that bad. It, you know, it's got some really great moments. It's got some decent. You know, there's a lot of good things about the movie. Let's yeah. face it. And I brought this up to other people, and they're like, "Huh, I didn't even notice." Like, they literally didn't even think about it until I said, and they're like, oh, yeah, they did show the ending at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like, some people just don't even clue in. Because by the 90 minutes has passed, they've already forgotten because that's the attention span of everybody today. Yep. Within 90 yeah. minutes, you forgot what happened in the first 30 seconds of a movie. So it didn't matter. Right? But when you're watching it kind of, like, critically, you remember those things. Yeah, and you're for like, sure. oh, for fuck's sakes. And that, that, that's kind of the downfall to being you know, a semi quote unquote critic or podcast or whatever. You watch movies differently. You don't take them as just like pure enjoyment, Mm -hmm. you know, it it, kind of ruins a little bit, man. It's like editing things. You see things totally fucking different. Yeah. Right. It's just, it, you get, you get involved in it. And then all of a sudden that's all you can focus on. You can't just enjoy things. And it it really is true. Yeah. And that's why I think why a lot of critics and stuff become so self-absorbed and they're just like, (laughs) you know, it's this, it is what it is. And they're just like, no, that's the way it is. So, but anyways, is that it for box office brawl? That is it for box office brawl. All right. So, yeah. Hey, yo, it's about that time for the 22 shots crew to get buck wild and do what we do. You got that fatty in hand, so throw us a few. And we gonna hit your ass up with a bonus review. Yeah. Alrighty, so moving into the bonus review, which is a Patreon pick, and of course, excuse my ignorance, but I'm not 100% sure actually who picked this. JP, do you know? This, this was one of those titles, and again, this is a good point to bring up, like, ever since we changed the month format of box off, or sorry, of uh, Patreon, it's helped us out tremendously, because somebody gave us this a few months ago, and... Really? Uh, yeah, this is this is an old old title. It's probably one of the oldest titles that we have um, not done yet. Uh, so that shows, you know, we will get to it. Um, it is Ratchet Command. So Michael, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, he gave it to us a while ago, uh, and again, it's it shows that we will get to it eventually. People uh, who are wondering, um, actually, Jellybane. Uh, I think I have still three titles for him, M, Hala, and Psychos in Love. They will happen eventually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've put off M for a very long time just because I, I literally just don't feel like watching it. Um, I've seen it before. Uh, it's a good movie. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's foreign. It's like an hour and 50 minutes, and it's uh, old and it's not necessarily a horror film. Mm. Um, so, you know, I just kind of been putting that off. Um, and then, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, we don't do what we watched on every episode. Uh, so sometimes it's going to be, uh, delayed, but we will get to everybody's stuff. We always do, except for that one time we didn't, <laughs> um, but we made up for it. So, uh, we will. Uh, well, people understand long. circumstances, though, man. I mean, yeah. life comes first, and sometimes it gets real complicated. But yeah, I mean, the all these things will get done. 
in time. Yes, that's that's the point. I mean, I think the I think the listeners understand though too. When we do franchise shows, we don't do what we watch because it's it's already so much prep, and mm-hmm. it just extends the show for unnecessary reasons. So, um, yeah. But we uh, actually have a what we watched episode planned to cover a lot of the Patreon yeah. stuff we missed. Yeah. So it's going to be so. more or less a catch up episode for. I mean, I, I have a couple left to do, but man, you guys have a lot left. So. Yeah, I have nine plus like four bonus reviews. Yeah, I got something like five or six, which is totally cool. So, um, okay. Anyways, uh, get into the bonus review from Ratchet Command. Uh, this one is from 1911. Obviously, a silent film uh, called Dante's Inferno. Uh, interesting note about Dante's Inferno from 1911 is that this is the very first Italian movie of all time. Uh, directed by Francisco Bertolini. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's a couple other director credits on here too. And uh, yeah, from 1911, so silent film. Quick little synopsis if you're not 100% familiar with Dante's Inferno, the, the story. Uh, the poet Dante is lost in a dark gloomy, dark and gloomy wood. At the summit of a mountain, he sees a light, sees a light of salvation. He endeavors to ascend it, but his way is barred by three wild beasts symbolizing... Avaris, Pride, and Lust. I'm just going to leave it there because it just it keeps going on and on about this uh, synopsis and stuff. So essentially what this is, it's it's Dante's journey through hell. The Inferno is hell and he needs to make it through with the help of some people. And there's obviously some things in the way they're trying to stop him because it's hell. And he needs to get through the Inferno to get to reach salvation, which is essentially heaven, I guess. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not overly too familiar. I've never read uh, the comedy divine or divine comedy. I'm not a hundred percent familiar. Like I know the core of Dante's Inferno, what it is, you know, it's in hell mm-hmm. and shit like that. I, I know the core story of it, but I'm not an expert on it. I couldn't name you everything that's going on in there. Um, I'm not overly religious myself. In fact, I'm not religious at all. <laughs> so I've never really delved into this too much but i do find it intriguing i I really like the idea of you know this character going to hell and having to work his way through you know the different the different stages of hell and all these different type of characters and and you get it's it's actually really kind of gloomy and almost neurotic at times you you watch this shit and you're just like i think it's a pretty good presentation of what hell would actually be like yeah absolutely it's just kind of interesting. It shows. It reminds me of the Coffin Joe one where he goes to hell. It really looking around. It really does. And you know, this version of course actually is quite interesting that it runs about an hour and 10, 12 minutes because for 1911, it's like one of the longest long. That's a long (laughs) movie because at the time, you know, in the, you know, the first, you know, 10, 12 years of filmmaking, most movies were like under 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, it took a lot to produce. Um, I did read somewhere that this movie cost a shitload of money. You can tell the production value on it actually is really high considering, you know, the set pieces, the set pieces change every two minutes. Yeah. It's a different scene because it's literally in how I kind of round up Dante's Inferno. It's Lord of the Rings. It has a lot of walking in it. It's walking from stage A to B to C. It just kind of yeah. walks. And I'm like, watching watch this thing going, this is fucking Lord of the Rings, man. <laughs> So the this the scenes change every kind of couple minutes. It's kind of cool that they do put in the dialogue. They tell you exactly what's going on every kind of couple mm-hmm. minutes when it changes. So it, it does keep you updated enough. Yeah, I did watch the the newer or the version with the 2016 live orchestra, yeah. which I think you guys watched. Which uh, I I didn't. I, oh, I didn't know no there way. was a version of that. Oh, but dude. that one would have been way better because there's no sound. 
oh, the one dude, that I oh, watched. Oh, that is such a shame, dude, that you got fucking burnt on that because the score really helps out. The, the music is phenomenal. You know, yeah, you know, I read up on it. That was all live and uh, improvised too, which makes it even better in front of a live audience. Right? Right. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, which it's it's hard to factor that in, I guess, because it's technically not a part of the actual movie. But it, it does add so much more to it. I think. Yeah, it definitely makes it a lot more enjoyable. I even thought I would of that too because the the there's no sound at all. Yeah. 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 On the version I watched. Yeah, I don't know if there actually was an original score for it, or maybe there's just interpretations of it. Because I know this is the this cut of the movie is put together from a d- couple different sources. Okay. I don't think the original movie was actually... I don't know. I'm not 100% sure, like I said. But uh, it, it is weird, because even a lot of those movies back in those days did usually had the shitty-ass, like, just fast piano music and stuff. <laughs> yeah. they, they would always kind of play the same simplistic-type shit. Yeah. But this is a really, really dark score which fantastic really adds to it i think they did a great job from scene to scene because they honestly change chords and they change melodies and they change everything up from like every two minutes in this you're like holy fuck like i didn't realize it was improvised because that even makes it even more enjoyable now exactly yeah it's really crazy so blown away when i found that out but i i don't know i was kind of reading somewhere that this movie cost like two million dollars at the time to to create and it was it was like really it was like a massive massive production um, which I was like, damn, dude, inflated from 1911 must be like a hundred fucking million. <laughs> like this is crazy. Yeah. But apparently it was like a, it was like the biggest. Oh no, it took in two million dollars at the time. That's right. Oh, but it, okay. that's right. It took in two million dollars. But the production actually was like a shitload. It was the biggest production. Actually, was the biggest production for like a long time. Apparently, too. Wow. But I can see it though because like they literally had a lot of different people in this, a lot of different set pieces. There's yep. a lot of things going on in this. I was surprised to see a lot of special effects for the time which is just basically like superimposed you know film you know kind of film over film and stuff like that we've seen this in lots of different type movies at the time but they even had times in the film where you know they had characters on you know like strings and ropes and shit they were doing effects like that I was like wow they actually kind of went out and the fucking dragon <laughs> yeah like yeah. the three-headed dragon and, and like yeah. that's what i'm saying like there's a lot of characters there's a lot of uh, you know monsters a lot of things going on in this and the production value is mind-blowing for 1911 you think about this this is one of the earliest like movie movies yeah it's over 100 years old yeah, yeah they're doing yeah. like in-camera stuff too like the um superimposed superimposed stuff and they do, they do the side by side like there's a scene where the the huge monster's standing there and like up in the corner and stuff and yeah. it's, it's just it's it's easy to do it's yeah. like you cut the film off right but mm-hmm. the giant yeah with the giant some of the imagery is a bit tame where it's just people like wiggling on the ground but some of it's actually pretty scary too like I could imagine in 1911 seeing, uh, you know, the, um, like the giant devil on screen or something, or like the people with the pitchforks, like that would probably like scare the hell out. People probably thought like they actually filmed in hell or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, it was probably shocking for an audience member to watch this movie in, in 1911. Think about it. They've Especially never seen anything think about like that. Religion at the time too, right? Like Very huge, at, yeah. there wasn't a person that really wasn't religious is like super, uh, rare to be, you know, uh, non-religious in 1911. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine seeing something like that for the first time? Like you've never seen film. I mean, we, can't even fathom that because yeah. we're so yeah. desensitized to everything but could you imagine watching and just seeing some of the effects too because they would have no idea how that's done they're like wow that is really mind-blowing yeah so if you put yeah, yourself into the times 
Yeah, if you put yourself <laughs> into the times, like I give these guys so much credit for what they accomplished, man. Just you know, like I said, changing the sets and the amount of characters and the amount of time and effort they actually put into the story because like I was telling uh, Dylan last night, you know, I even said, you know, with the story, you could really make this into an epic like eight hour movie because there's so much story. Like I just kind of going through the script of the of the actual story. Yeah. Like you could you could extend those scenes so much. There's so much to tell and stuff. And I'm like, it's really crazy what they did here. I mean, obviously, the resources, not, they're not going to make an eight hour movie in 1911. <laughs> but I think it's arguably really entertaining and kind of amazing. I was very much at times I was like damn dude that imagery is really creepy you got some devils in there you got monsters yeah, you got like man. I did notice there's a lot of people in this movie like you said just kind of throwing their arms around like the acting <laughs> but but then again these people are probably they're hired on they're not actually actors they're just they're they're directed by the director. Fuck, hey, there was in the no scene, actors, just like, fucking stage actors. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Just kind of throw your arm. But if you, and I found myself watching certain just kind of off-screen people and stuff, and it's so funny because some of them aren't even paying attention. And there's this one scene the dude looks at the camera like five times, and he just kind of looks up and he's like, "Oh yeah," he looks up at the camera, and I'm just like, "Oh fuck, this is hilarious." But all in all, man, it's uh, I think it's pretty. I mean, epic, there's man. there's a chance. Like, think about put this in perspective. I mean, there's probably people in this movie who've never seen a movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know I, what I mean? I thought about so the same thing. They don't yeah. understand it, really. Like, what the hell is it? It's like moving pictures. Well, of course you know some of those I mean? people hadn't seen movies because they were in hell. <laughs> they were literally frying in hell. Like, I, I was very shocked at, like, putting atmosphere. Like, there were scenes with smoke. Yeah. And, like, they were trying to create atmosphere. And I'm like, where the fuck? Like, this is very, like insane that these guys very ahead of its time like I mean like horror movies were a thing because there was some before this and stuff but they were really going out of there and making it real dark and like atmospheric and I was just shocked by it I was like this is crazy I can't believe I've never seen this before but and the other thing I was shocked about is how fucking good the prints were yes Dude, did the prints not look amazing? Yeah. Like, it was clear. Like, you could make a Mine detail. <laughs> oh, well, this one, I think this is the one that they show. Like, it's, like, the best con- uh, kind of worked out print. Yeah. Because they took it from different sources. But it's, like, the color, it does change. It changes hues from, like, the, you know, the kind of the red to the green to the yeah. yellows. And so, like, but that's, but at the same time, you can still make out actual detail in things and you can tell facial expression I'm like damn and a lot of those older films the film stock's so new and so old and raggedy it's just you can't really do anything you can't clean it up enough right but this was honestly this one looked better than some of the films from the 20s I was like that's crazy is it just me or is it silent films like that they always just have a creepy vibe to them I don't know if it's just like the slower frame rate or I don't know what it is but you know what? I think it is. Yeah. I think it is actually. It's definitely the the frame rate has a lot to do with it. And it's just, I don't know, man. It just seems so damn genuine too, yes, man. Yeah. There's something very creepy about silent films to me. And I love it actually. Yeah. And you know, it, it sucks JP that you didn't get to see it with that score because it totally would have made this movie a lot different for you. Yeah. Because like I said, man, music is a big thing to every movie. And I mean, when you're watching a silent movie, that's literally silent. <laughs> You're watching a fucking <laughs> silent movie, yeah. right? Like guys w- wagging their arms around and shit. It's like, okay. Um, you just watched a really shitty version of Lord of the Rings. Basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So um, I enjoyed it though. I thought it was really good. I did too. Um, I'll be honest. The first 15 minutes maybe I was not into it. You know, like I, I, I'm with you moods. I, I'm not familiar with the story. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when they were bringing up all these characters, talking about all these characters, I'm like, where? That's the like, one thing that kind of annoyed me is I'm like, who the, they keep dropping all these names, but I'm like, is yeah. this from the book or is this from this guy's life? Like, I don't know. Are, no, these, from, are these historical figures? Like, yeah. I don't know who these people are. Yeah. So like, I was kind of, I'm like, where, where is this going? I don't, I don't understand it, but I'd say about the 20 minute mark was like when it really starts getting good. And, and I'm glad I stuck with it because I really, really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it's yeah. actually saying the first feature-length horror movie, so they actually consider it to be a full-on horror. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's all taking place in hell yeah. with the imagery and stuff, so yeah. it's even deemed as the first full-length horror movie, which is kind of cool. So this one has definitely some interesting history to it and stuff, but um, it, you know, it's actually amazing to me that it still exists because so many movies from that time period are gone forever, right? Yeah, what a shame. Yeah, so pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, I won't lie not knowing the story and trying to memorize all the characters that are coming in and out of Dante's, you know, journey. Yeah. You know, the ones that are helping and stuff, you know, one minute they're in my mind, the next minute they're out because I can't remember. Like, it's just, it's just going by too fast. It's every two minutes. There's some other characters names and I, you guys know me. I can't remember characters names for the life of me. That's why astrology and stuff. I'm always like, uh, Prometheus, Pro- like I know some, but I can't remember yeah. them. I'm I, just bad with names. It doesn't help too. like the dialogue is very, of the time, right? Yeah. So you're trying to figure out exactly what they're saying, mm-hmm. and you're trying to read it. Oh yeah, the quick. dialect. Yeah, yeah. It, it's written yeah. all. Di- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I always struggle with the dialect too, because you know you. I know when you're watching period pieces and they start using that dialect, you're like, okay, this word means that, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and you don't have a whole lot of time to read it too, mm-hmm. and then you're trying to remember what they said yeah. as you're watching the scene. So. I was just really trying to watch it, enjoying the visuals, because to me, silent films is more about the visuals and stuff. And like, yeah. I do have. You know, it is honestly kind of hard to review silent films because it's more about the imagery. Yep. Right? Like, you can't you can't judge it on acting and fucking all... I mean, you got to give it a pass. It's 1911. Yeah. For effects and stuff. But, I mean, honestly, that shit was pretty damn groundbreaking. Oh, yeah. For what they were doing. Absolutely. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, should we just... Is that it? Ratings yep. on it? Or, okay, JP, yep. what, are you, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's definitely a fun experience. Uh, not something that I'm probably ever going to go back to, you know, just cause it is pretty you, basic. You, know what? And you should, you actually should watch it with the 16 score though, just to see if it yeah, actually maybe. changes you. I agree. Yeah. You know what you could probably do though, because the frame rate is so slow. You could actually put it on double time. times two speed. Yeah. And it'll actually play the normal even- frame rate. One yeah. of my complaints was I would read the title card and it would still sit there for like 10 seconds. Um, yeah. if you double time it i think the frame rate might be normal and it actually play itself out like a normal film yeah you probably wouldn't even notice on double time and you know what it'd only be what is that 30 30 minutes yeah. 35 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. uh but then it might affect the score though uh i, I don't know yeah. I, I don't think it'll be affected too much more. i mean the bpms on that score is pretty fucking low it's just <laughs> yeah it's not like it's very uh, intricate it's just it, it's right. really well done. yeah uh but yeah um you know really really cool imagery um i was just curious like oh what what's gonna be in this next screen you know what i mean it was just like it was almost like a picture book you know you're just like okay these people are being buried in ice these people are you know burning these people are whatever and uh that was just kind of cool but uh i'm probably at like a seven and a half out of ten on this one i I, i'm these films are hard to rate for me because like Mm -hmm. historical significance obviously really good but like enjoyment in 2020 um it's you know not major enjoyment it's just like decent enjoyment mm. all right dylan 
Yeah, I uh, I agree with Moose. I think you should, you should watch it with the score because I think that helped out big time. Um, I'm glad this is the way I watched it where I almost had to watch it because I might have actually probably bailed after the first 10-15 minutes into this film because <laughs> I wasn't into it, I'll be totally honest. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad I stuck with it because once you actually start going through hell, it's really, really enjoyable. All the things that, uh, like you said, all the different monsters you get to see and everything they do there. Um, I Actually, I really enjoyed this and I'm glad I watched it. And like you said, it's hard to rate these films because I haven't seen a whole lot of silent movies so even to compare it to other ones is, is tough for me but um, I don't know I really enjoyed it I, I'd give it a 8 out of 8 yeah 8 and a half out of 10 yeah I'd, silent films rated or reviewed on this podcast there's definitely um, not many like how many honestly how many silent films have we actually ever reviewed on here Phantom's Damn Carriage, carriage. Yeah. I, but that one comes to mind I mean that one's just really fucking good like have we even done like Nosferatu and like Cabinet Ca- Dr. Caligari and well Cabinet Dr. Caligari is coming up <laughs> actually I think Jeremy actually talked about that one one time too on here might have yeah so that's a bonus yeah so I mean there is other ones I think that's why we're probably starting to get these as Patreon picks because there hasn't been a lot yeah I mean really I, I, mean, how I many haven't podcasts? seen a ton I honestly haven't seen a ton I've seen quite I've a seen few. like Phantom of the Opera and Phantom's Carriage and stuff, but the I mean, major I've, ones. I've seen a lot from, you know, basically the 20s. Yeah. Like, a lot of shit pre-20, I haven't honestly seen. There isn't really a lot of there. A lot of the bigger ones came on the 20s, so I've seen quite a few of those, but some of them are really good. Um, yeah, I'm right there too, man. I think um, I think the imagery is really what the selling point is here. I honestly wish I knew and was really, you know, into the story and, and just knew about the story more I think you could appreciate a lot more and you're like oh okay this is when this you know yeah I agree I think that kind of helps with something like this because it is silent just going in knowing more of the narrative yeah beforehand I think would have actually changed the way you see it too yeah right um but uh I mean overall imagery just what they did style um you know I just couldn't believe some of that shit I was seeing I was like fuck this is blowing me away right now 1911 this is very primitive filmmaking but at the same time it was better than films are being made 10 years later it's crazy Um, I'm at the same rating 8.5 out of 10 I think it's uh, I think it's a really great film to be honest yeah Um, but yeah check it out with that score man absolutely And now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 177. Yeah, the Bong Joon Ho. (laughs) I can't say the guy's name without laughing. I mean, he's got Bong, Joon, and Ho in there. (laughs) Great Uh, name. It just, I keep thinking like Ice Cube and like Master P and you're like, Ho and fucking. It's weird. I don't know why. Um, But yeah. This is awesome, man. Thanks um, to the Patreoner for picking this director spotlight because it not only was really fun to do, it also got Dylan on the show because 
you know he's a big fan of Korean and Asian cinema so yeah. but yeah uh, so of course first movie up here uh, is from 2003 and it's called Memories of Murder yeah oh this- is it called Memories yeah Memories of Murder. I thought, I, for some reason, I thought it was Memoirs of Murder. Jesus, I had <laughs> I, I had like seven different titles for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did watch the right one. Dylan was concerned. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Memories. At least I think I did. I guess we'll find out once we start talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. This this actually was a first time watch for me. Uh, I've known about this movie for a lot of years actually because I know Quentin Tarantino always cites it as one of his favorite movies of all time. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I think it was somewhere in his list anyways. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know much about it. I just knew it was Korean, and it was obviously a good movie if Tarantino was praising about it and stuff. Yeah. Um, what I did learn from watching and just reading up on a little bit is actually based on a real case, like a real-life murder case. Yeah. Um, so that, was, that kind of intrigued me even more when I got into it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So, Okay, so quick little synopsis. In a small Korean province, a small Korean province in 1986, two detectives struggle with a case of multiple young women being found raped and murdered by an unknown culprit. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty good uh, synopsis, actually. That's exactly what it is. So it takes place in 1986. It takes The whole movie takes place between 1986 and about 1991, except for the end, yeah. when it goes into a modern... Yeah, present it's like time. 2003. 2003. Yeah, yeah, there's a scene at the end of the movie where it goes in the present time. But the movie itself takes place between 86 and 91. Yeah. And of course, it picks up right in the beginning of the film with uh, a second murder. Um, and these two cops are investigating the murder and stuff. And, and the funny thing about these cops is that they're they're kind of moronic. Yeah. They have really good intentions. They just go about their police work in a in a sense of where we look at as being completely wrong illegal <laughs> yeah like <laughs> completely th- illegal they just have really weird ideas on how to investigate but they also use a little bit of blunt force <laughs> hence drop kicking and just they, yeah. they, they 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 just go about things completely different than north american police would and stuff and yeah. it, it, it comes off yeah, very that, it, that's it, actually um a minor issue that i have with with this film is the culture like i i, I find myself wondering the whole time like is this like like is this like are they not allowed to do this are they allowed to do this i assume they're not allowed to do this but is this like a normal thing that would happen there or is this you know it's just one of those cultural disconnect things where i just couldn't wrap my head around it i think south korea is very modernized with you know western civilized you know police detective work and stuff i mean they're they're very similar in a sense i mean it obviously is showcased in the film too when the uh, the other cop, not the main main detective in the film, yeah. when he drop kicks the, the one suspect at the end, so when he drop kicks that other the suspect that they think is the murderer at the end of the film, and of course the chief freaks out and knocks him down drop the stairs. Kicks, fucking drop kicks. <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's pretty evident that you know, and he even tells me he's like, you can't come back into the interrogation room because that's completely fucking wrong. So like yeah. their ideologies behind police detective work is you know it's pretty much on par with ours you can't be fucking beating confessions out of people it's yeah. just not right but that's exact essentially what these guys are doing they're they're kind of they're kind of dumb but they're not they like kind of suck yeah well they're, they're very low rate detectives okay so i but you can, even you, you can I explain think that this that away. area doesn't have yeah murders. You, you can well that's that's part of it so you can kind of explain away why these cops are the way they are they actually are cops in a small town that's kind of run by military dictatorship and stuff you know and it's not really 
they just don't have a lot of crime like that. They don't have nothing to go off on. Yeah, this is the first time they've dealt with a serial yeah. killer. So these cops yeah. are very... So they're, they're foreign to their own their, their own crimes here and stuff. That's why the third detective is brought in from Seoul because obviously they have these type of crimes there and they need someone with a little bit of knowledge to kind of investigate this because, you know... And I think they don't really explain it in the film, but I think the higher-ups think that there might be something else going on here because there is a second person found murdered and that's where the movie starts. These the 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 detectives are investigating this murder, and then a third murder happens, and that's when the other guy kind of says, "You know what? These murders are all linked." Yeah, and then that's when the movie kind of takes its ground, and then you know, of course, these these dumb shit cops are still investigating <laughs> all strangely, and you got this other kind of together type. Uh, uh, detective who is from the big city and stuff yeah. and he starts to put things together and stuff and then the three of them start working more on a on a legit level you know even though their tactics are still absolutely ridiculous like the way they're investigating like the way they pick their <laughs> the way they oh, pick man. their suspects was so fucking funny I was dying laughing it's so goofy some of their theories are, are so funny to me right yeah it's just it's hilarious it's hilarious and I will say you know this movie is really highly entertaining from all aspects, man. It's great filmmaking. I think the acting was brilliant in this movie, but it's also the great dialogue and the use of uh, June Ho's way of incorporating a serious story or having a serious narrative and incorporating uh, subtle comedy, study, subtle comedy and having these kind of goofy detectives, but not making them like idiot moron cops from like, you know, last house on the left or and the town, the dreaded sundown, the town, the dreaded yeah. sundown shit like that. These cops at the end of the day are still trying to do their job genuinely yeah. just with tactics that are kind of a little bit off kilter and off beat. And I really like how it's showcased because it actually adds into when it, when you get to the third act and then shit goes haywire, even for our, our cop that has his head on straight. Yeah. Inspector. So inspector. So and the way he reacts to like the frustration of the case and things like that. And yeah, I think it really plays itself out naturally and amazing absolutely. i think it's absolutely done so well i think this is and i can see why this movie is very highly regarded as a great movie because yeah. i think the whole narrative is just very it's just really constructed awesome man there's a really great you know character build up or you know character uh with the detectives and just everybody around yeah you know everyone's kind of built up to the point where you're like okay i get it yeah i yeah, get it i agree with you like the subtle comedy. I'm not a big fan of goofy no, no. stuff like that, but when it's subtle and it's it's very well written in, like this movie, it's it kills me. There's so many funny scenes in this movie. It is, man, and it's like it's surprising because again, going back to police investigation movies, I don't really like when they get super goofy and shit. No, not at but all. But I don't know how we managed to keep it on that level. Like, I mean, really, dude, if you have a cop drop kicking people, he does it a couple <laughs> times in the movie. Can we talk about that scene? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so the first time we actually see um, the third detective inspector, so mm -hmm. you see him. Um, there's a there's a woman walking down the street. She's by herself, and you see inspector. So, but you don't you don't realize it's actually him. And he's like, "Hey, hey, can I get some directions from you?" And she's immediately like scared. She starts basically taking off running. Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, hold on, hold on." And she trips and falls into the ditch, and he follows her down there because, you know, he's just trying to help her out yeah. or whatever. Well, it just so happens Detective Park, he's the main detective, he's driving by, and he sees this happen. So he throws his car into park, and he's like, 
hey, what are you doing down there? He's like, is this town a rapist paradise? Yeah. <laughs> and out of nowhere just comes this epic, like, WWE, like, flying dropkick into Inspector So, and it's one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in a movie. It is, there, there, All three of these movies have, like, incredibly funny moments. Yeah. Like, like well, that's the common bond between these three movies. Not only, they're obviously all directed by Ho, they all have dropkick scenes in them. He has, he <laughs> they, has they, a they, fucking they thing with dropkicks. Yeah. And with, like, kind of subtle but, like, great comedy. Yeah. He really does know how to write great dialogue and keep these characters in check and, and not let it get out of control. Yeah. Dude, in the... Uh, but that scene, my God, and he's the like, last this is... Movie. He's literally just looking for, like, you know, he's just there to investigate and shit and he's getting drop kicked and like oh beat up yeah way to fucking you know yeah. it's the sound the... effect too dude like the <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man there's a, a scene, scene in the third movie i'm just gonna bring it up now but like it's with a rock i literally died laughing <laughs> and it was so fucked up and i was like why is that funny <laughs> oh is it at the end you're talking <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's just, I mean, I just, I get so much, like, as soon as they incorporate the other detective, man, this yep. movie just, fuck, dude, when they decide to, like, reenact the one murder, I'm just like, where are they getting these methods and ideas from? I'm like, what the fuck? That's a funny thing, and it's funny you bring that up. When I watched this again, I was like, is this, this is so not normal. Like, is, no. is this an actual thing? And I almost dock points from this movie because because it it makes no sense why they would bring out the suspect and reenact the murder but then jumping forward to two films that had in in our reviews they actually do it again where they have reenactment so i think it is a thing in in south korea you know i was wondering the same thing because it does come out of left field in the movie all of a sudden they're just like okay we're gonna do we have the suspect and we're gonna reenact i'm like what do you mean you're going to reenact but the way they do it too and i'm like yeah you would never see that here no yeah because he's a suspect yeah First of all, you would never bring the suspect to it. Just it, everything about that is completely wrong. Yeah. So maybe it is a thing with that, but yeah, you're right because they, they do do it again. They do it again in mothers. So yeah, very strange. Yeah, very very strange. But uh, I mean, this movie is not like it's not one of those movies where you get to really see the murders that happen. We were trying to think like how many because the movie takes place or picks up where the second murder happens. Yeah. And I think there's four killings in the movie. I think total. I think so, if so, I remember. So yeah. there was four more victims, but I think in the real life case, there actually was ten murders yeah. overall That's in right. this in this time period, right? Yeah, they all happened between eighty six and ninety one, kind of thing. Yeah. So there's this five year period, and then then they just went cold. Yeah, there was no more murders. There was nothing else linked to this case. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. But um, uh, I mean, we'll probably end up putting maybe a spoiler alert before the end or before the start of this. I don't know if we, if we want to talk about the ending of this movie, because actually Dylan uh, informed me actually when we were talking about this movie last night yeah. that, cause of course this movie was made in 2003 and the way it ends. It's hard to talk about the ending without it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll probably put the spoiler thing before here. So if you guys don't want to listen from this point on just, you know, whatever, but we are going to talk a little about the ending because it's actually kind of important to note. Yeah because of the real life story yeah so this movie takes place between 86 and 91 and then at the end of the movie it jumps to present time which is 2003 and it actually shows now who uh, one of the police one of the detectives yeah, who's detective, actually detective park yeah which he's yeah. actually not a cop anymore yeah i don't think at that time and he's doing a different job anyways he goes back to where they investigated like the first murder and uh, he's just kind of looking inside this pipe drain and stuff and this little girl talks to him and shit like that and it's a really interesting key scene but the movie ends yeah so essentially 
the killer has not been caught. It's like this whole Zodiac thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, crazy, man. They never caught the killer. So jump forward to 2019 in real life. They actually caught the fucking murder of this case. They actually caught. So the murder stopped in 1991 and they obviously did some investigation. I'm not sure exactly how they figured out that this guy was in jail, but so of course they had DNA, right? They, they go into it in the film because they didn't have the technology in 86, 91 in, especially in South Korea at the time. So they had to do the American thing. So they somehow retested this later on, but they matched the DNA taken from the victim and obviously the killer's semen. Yeah to a inmate who was doing a life bid for other crimes inside a jail who rape, was rape and murder rape and murder yeah. he was doing a life bid I don't, I'm not sure how they they actually linked it to him in jail yeah. they, they might have done one of those things where they thought that since the case went cold in 91 there was no more murders that he probably was in jail this is a very very common thing within crime right yeah. a lot of people that commit crimes get caught for other crimes and we, we've seen the story a million times but you jump forward all these years later and they actually linked this guy and he's brought to justice for all these murders. So it's kind of interesting to note. And I, I really like hearing things like that because it's yeah. always been that one kind of it always leaves a distaste in my mouth when you watch Zodiac. Because I've always been so interested in that in that serial killing case yeah. that they never caught this guy. And they always figured it was the same type of thing that the killer got picked up for something else mm-hmm. and probably died in jail. Yeah, because nothing happened after that one point. Right. It was just kind of done. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that I I I didn't look into the case at all um, after I watched it. Uh, I did but either. It's definitely interesting. Yeah, I just I, I thought it was really cool that you know it actually got solved in yeah, real life. In this movie, ending, yeah. yeah, that there's actually a really you know an ending to it. It's fucking cool, man. Really cool. But uh, honestly, man, I would highly, highly, highly recommend this movie. This is everything I like in these type of police investigative murder type stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just great characters, really great writing. It, it, you know, for a movie that runs two hours and 12 minutes, it's got really decent pacing because every scene is entertaining yeah. because you're, you're watching these, these detectives and you're thinking to yourself, this is insane. They're, yeah. they're good, method. good, good, good cinematography too. Oh, really like the, there's some really great shots. One thing that I've noticed that I see a lot in, um, South Korean movies is rainy scenes. Mm-hmm. They they do, they, they, they do such a good job in the rain. Like they, 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 I think almost every South Korean movie I've ever seen has some scene in 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 the rainstorm or well, in the, the rain. The end scene where you know by the train. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah, that's scene, the one. I was doesn't it just look fucking freezing? Like yeah. I think yeah. those guys were legitimately catching hypothermia in those scenes. It yeah. looked freezing, man. I was like, holy yeah. shit, dude! Like that's brutal. It, it helps with the story too because, like you said, JP, they always have really great scenes in the rain, and uh-huh. they figure out you know halfway maybe closer to the beginning of the movie that um the killer is actually killing on rainy days on rainy, rain, days, rainy yeah. nights yeah 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 he, i, I love and link to the radio they, they station. did a good job like building the killer in this one with yeah. like uh the different quirks that he has and stuff that that stuff's cool i've always dug that I got a like, question i'm not sure if i remember this properly but yeah. okay so the killer the killer is killing on rainy nights yeah and mm-hmm. is he the one that's requesting the song on Rainy Nights or is he killing because the song is being played on Rainy Nights? No, he's the one when they really figure out who they think actually did it. Yeah. That's how they find out because they find out um, he's been sending postcards. Yeah, yeah. To the radio station. And that's how they link it back to his apartment. And that's where they find essentially who they think they actually was doing the killings. Yeah, but it, who was sending the letters? Was it that guy or was it the actual killer? 
They say it's that guy. Yeah, they figure yeah. it's that guy. Yeah. So in the postcard, it was something to do with playing that song. Yeah. Because the song was linked specifically to every rainy night. And I like. I love that scene too when they're like, they kind of get this like moment of clarity and they're like, holy shit, this song. Yeah. It's being played on rainy nights and there's murders. It's yeah. like I love that kind of thing and it's it's kind of interesting because that was really happening too. I'm like, wow, that's really. That's some diabolical shit right there, man. <laughs> yeah. There's another funny scene which kind of ties into that. Um, all three of the other detectives, except for De- Detective Park, they kind of stumble across the, the radio station playing that song every night. Yeah. Well, Detective Park being the terrible detective he is, he has another theory about how they haven't found any hair at any of the crime scenes. Yeah. So it's got to be a guy who shaves his pubes, yeah. essentially. Yeah. He keeps calling him a baldy. Yeah. <laughs> so when they come up with that the radio station, they all take off to investigate it. And sure enough, he like rolls his chair over to the chief's desk. He's like, I'm telling you, we got to look for baldies. And the chief's like, the chief's like how are we even going to do that? You're going to drop everybody's pants? And, yeah. <laughs> and then and sure enough, the next scene, he's, he's sitting in this hot tub at like a bathhouse. And he's like awkwardly like staring yeah. at all the naked guys walking by seeing if anybody's like fully shaven. I, I That's like laughing. these weird beats of comedy that this director sprinkles in his serious movies that is just like what i just like it though because it's so within that character because they already did quirky things to investigate but why not come up with something like it has to be a baldy and now we have to investigate guys that shave their pubes yeah like it just it every it just it's so fuck dude i was pissing myself laughing at that i was like that is so fucking funny yeah and like the dude with the red panties yeah like it was literally this dude jerking off in the fucking park when the stick cracks the way that that shot, dude, it's so it's so funny that it goes back to the, the the dude with the red panties, and it's just like this this everybody's like still, and then it's just like doom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, but so isn't it awesome though? Then it's like this heart pounding like score comes in, and all of a sudden it gets serious again. Like yeah, the, the way he's able like, to do that is is mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, it's it doesn't like break back beat, man. alleyway yeah. chase and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there is some decently shocking moments, too. I mean, the one obvious uh, eyewitness who actually witnessed one of the murders, his downfall in the film was kind of crazy, too. Because, yeah. And I really like the way they did this, too, because, you know, they've they've been frustrated through the whole film with this investigation. They've tried so many different angles, and they, they figure they have somebody kind of pointed out and stuff. And they yeah. and then they learn that this one, you know, this one person who's, was, who's was mentally that, challenged. It was their first suspect, actually. Yeah, it was the first suspect, and he's yeah. kind of mentally challenged, and, and you know, and he didn't really tell him everything that he'd actually really saw. They end up telling him, you know, they end up figuring out that he actually saw some shit, right? Yeah, they kind of have a, a revelation, and they say, well, how did he... Because he explains the murder. Exactly. And, and a lot of details that nobody should Which is why known. they thought he was the suspect or whatever. But then yeah. they, they do realize that, like, this guy couldn't have done it. Yeah. You know, he obviously saw some shit, so... Yeah. Uh, and I like the way this kind of develops because they've been trying everything and going all the way out of their ways and, you know, to figure this out. And they finally get this witness and shit like that. And then something fucking happens to him. Yeah. And then the third act just explodes into this fucking total rage and shit. I just, I love the way it's done because it's just, it's so human nature to really do. Because at that point, you know that you're, you're just fucked. Yeah. Like, where the fuck do we go from here? How can we convict this? There's no evidence. There's nothing. Yeah. Without this eyewitness kind of thing. And, and the, where it goes at the end and shit and, and kind of what you explained even last night is very interesting too. And yeah, um, I think it's just done brilliantly. It's really, it's really amazingly done. I agree. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I, this good, very good movie. Again, phenomenal. I've said this forever, man. South Korean movies are fucking great. They're they the, have an eye for cinema. <laughs> they're the best, man. Yeah. They really do a great job in in these type of... Oh, it's just brilliant, man. Really, yeah. really brilliant. Yeah, man. I'm really excited that, uh, that we got a chance to... Well, I, that I finally got a chance to see this movie because... Um, you know, when I see, when I watch like, you know, directors, top movies and shit like that, I've usually seen everything on their list. Yeah. This was the one movie that was eluding me. I'd never seen on, you know, Tarantino, who, which is one of my favorite directors of all time. And I'd never seen this before. Yeah. Cause it's oh, kinda, for sure. It's a little my, bit harder to get a favorite too. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit harder to get a hold of and stuff. And actually Dylan has a pretty funny story with that, with his DVD <laughs> that goes for like crazy money. Oh, that pains my soul. Yeah. So he goes to. <laughs> So we're, you know, we invite him on the show and he's like, oh, I can, you know, watch my DVD and shit. And he fucking messaged me. He's like the next day and he's like, dude, did I lend you fucking memories of murder? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about, man? He's like, dude, I can't fucking find it. I'm like, seriously, that's probably like the most expensive DVD in your whole collection. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I can't fucking find it. He never did find it. I have no idea where it is. <laughs> so he's thinking he misplaced it when he moved. Maybe he dropped yeah. some stuff at your parents' house Maybe, or something. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I haven't looked there yet, but uh, I, it kills me. That is thinking un- about it right now that I don't have that in my possession. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> <laughs> I hear it is actually getting re-released. That's what I heard. Because of the success of Parasite. Now, I guess they're re-releasing. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. A lot of yeah you movies. know, I'm actually very happy for this director. You know, we haven't touched on the other two films yet, but... Yeah. Um, you know, Humble Beginnings up into, like, now this mainstream uh, westernized appeal that you know i mean i have my friend at work who's a, a a female not a not a horror fan at all actually does not like horror f- films um but is like follows like the oscars and stuff like that and you know loves disney and things and she was saying that she wanted to see parasite because it was nominated oh, nice. and i was like wow that's just so cool that this guy's getting all this recognition now from you know that that's really neat and and in general like even f- other filmmakers and people in the industry are giving this guy mad props now from parasite which i still haven't seen i was gonna ask <laughs> if you guys have seen parasite no yet. i haven't gotten around to it i was actually gonna pick it up and just wait for the price to drop because yeah. i mean i'm a, i really like this guy's movies so i'm assuming it's probably gonna be oh great my and God, stuff it's but it's phenomenal is it is it is parasite a better movie than memories of murder i I would almost say yes. Wow. And that's hard for me to say because Memories of Murder is amazing. It really is, yeah. But, yeah, Parasite is... I don't even want to get into it, but it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's There's a reason why there's hype around that movie. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good to hear. I don't know a single thing about it. I have no idea what it's even about. That's good, JP. Go into that movie knowing nothing. Yeah. That's the best uh, way to go into it. I, I've been meaning to like either grab it from the red box or something like that or yep. pick it up at Walmart. I, I don't know yet, but yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Uh, especially cause we're, we're going to have like a gap between episodes. Um, actually after this week so maybe i will um check it out then yeah please do you know you know the one part in this movie that actually kind of made me scratch my head a little bit is when the fucking the drop kicking detective yep. gets the fucking rusty nail stabbed into his calf right and then yeah. of, cor- of course he <laughs> the fucking scene is just ridiculous dude he's just fighting yeah. everybody and shit yeah he, but, he's frustrated right because he, he gets suspended essentially for beating everybody up. yeah so then he goes on this fucking <laughs> so he's rampage. like i'm gonna whoop everybody yeah, else he's, guess what yeah <laughs> but the part that like killed me i'm like okay so this is between 86 and 91 and then yeah. they're talking about amputating his leg from the knee down because he got this rusty nail yeah and i'm like but it just fucking happened they can't give him a tetanus shot 
Yeah, I like, guess. Yeah, but did he not like not get it taken care of and just like wait? And yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> but how much time had passed? Because it seems like he he goes to the met, like he gets attention. Well, like, that that's the thing with this sh- film in general. If it takes place over years, it definitely doesn't seem like it. But I mean, that scene to him in the hospital seemed like it was like the same night. Yeah. It really did yeah, I because, don't know. because he had to go get medical. He couldn't even fucking walk. Like he was all fucked up and shit. Maybe like, their medical he, he is does, a few years behind, like their detective work. <laughs> he does say yeah. he does mention that it's been swelling on and off a bunch. So I, I think it had been a couple of days. Yeah, you're right. He does say that too. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but it's just always hard to tell in yeah, it's, in, in they a don't, timeline, they, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially most foreign films, they don't take as much care with like how american films are where it like there's a better time frame uh they do a better job of outlining like how much time has passed between moments and stuff like that i've always noticed that with italian films and and korean films and it's just not something they pay extra attention to like we do over here just again just another difference Mm mm-hmm but yeah, I just thought it was crazy. I'm like, they're going to amputate his leg because he took a fucking rusty nail in, yeah. the, in the calf. I'm like, yeah. that's pretty easy to fucking, you know, solve these days. Of, Even yeah. in the early 90s. I mean, fuck, dude, tetanus is not I a stepped, new thing. I stepped on a rusty nail in the early 90s. Um, oh, my, I did too, actually. We were, they were redoing the roof. I had flip flops on yeah. and stepped right on the damn nail. Yeah, I did. Went right I, through my foot. Yeah, Ouch. I, did, I did one too, right in the side of my foot too. Yeah. But I think I already had like a tetanus shot at the time. Probably got another. I can't remember exactly, but. Oh, yeah. Never, I never got tetanus, so yeah. obviously yeah. I had some type yeah. of care there. So, um, but uh, I don't know. Let's get into ratings, ratings for Memories of Murder. Yeah, uh, Dylan, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I can go first. Okay. Um, this movie, honestly, is one of my favorite movies ever. I've seen it probably about four or five times. Damn. Now. And like, it honestly, it gets better and better every time I watch it. I agree. I think the pacing in this movie is is fantastic. The subtle comedy it gets me every time. Like it's it's so funny to me. It's so perfect. It's I, not goofy, which I, again I, I don't like in movies. Uh, especially in I, I don't like when movies are trying to be played serious and you have dumb shit cops that just totally like like we said yeah. you know Last House on the Left and you know The Town to Dreaded Sundown are great examples of yeah. movies that have serious content that have this overpowering ridiculous comedic elements yeah. by these stupid cops and it just never recovers from it and those those people i i don't think those people exist you know what i mean well, they and don't. that's what that's what it bothers they me don't they're because so goofy I, I look at the town of dreaded sundown and i i see these cops and shit and i i just think fucking dukes of hazards man yeah totally right it's just so fucking stupid you're yeah. like i it fucking ruins the movie it really does yeah. if they had kept that shit 100% it would have been such a better film, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad they don't do it in this movie. Like I said, the comedy is amazing. I think it's hilarious in this movie. It is. It actually really does work. Yeah. It's so hard to do. Um, the acting, I think, is spot on. I, I think the uh, main main detective, Detective Park, um, what's his name? Kang Ho Song, I believe is Damn the actor's it. name. Yeah, I could never remember that. Yeah, he's on a lot of Bong Joon-ho movies. Um, he is. He's he, really good, man. He is, actually. He's yeah. really good in everything he's in. Um, the acting is great. I think the score, we didn't really touch on the score too much, but the use of the score in this film is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of scenes that... I was going to bring that up. Yeah, as soon as the score comes in, it's like very like unsettling, like gut-wrenching. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's used so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's honestly nothing... It's like subtly perfect too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And even the scene we were talking about earlier, like where the guy's they're chasing that guy through the the city there the heart pounding score is uh-huh. just perfect to it yeah 
Um, there's nothing about this movie that I think is... I can't pick out anything, so I'm at a perfect 10 out of 10 on Memories of Murder. Yeah, this was a first-time watch for me, and I actually, like, right after I finished the movie, I was like, oh, this shit's so good. And then, of course, finding out that, you know, later on, more about the story, yeah. I'm like, damn, this is even fucking... This is crazy shit, man. Yeah. Really, really crazy. But I, I can't agree more i think everything in this movie is pretty much perfect the storytelling the narrative the characters the developments the pacing the music the acting the cinematography yeah there's really nothing about this movie that has any flaws i think i mean like i said you know for movies that are over two hours you're really really stretching the audience's attention here yeah and it's really hard to keep everyone focused to the point where you can say after you watched a two hour plus movie and go that didn't feel like that. Exactly. That's the best thing ever. Yep. But to incorporate such serious material, which is real life, with these comedic elements is so fucking hard to do. I give him all the credit in the world yep. for writing and creating a script that works. Exactly. Taking the time to develop these characters and show the audience that they're not smart, but they're genuine. Yeah. That's the really important thing to understand here is that these characters aren't just goofy retards. They're actually legit cops that aren't used to doing this type of police work. If you put that into perspective, yeah. their actions that they're doing is understandable. It's justified. Exactly. It's justified detective work because they come from a small town. And the contrast with having this detective from outside is the perfect idea. Yep. Yeah. It makes everything come together. Exactly. It really does. Because if you this – mo- this whole movie changes itself in tone if you don't have the cop from Seoul. 100%. It changes yeah. the entire complexity of the movie. Yep. Because this movie would never be the same without that seriousness. You need that contrast. You need that balance. Yeah. I think it's done absolutely perfect. 10 out of 10. Memories of Murder. Awesome. 100%. This is one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And actually probably come to the end of the year when we talk about first time watches or the best film. This probably is going to be the best film of the year. Yeah. That's good to hear, man. Yeah. I'm it's glad you... Fantastic. I'm, yeah, glad you like it. All right. Um, I don't praise it as much as you guys i don't really think that there's much wrong with it either i just don't necessarily feel the same way as you guys but i still think it's a very good movie um definitely uh one of the better films i've watched this month uh january february because (laughs) yeah yeah because i've watched a lot of bad movies this this past month and a half um, but I'm yeah, glad I've only seen it, one 2019 film so far. <laughs> Jesus, I've been saving myself the misery. Yeah. Or 2020, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's um, it's a m- movie that uh, is uh, a mystery that's untold. Um, the only thing that I'll say is I never really thought any of the people that were suspects were the killers. Like I, I couldn't get on board with the detectives accusing them because it just i don't know i i don't know if it was intentional there is a subtle point in this film that dylan actually didn't talk about that we did talk about last night yeah with the main suspect in this film yeah. the guy you know at the end of the film and shit like that how mm-hmm. they kind of point towards that he actually really was the killer well there is a there is against a mo- it too though mm-hmm. actually against it yeah because or i mean the DNA. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. again yeah so i mean but it's a really interesting scene. Yeah, there's another scene that um, it's pretty subtle too. But uh, if you're not paying attention, you probably won't notice it. Um, yeah. Inspector So is waiting. He's basically camping out, watching the main suspect. Yeah. Um, he falls asleep in his car. Main suspect gets on the on the bus and takes off. And all of a sudden, in- Inspector So his car is dead, so he can't follow him. Yeah. Sure enough, that night there's a murder. So instantly he thinks, of course it's him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, 
Um, as the main suspect is leaving the little cafe that he's in, you see him get on the bus and uh, you notice his outfit and he's wearing a blue jacket and he's wearing black pants, I believe. Now, when you see that final kill happen, you see, you know, the, the school girl. From the, yeah, from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's bound and you see the killer kind of um, slumped over, essentially. The killer that's sitting there is actually wearing gray pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of says that, you know, the guy at the end, they figure they, they've caught the guy, but it's actually probably not him. And I, I kind of like yeah. how they do that because at the time it was still unsolved, right? So they're still saying like, you know, they ha- they haven't figured out who the killer was. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. 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 Oh. Um, but anyway, uh, long story short, I'm coming in at an 8.5 out of 10. But it still makes the Hall of Fame, though, by an eight and a half, an additional half point. Okay, nice, cool. So Hall of Fame, awesome, good shit, man. That makes me happy, Mr. Kim. Formaldehyde, dirty formaldehyde. Pour him into the sink. Alrighty, so moving along into the second film here on the Ho director spotlight uh, from 2006, his creature feature, The Host. Uh, this has always been a very notorious creature feature because I think for the time when there was a lot of really, really bad kind of CG sci-fi type creature features that were coming out. This one stuck out, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely had the better effects and stuff. Yeah. Um, Synopsis. A monster emerges from Soul's Han River and begins attacking people. One victim's loving family does what it can to rescue her from its clutches. Yeah, so... Um, so, so, you know, the setup to the movie is actually quite funny. It basically starts out with, like, I want to say it's like an American scientist yeah. in Seoul. Uh-huh. And there's obviously a Korean scientist there too and stuff, yeah. but it's I, I, I get what they're doing with the commentary there. Yeah. The commentary is obvious in the very first scene that the Americans caused, you know, this type of problem in in you know, and because of their um their placement in Korea, like the military's placement there, right? Yeah. They're saying this is the cause of Americans' military <laughs> being in Korea and shit like that. So, anyways, essentially what happens is they're doing some tests on some shit and they've got all this extra formaldehyde yeah. and this American scientist says you know, uh, or actually, the the um, Korean scientist says, "Well, what are we going to do with this stuff?" He's like, "Just pour it down the drain." Yeah, and he's like, "What do you mean? It's going to go straight into the river?" And he's like, "Ah, whatever. It's just you know going into the river, kind of thing." <laughs> yeah. So the next thing you know, and it's literally like a quick like two three minute scene, and then so they pour the shit down the river <laughs> or down the drain. It goes in the river. Next thing you know, you got this big giant walking fucking huge monster attacking people. Yeah, basically, it just mutated this fish essentially. Yeah, and it became like this slasher killer in a sense because it's like one of the most bizarre creatures because it can obviously swim but it can land kill yeah and it comes out of nowhere at times it's and it's also the, smart. the first scene where it comes on land and you see it like running down the damn thing yeah. i just like lost it <laughs> it's funny too because it's almost like hibernating food and shit it's like stealing people putting them into this cave and stuff and it's got like it, it's crazy yeah. it, it's just a really bizarre creature and what it can accomplish and it's also I read somewhere that the creature was actually designed after Steve Buscemi 
<laughs> really? What the hell? Steve Buscemi's character in Fargo. They actually called when they were doing the movie. The character, the fish, was yeah. actually called Steve Buscemi. Really? Yeah. So I never knew that. I know it's just random. That's shit. so funny. Very, very fucking random. That's but, so random. So essentially, what happens here is that we kind of we follow this family and and uh, this. I don't know, I guess father, I want to say. He lives at home with his parents and shit. He's just yeah. not really going anywhere in life. His wife has left him. He's kind of a dumb shit himself. He, he's essentially the black sheep of the family. Yeah, he's, he's kind of very simple. He's simple. He's yeah. um, he's a know, slacker. He's a slacker. He's, yeah. got, he's got a young daughter, and his sister is actually like this uh, kind of Korean legend. She's like on TV in the Olympic, like all yeah. this type of shit. She's an archer and stuff. People know who she is. She's the she's the white child of the family. Yeah, know? she's yeah. the. But anyways, he's kind of the black sheep. Anyways, his daughter ends up getting taken. Which they at first they assume the daughter is killed by the fish. Yeah, but actually, it takes her and puts her into this. I don't know what you want to call it into the sewer, large it's sewer, kind of yeah, carbonate like some sort of like ravine. Yeah, yeah, it's like harvesting thing. people for food. It's weird, like keeping. I, yeah, it's weird. So, anyways, they learn that she's alive. Like midnight snacks, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It is weird because there is a scene where the fish actually goes to that sewer area and just kind of barfs up all these fucking human bones yeah. and shit. And you're just like, okay, such a cool scene. So, anyways, they essentially find out that the daughter is alive. So now that they're on a journey to find where she is and rescue yeah. her, and at the same time, obviously eliminate this uh, problem that the soul has with yeah. this giant mutated killer fish it's fucking crazy i know it sounds like absolutely ridiculous when you actually speak it it's out loud pretty like ridiculous that. yeah but honestly it's quite well done like i mean only yeah it's a good movie bong joon ho can make a two-hour creature f- feature yeah worthy of being two hours it's exactly. actually quite entertaining through the whole thing and again very much like the last film we just talked about memories of murder you know incorporates serious content you know like i mean there's a big problem here and it's obviously a huge yeah. crisis with this comedy that doesn't overtake the movie somehow. Yeah, again, he, he pulls it off. You're dealing with a giant killer fish. Which sounds silly. It sounds silly. But and the movie is serious. Like, yeah. It's a very serious tone Again, movie. he likes to write these kind of simple, offbeat, kilter characters. And even though he kind of seems like, you know, he's this black sheep, almost like an antagonist. Like, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. Becomes like the fucking hero. Yeah, because he has good intentions. Like He does. You, you but, see that he just lives for his daughter. I, I like the metaphor. I mean, you know, it's more about like, you know, the black sheep of the family becoming, you know, just not believing in people. Yeah. You know, you know, normally humans, like when you see somebody like that, you just have no trust in them. Like they're, they're going to be nothing yeah, and stuff. He's going to let you down again. Yeah. He's just going to let you down, whatever it is. And yeah. you look at this person as that's the character that's going to let you down kind of thing. Yeah. But then he, you know, even though his, his mentality is not really the greatest, not really motivated and stuff, he does yeah. something about it. Exactly. He becomes a hero kind of thing. I, I like it. It's, it's kind of like that close kind of like tight family story and shit like that and yeah. it's it's actually quite emotional and shit like he does a great job with characters yeah. you know you get to know this family right away and like how close they are and stuff even though there's obvious there's an obvious disconnect with the sister being so well liked and known and shit yeah. and this guy being a total slacker simpleton and shit and, and like the I, uncle is he's just a drunk yeah exactly right yeah. you have all these different contrasts that you know makes it balance out so well yeah he, he right it's got great characters man yeah um the thing I did notice, I mean, the first time I watched the host back in the day, uh, the effects were obviously a little bit better. Then yeah. they ha- they've aged well. I agree. Not perfect. No. But honestly, dude, if you put this in a context and you compare this to the movies that were coming out in 2006, which still CG was, you know, not its, at its best. It's always yeah. evolving and stuff. I think that the um, the effects are actually quite well still. If you compare this to movie, like the sci-fi movies that are coming out, you know, last year. 
I this know. movie looks amazing compared to all those ones. It does. They yeah. they still. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say the effects are amazing because to me they're not. They 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 still look. It still looks like CG. Yeah. Well, um, of course. But it does. it's just that like you're invested in the story, so you're willing to cut them slack because you can't do this whole movie practical. It's just impossible. No, you know exactly. what I mean? It's yeah. it's too big. It's it's it it's fine for what it is. Um, it fits. Uh, what I like about it is that back in the day, like the sci-fi channel, they've always made these type of movies, but they used to take them seriously, even with a lower budget. This one seems to have a little bit higher of a budget, but like even with a lower budget, they would take the film seriously. That is what this film is. It's just, uh, uh, it's like a, you know, CGI creature monster giant monster movie, but it's just done seriously. And I'm not saying that there's not comedy in it and there's not ridiculousness in it. It's just that they're not trying to make he uh, he's not trying to make a bad movie. He's trying to make a good movie. Yeah, and it is good. It, it's, and I, that's what I like. Well, the thing I like about the host, it's not even really about the creature. It's about family yeah. and coming together. Yeah, it's it's truly about the story of a family that's so disconnected. And you almost it, it's it's a tragedy in itself that you need something like this to happen for the family to come together. Mm-hmm. It's really saying what, you know, as humans, what we can accomplish if we just kind of come together. But it's sad. It's sad at the same time, because do we yeah. really need someone to get abducted and, you know, to come together and, you know, fight the forces and, and you know, create a new new love for the family? It's it, it's kind of fuck like that. Right. I mean, let's face it. The narrative with creating the ginormous fish is retarded for maldehyde. <laughs> Yeah, dirty, uh, no, I dirty like, formaldehyde. I, I mean, like, how okay, much did they pour down there? Yeah. The river's fucking huge yeah. to mutate one fish. One fish. Yeah, it's ridiculous. A little backstory. I I watched. I have the DVD of this, um, and I watched. I went to watch the original language, and it wouldn't play. It's on the disc, but it wouldn't play. So I had to watch the American dub. Uh, and then I don't uh, think the original actually, language works on that DVD. Really? Now when well, I think about I it, I was gonna say it might be an issue with my DVD because it also skips with like fifteen or twenty minutes left. So I watched the dub for like an hour and forty minutes or something, an hour forty-five, and then I watched the <laughs> the damn uh, original language for the rest of it. So huh. hmm. <laughs> I was, cause I, they said formaldehyde in the English version. And I was like, is that a translation issue? Like, is it <laughs> as I'm like, I'm like, it's just formaldehyde. Like, what like formaldehyde <laughs> would never mutate something. Like it's not like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It sure does. There's plenty of formaldehyde that got dumped into our rivers. <laughs> but I'm thinking like, what do they dump? Like millions and millions and millions of gallons yeah. down there. I'm like, um, come on, man. Dirty formaldehyde. Yeah, it is. I mean, it doesn't matter what the setup is. No. It's like a huge MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. We totally have a fucking mutated fish and that's what matters. Like yeah, I said, it's not even about that. I mean, there is this low key kind of social commentary with basically saying fuck the United States you caused this problem because <laughs> your presence here is a piece of shit and it, it kind of was I think that's a little a little bit of what they are saying here yeah. it, it's not really overpowering but obviously with the movie starting out with an American scientist making a decision to throw some shit down there you can't deny it yeah. they're obviously saying fuck the military here because America playing God to the whole world again as usual and then, we know, created this, Godzilla as well this is so. what happens yeah, exactly. when you come and invade our or try to take over our country not take over the countries but be there you guys pour heavy amounts of formaldehyde down there and create killer fucking fish. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just problems. But uh, honestly, dude, it's a really, really fun movie. Even for, like a two-hour creature features, most of the times I would just be like, 
so exhausted yeah. from it because I like creature features not as much as Dylan. Um, you know, I can watch him just like the next person and shit. I get a lot of enjoyment, but fuck me, two hours? You Like a creature feature to me is 80 minutes tops. Oh, yeah. Because you're fucking with a creature. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> But I like this movie because for some odd reason, there's so many great scenes. Like this fish has a crazy, like a really strange personality. Like it hangs from the bridge and it does like weird things. It acts yeah. like a bat, but it acts like a, mm-hmm. an actual slasher killer. Dude, like it just jumps of, out of nowhere. Of, <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. One of my favorite moments is when, um, he's like, how many bullets are in your shotgun? He's like one. And then he, the fish comes running up on him and he turns around. And he's like, chick, chick. Oh. And then it's like, and he looks over at him, and yeah. he's, you see him counting on his hands one, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah. And yeah. you're just like, not again. Yeah. He's like, this is why this dude's such a fuck up. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's such a funny scene, but then it, again, it immediately turns into like this heart wrenching scene right after. I yeah. think that's one of the main things with Ho is that he, he manages to. He knows when to turn it on and off. Yeah. It's the precise moments. It's not even, it, he just has this basic, this awesome kind of contrast, but like he really knows when to just cut it off. Yeah. He doesn't go overboard with it. When you cut it off, you kind of, you move on. Yeah. It's great. It's like perfect timing. It's just great timing for filmmaking. Exactly. And shit, but. Yeah. It's a very, very fun movie. I can see why this one's a very popular um, watch amongst, um, you know, when people talk about good South Korean movies, because it, it's kind of appeals to everyone. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a fun one. It's the setup that works for me because when you create those type of characters and you, you feel that bond and that, and you know, what's going on with the family and shit. And yeah. like, if you just jump into it right away, you like, you don't care about these characters. It changes the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. Because the point again is to be that fucking person rising from the depths and, and being the hero that, you know, Yeah. and I like that, man. You just don't see that in fucking creature features because a lot of times the point of the creature feature is the creature, mm-hmm. right? It's, you know, that's the focus point. Let's see how many fucking people we can gnarl up with this shit. The, the narrative isn't really, there's no s- substance to the narrative, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, we're talking about substance in a fucking creature feature here, but, but there is, but yeah. oddly enough, yeah. you can't ignore it. Yeah. You know, and I like the fact that this movie isn't just about, you know, the obvious social commentary that's kind of underlying here. Yeah. It doesn't take full force because a lot of, you know, we can argue a lot of creature features are heavy on social commentary. You can always 100%. find, you can always pull shit out of these movies and you're like for Godzilla and stuff, the, the, the social commentary, like yeah. th- these movies have heavy social commentary, right? Yeah. And uh, this one has it, but it's, it's more about family and I like that. You know, it's more genuine. Yeah. Yeah. So that one funny scene in there that again cracks me up when they uh, eventually make it back to their own convenience store there and um, mm-hmm. gang dude that's the main character who's a a slacker he's always falling asleep throughout the movies at like important times too. I know, like, right? like something, something major would happen and then the next minute he's like sleeping the guy's like fucking narcoleptic or something yeah <laughs> so sure enough they're back in the convenience store and you know there he is sleeping and you can tell the brother and the sister are just annoyed with it like how can he be sleeping at a time like this his daughter's missing and he's you know passed out and the grandpa their dad basically says like is is he really that bad like you know what i mean like he's had such a tough life is he really that pathetic and they pan back to the brother and sister like yeah yeah he is <laughs> <It's just laughs> so like, yeah he is that pathetic <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> yeah it's awesome yeah yeah but they actually kind of explain why he is the way he is in that scene too so you know the thing i didn't understand i know this is like purely out of left field you know the scene when you know they're watching the daughter you know compete and shit like that and she's like oh getting ready to shoot archer and, yeah. and the clock runs out on her yeah okay you're in this highly competitive environment and you're like all eyes on you you're fucking tupac at this stage right yeah 
and uh, you let the clock run out on you, you don't even shoot. Yeah. At least get the damn shot off. Give yourself a chance to fucking win. <laughs> yeah. You can't score goals when you don't shoot. Yeah, but she chokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? How do you do that? <laughs> yeah. I just, I always pick up the most random. Things I love all the, um, like the bones raining out of the mouth and stuff. That yeah. was a really cool scene. That's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, it is awesome. All right, uh, ratings on this one. Uh, yeah, man, the host. Um, yeah, I guess there's not really a whole lot more to say about it. I mean, yeah. we can just talk about comedic parts in it, but... Yeah, um, don't really want to give away the ending either, too. So. No. Um, no, The Host, honestly, is a really, really good and entertaining film. And I was a little bit worried going back into this because I hadn't seen it in years. Uh, I did watch the full American dub because that was actually... Because I wanted to watch it in high def. Mm-hmm. And the link that Jeremy had found was that version of it, which I believe is the first time I watched it in a dub, too. I don't oh, even know. Oh, so you did watch it in the dub, then? Yeah, I, th- I don't think I've seen it in the native language before. Oh, really? Honestly, I don't think I did. Oh. I swear I watched it before in the dub, which is weird because I popped in the DVD and I probably just pressed play. And if it played on the dub, yeah. then it I would have just... on the dub. Okay, so then I wouldn't even have thought twice about it because sometimes I just sometimes I don't even think to check that there is a native because mm-hmm. a lot of American releases will just have the dub or whatever yep. so I watched this whenever the fuck 10 years ago probably last time so didn't even think twice about it so when I watched it this time I was thinking is there a native language because I, I don't know I just thought it was kind of strange because the other ones are obviously in, yep. in South Korean but um but it's just a fun ass movie. The creature looks fantastic. I love the design on the creature. They did a great job with that. Yeah. Uh, just a really good family dynamic. Great character development and stuff. It's of course shot well. It's it's funny. Yeah. It's got a great ending. Uh, for a two hour creature feature, man. You know, again, I was worried, thinking, "Fuck, is this thing gonna drag?" It totally doesn't. It's entertaining throughout because there's so much enjoyable characters. Yeah. There's so much enjoyable shit that's happening and stuff. Like, I mean. Dude, like when the fucking dad goes down and shit, like that's fucking brutal. Oh man, yeah. Like it's just painful. It's such an emotional scene, and it's brutal too because the fuck what the fish does, he just really treats him like a piece of meat. Like he fucking just wings him, dude, and he splats on the ground like a hot dog. You're like, oh, dude, like (laughs) what the fuck, man? But it's shit like that that really separates this movie from your average creature feature because it throws that emotion in there, and you're like, goddamn, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you doing to me? I'm supposed to be watching a killer bass. Yeah, where you can just (laughs) turn your brain off and just. Yeah. I know, right? But and, then you but find not. yourself invested in these characters and shit, and that's why I always I always preach about um, likable characters in films. If you don't care for characters, the meaning in the movie is just lost. Yeah, it, the translation's gone. Yeah. So the host is really good. I don't think the effects have aged a hundred percent, but honestly, it still looks a lot better than some of the films you see today for I, sure, man. I agree. They had a budget for this. You can tell it's a big budget fucking creature feature. Thank God. Yeah. You know, because um, man, wouldn't that be out of place in, in a three film reviews like this? Like just real low budget sci fi. You're like, what the fuck happened in this one? Yeah. Um, I'm going to come in at an eight out of 10 on the host. I think it's fantastic. Uh, honestly, it is one of the better creature features of all time. It's actually one of the better films out there. So yeah. I really enjoy it. So nice. Yeah. Uh, personally, I really enjoyed this film. I always thought that I was going to like this movie just based on the things that I heard. Like, Oh, it's like a sci-fi movie, but it's done not shittily. And it's like, not actually tra- it's, it's done like with intentions of making a good movie, which always is like, cause I love creature features too. It's one of my favorite subgenres. Uh, so whenever they're uh, like, I like the old sci-fi channel movies like um, like Mosquito and oh, yeah, and Ticks yeah. and stuff that used to always be on there. But they're done seriously, even though the effects aren't the best. They're they're done with 
intentions of making a good movie. Those so actually uh, had, like, practical effects in them, though. They, they made films a little bit different back then. Oh, yeah. Well, that those were the really early ones. But even stuff like They Nest from, like, O2. Yeah. Um, that one is filled with CGI, but mm-hmm. it's, like, fun. Uh, so, yeah, uh, coming, coming in at a 7.5 out of 10 on this one. Nice, nice. Yeah, I... Uh... I love this movie too. Like I'm a huge fan. This is probably one of my favorite creature features ever. I've seen it. Oh, I don't even know how many times now. Um, and to answer you guys' question, I have the Blu-ray, and that actually starts out with Korean. Oh, well, so, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there is subs, and that beginning scene when they're talking about the formaldehyde—that's actually them speaking English. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, that actor, yeah, that American actor, I can't remember what his yeah. name is, but yeah, it's obviously English. Yeah, right? yeah, so. I've watched enough Italian and foreign films when they're actually, you know, they, they're done in English. Yeah. Right? So they dub it in English and it actually matches up. Yeah. Stuff, so, you know. But yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of this movie. Um, I agree with you, Moods. Like, the the characters in this film just really do it. They, they make the film. You really get invested with all of them. I think... Uh, I think honestly the CGI I think it looks still really good. It does actually. Um, yeah. The way I would describe this film is like um you know it's one of those CGI sci-fi films done by a great director. You know I mean? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that that that's just what it it its vibe is. I mean at so. this point it's almost like Tarantino doing a creature feature. Yeah. I mean like host films yeah. are so good. Yeah, he's kind of like, "You know what? I'll show you how to do these movies." And, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he comes up with the host. Um, that's just kind of cool about this guy too is is he's done some some different types of movies like this is this one stands out it's very different from the other two yeah absolutely but yeah i i'm, I'm gonna come in a little bit higher than you guys i'm at a nine out of ten on this one I, I love this film there's there's not much that i can pick apart on it i think it's a great creature feature with lots of depth to it so yeah nine out of ten for me awesome cool. awesome stuff Right, so moving into the final flick tonight from 2009, and it is simply titled Mother. And no, it is not that piece of junk that came out a couple years ago. Whoa! <laughs> Relax. The Aronofsky film? Oh, man. I'm a big Aronofsky fan, but I did not care for that hugely fucking misguided metaphor. I just <laughs> oh, was not okay. fucking into that shit at all, man. It's just not my shit. Um... But anyways, I digress. Into 2009's Mother, of course, directed by Bong Joon-ho. Quick synopsis. A mother desperately searches for the killer who framed her son for a girl's horrific murder. Um, we're kind of running short on time. So what we're going to do here for JP is that he's actually got to get running. So he's going to quickly give his thoughts on this and quick rating. Then me and Dylan will take the rest of the show. So... Um, JP, get going. Yeah, and I will leave my Skype open so you can ke- just keep that recording. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Mother, uh, this one um, was different. I wasn't. It, it's it's sort of that mystery element, like the uh, first film, um, Memories of a Murderer. Um, but this one follows instead of a detective, the mother of a son who I I think the one thing about because um, we've seen it in both like with special. Uh, mentally handicapped uh, people. Yeah. 
I don't feel like it translates as well because I couldn't really I, I, I can't tell like what level of mental capacity the character it takes me a while to like understand like okay this person's like being called a retard or whatever but is he like actually like retarded or like is it you know I, I don't know if that's I think common he's like, I think these. he's the level of being from kind of like a maybe a broken home he's a mama's boy and stuff he he almost has that appeal of being like homeschooled and just kind of over babied and stuff yeah okay he's, so he's not actually <clears throat> mentally handicapped I don't, well, think he, I don't think he's fully retarded i think he's slow he's definitely slow like yeah. he probably just has a low iq but i mean he's not like full-blown you know mentally handicapped he's yeah. just slower and right very very like because he can function and he understands right from wrong and stuff like yeah. he understands the basic necessities to survive He's mm-hmm. just slower because he's obviously not like, I mean, look at his friend, right? He like kind of hangs yeah. out with this dude and yeah. stuff. Like and the guy knows that he's slow, but he appreciates Like he, he can still function in reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just influence. Yes. But I think really a lot easy. of his mentality has been, it comes from his home life, which, you yeah. know, we don't really know a lot of certain things, but except for cer- certain visuals. I mean, there's obviously the, this really kind of strange almost undertone or overtone of like almost incest a little bit but we i'm pretty sure he grabs his mom's boob at one point he does yeah he does yeah. he does and there, there's that really strange scene where she's feeding him soup while he's peeing and she's like watching him pee and stuff but like wait your mom never did that with you <laughs> not that i can recall to be honest but there's those strange scenes but it, it it's kind of funny because it never really develops anything further me and dylan were actually talking about this last night we're not sure if that's a product of him just being a straight mama's boy yeah, because or, or she. Just, yeah, because we do learn things about her. You know, at mm-hmm. one point in the film where he remembers something about when he was five, when she tried to kill him, blah blah blah. I think it's the overpowering love yeah, that, that she was, has that for him and stuff. I think that actually kind of created his mentality a little bit, and that's mm-hmm. the relationship uh-huh. is just a okay. little bit odd. So I don't. I, okay, so yeah, the the whole like special thing, I didn't really, I couldn't grasp like wh- whether he was. So it sounds like he's not actually like retarded. He's you know, just uh, weird. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I was really into it. And this one, unlike the other one, this one actually swerved me. I thought the the film was going one way and then it went a completely different way that I wasn't expecting. And that's what I liked most about it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah. So that that by the end, I was very satisfied. Isn't Expre- it funny that you would never you don't see the shit in like American Hollywood films? Like watching this movie, it probably goes in the direction where you want it to go, or not where you want it to go, where you expect it to go. Yeah, right. And yeah. this one you just only doesn't see do that the, in like the indie stuff that comes out here, not especially, not the like mainstream ones. Ex- exactly, and especially given what the character is, like he's a little bit slower and stuff like it. You think, oh, well, this is just going to be a happy story and blah blah blah. Yeah, that's just a yeah. product of great writing. It is. It is yeah. a great. I love that. <laughs> I love that scene. Oh, it was it was funny. Um, it's not, I don't know if it was supposed to be or not, but it just like, and then like, uh, flipping over, open the cell phone and like just the panic look, it was like done really well. But anyway, I have to roll. So, uh, I, I really like this film too. I'm sure you guys will get into it deeper. It's, it's a good movie. Um, again, filmed really well. Uh, I like the mystery narrative. I like where the film went. I gave it an eight out of 10. Nice. Awesome. All right. Cool stuff, man. Cool stuff. All right. Well, um, Check you later. <laughs> this right, is weird. Dylan, thanks for coming on. <laughs> yeah, thank uh, you for having me. Definitely have to come back another time. Anytime, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, listeners, see you guys in a couple weeks with the Scream franchise. Uh, I'll let these two finish up. So peace out, guys. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dylan, you want to start dropping some thoughts? 
Yeah, I, we didn't quite really get into it that much, but um, okay, you've seen this movie before, right? I have. Yeah, is it like yeah. your second watch or a third watch? Third, or? I believe. Oh I wow, I've seen it two times. Damn, before. did you really get you dig deep into these? You watch these things multiple times, yeah. yeah. And I, I, yeah, I wanted to be prepared for this too, so I you know definitely took some notes and stuff on these, but uh, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Um, again, like the, like the other two films, like he's he's so good at playing such a serious story and yet adding. <laughs> comedy again because we were talking about the dropkick scenes there's another hilarious dropkick scene right at the beginning um oh my god there totally is man <laughs> yeah. and and you know and like we even discussed last night like it's actually kind of interesting like how it happens because you're not 100 percent sure exactly you know what our character like who he is like and yeah. then, it, then you learn very quick that uh so what happens in the beginning of the film here is he's kind of fucking with this dog you know on the other side of the road and his Just mom's playing with it, yeah. he's playing with this dog and his mom's across the the way in her shop or whatever. Yeah, working. Working and stuff. And she's kind of watching him and stuff. And then this car rips by and actually clips him. Right? Yeah. And and they take off. Yeah. They just fucking take off. Just and hit so, and run. Yeah, so they hit and run this, uh, our main character here. I'm sorry, I'm so bad with names. Um, Dujun. Dujun, yeah. Yeah. And so his buddy, who is like, obviously of mind and stuff, he fucking, they jump in this car and they rip down to the golf course where these guys are golfing now. Yeah. And they go and take care of business a little, or they go to try and take care of business. But this guy, buddy comes ripping up and he fucking breaks this mirror off this Mercedes Benz. And then all yeah. of a sudden our main character again, he fucking comes out of the woodworks Drops the fucking flying drop kick. Try, tries to do the same thing. Yeah, take out the other beer and just completely misses. <laughs> he like hits. He bounces off the the driver's side window or the window or whatever, and just like yeah. bails and hits the ground. And then, and then it kind of shows him a little bit later. The buddies, you know, kind of beating up these golfers and shit like that, giving it to him and stuff. And then, yeah, we kind of learn a little bit about him. He's like more or less in the water. He's like in the in the water um, trap, and he's finding golf balls. And, yeah. and you kind of learn right away. You're like, okay, there's not something completely right about him. Yeah. He's definitely up because he, he doesn't remember why they're even at the golf course. Yeah. He's just excited to find golf balls yeah. in the water. So yeah. you find out right away. There's, he's definitely off and he's definitely, which I thought was a really important part of the narrative too, because you learn right away that he does have memory issues yep. that are totally stemming from his childhood. The, the trauma that he's induced. Yeah. We don't get a lot of background, I believe, on... Do they mention his father? No. They never do in the film, right? No, I wasn't I sure if so. they mentioned just for a second, but I, I was trying to think of that, so I was correct. They don't mention his father. So we don't really know. We just assume that he grew up as an only child yeah. in a, with, with a single mom kind of thing. And yeah. obviously times were really hard when he was young and there was actually a, a thing that he remembers later in the film actually when he gets charged and, and he's in jail for the murder of this girl and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he's his mom at this point is really trying to find out the truth because yeah. she believes that her son is completely innocent and yeah. he couldn't have fucking done this kind of thing, right? Yeah. So he's trying to remember more about that night because... Yeah. He essentially, you know, got really drunk one night and was walking home, and that's when this murder happened. And yeah, follows this girl. Yeah, he follows this girl, and yeah. he, and again, you have to remember he's not a hundred percent, you know, all, all there, there. Yeah. right? And he's drunk and stuff. And so, anyways, you know, fast forward, he's in jail. His mom's talking to him and stuff, but he remembers something. Yeah, and that's a great scene because, you know, they're they're sitting between the glass and stuff like that, and he's like, oh, he's like, I remember. And his mother gets kind of excited because she's been trying yeah. to figure this out yeah. for so long. She's like, what do you remember? What do you remember? And he looks up at her and he says, you tried to kill me when I was five years old. And she just goes into a complete, like, hysterical. Like, See, again, some of the most powerful writing. 
Because yeah. I tell you, man, not only does this movie kind of switch where it's like JP had mentioned, where you think it might be going, mm-hmm. but even shit like that. Yeah. It's just like devastating, but it really adds to why he might be like this yeah. and everything. And then you're just like, holy shit. And it's almost like that moment in the film where you, it's like a sympathy type thing. You're like, totally. okay, right? You're like, holy yeah. fuck, like what the hell, right? Yeah. So, but I tell you, man, this whole movie stems from the mother's love for her only son. Absolutely. And you feel like you can tell the mother has not had a good life. Her no. entire life. It, she's always been struggling. Yet she always does everything for her son. I like that they didn't develop the family history a lot. They give you glimpses into it, and yeah. obvi- and it was enough to to really inform you on why he's like this and why she's like that. They struggled. Yeah, exactly. they had a rough life. Obviously, the father's not in the picture. Yeah, they struggled with money. It was because they they obviously really you can tell they they don't live lavish at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. And um, but it's just it's a it's one of those stories where you wanna always defend your child. No matter what. Yeah. And, you know, so like we said before, you know, he gets thrown in jail for this murder that happens. And the basically the story is of her trying to prove his innocence. Basically trying to solve and figure out what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes that she's doing it everything at all costs. And of course now because, you know, she's defending who everybody believes is guilty. Yeah. Because, you know, once someone's kind of, you know, hit with that stigma, you're automatically guilty of it, right? Exactly. And, you know, she shows up at this funeral and she's kind of shunned from there and, and in this town she's just nobody. Yeah. She's shunned from everybody. And it's yeah. it's just this really kind of hard way to deal with this shit because like she's got this undying love yeah. and she's trying to prove this shit but it just she, she believes he's innocent yeah the twists and turns but the way the story develops and how she comes across and and what how one thing leads to another in the narrative yeah it's really interesting and i i won't lie like this one totally caught me off guard where it goes yeah and what eventually becomes of him and her yeah and i was like holy shit this is a really damn good movie because again this is another movie that runs over two hours long exactly it has a very kind of simple narrative narrative with you know not a lot of characters you know um but it just does such a great job of holding your attention because holy fuck man this it's just a great story yeah you're constantly guessing on what actually happened that night right yeah yeah it's phenomenal phenomenal writing and i like how like once you once the reveal happens of what happened on that night it's not like you know it's not like an old film where you know the last two minutes of the film they tell you exactly everything you need to know and it just ends yeah exactly it doesn't and it goes even fucking further yeah into the psychosis of it really yeah like it's just fucking crazy and it, it, it makes you think back to previous scenes in the film too, 100% that that it makes sense now why it happened yeah. the way it did it absolutely does it absolutely does and and that's what I like about the shit man because it's not one of those movies where you know it's a non-linear story and you're just like what the fuck like you're trying to follow this shit and stuff it's it's very linear yeah it makes a lot of sense and and, and all the reveals actually make sense absolutely so it really does work on all levels because yeah. there's always those point in these type of films these thriller mysteries and shit of Really, does that add up properly? Yeah, like, there's always that one moment in some films, like, okay, that doesn't even make sense. Like, you're trying to think back on does does it work? Does it not work? And the other thing I like about this, her investigation, there was no convenience in what she was finding. She was generally finding out things and using that information in properly ways that it was written properly. Exactly, it wasn't convenience. Oh, she found this. Oh, this that. It's yeah, like she happened to stumble across. Right, this there's or, yeah. nothing worse. I think the biggest downfall in these type of murder mysteries and these type of films is the convenience of writing. Yeah. They don't know how to 
really kind of show you something without just having it right there. Yeah, they don't know how to go to A to B properly. Exactly. Yeah. So if yeah. you can go to A and you you know they give you the right information to get to B. Yeah. You know that's when it works, and I I think again in this movie it's exactly what it does properly on all narrative levels. Absolutely, acting's amazing in this. I think there's <laughs> the scene where she's at the dude's house, his buddy's house. Yeah, and she's actually because now at this point she's looking for all type of evidence, right? Yeah, murder weapons, all types of shit and stuff. So anyway, she's ends up in this closet. I'll just leave it at that. She leaves up at this closet, or she's end up in this closet. And yeah, dude comes home with this girl and. um like she essentially has to watch them fuck from this closet yeah and I love that scene too because it's just focusing on her eyes and she's like you can tell she doesn't want to yeah but, but she at can't the same stop. time she can't she has to watch right so I think I think it's also if you kind of dive into the psychology of that too is that she's fucking lonely dude yeah 100% right and yeah. I, I I'm like I'm watching this scene thinking like she's putting herself I don't know why this came to my mind because she has this kind of weird relationship with her son. Yeah. I know a lot of people probably aren't thinking like that. It's probably just my sick mind. But I'm thinking as she's watching this, she's picturing herself and her son. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't I never, know why. In I some, never thought of it. In some, because she's so lonely and shit like that. But, I mean, it's probably not what was intended there. It was just the way I was picturing just because of the overtones that were happening earlier and shit. Yeah. And she's obviously a very, very lonely person, right? Yeah. But, like, again, she doesn't look away. But then again... Would you look away if you're in a... You need to keep your focus just in case, right? Yeah. If they start coming at you. Well, you, you never know, too. She might pick up on, you know, some sort of weird tendencies that the guy does that maybe would prove that he did it. Yeah, you know for I mean? sure. Like, yeah. I mean, at that point, know, right? at that point, right, you, you're looking at everyone as a suspect, right? Yeah. Because what you're doing here is you're trying to prove an innocence, so you're looking at every type of angle for sure. Exactly. I just couldn't get over this guy's fucking cleanliness, though. He's got open water bottles all over the floor. And what the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck yeah. lives like that? I know. Yeah. Like, why would you have open water bottles on the fucking floor in various places? Like, you yeah. haven't heard of a lid? It just, yeah. It's just a couple of cranks, man. That, that actually adds to a great scene, too, and you know, after they're done doing what they're doing, they fall asleep, and now she's got to sneak out of the house. And sure enough, she knocks over one of those bottles of water. I know, he creates great tension there, man. Yeah, and it's just like, you see the water slowly going over to his fingertips, and you're just waiting for it the water to hit his fingertips and you're like oh is he gonna wake up like see you know what's funny after that scene i watched that scene and uh the first thing i thought of is like if i was writing a scary movie spoof yeah i would take that scene but this my version of that scene would be it would have been would have been hot water and it would have hit his fingers <laughs> and he would have been rolling and he would have been pissing <laughs> <laughs> right i mean how yeah. fucking comedic is that yeah. right absolutely like instantly thought of that real on the spot and i made myself laugh out loud all by myself yeah, nice. i'm such a fucking dork nice. i'm such a dork nice. um but yeah man just an insanely awesome awesome movie like the the writing in this movie is perfect it really is you know it really is again music is awesome <laughs> just yeah i mean it's funny because all these movies the one thing i like about these movies is that even though they're very vastly different mm -hmm. they all share the same similarities you know they've got yep. all great writing they've got great character development yeah they've got this use of pro proper comedy they all have drop kicks yeah great scores in all of them great scores Which cinematography really, really add to the movies too like and they're all two hours yeah, yeah so he definitely doesn't short you on the goods and stuff exactly. but he definitely has a certain style about his films and i've learned you know from i guess i'd really only seen I think The Host, I think, is the only movie by him I've ever seen. Is that right? Yeah. So now I've seen these three. I'll probably see Parasite later on whenever yeah. I see it. So, yeah. Um, 
but he's a great, great director. He's got great vision. He's got a style. And I like this about directors. You know, like certain directors like Carpenter and Fulci and things like that. And you can tell it's them. It, you can tell it's them. I like yeah. that. I like that about him. And, you know, it, different narratives, different stories, different, like totally different things. And yeah. to manage to, to just do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. To show the audience that you're this is who you are and stuff and do that. I, I have so much respect for people that can actually pull that off. It's crazy. It's like Tarantino. Yeah. If you if you clicked into the middle of a Tarantino movie and you watched it for five minutes, you'd be like, Tarantino wrote this dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Because nobody fucking writes dialogue like that. Yeah. Right? You watch this movie for twenty minutes and like maybe maybe a little bit more and stuff, but you're like, Man, dude, like that comedy seems familiar. Yeah. That, the, these Very type subtle. of characters. Yeah, yeah, everything seems kind of similar. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. I forgot um, to mention um, the girl that's killed. Uh, they bring up that she has a boyfriend. Uh, do you remember what his name was? I do. They call him Crazy JP from the sanatorium. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I forgot to bring that up when JP was still the alive. Crazy but... JP from the sanatorium. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I thought maybe you would have done that on his intro to Crazy JP from the sanatorium. <laughs> yeah. Which actually comes up kind of at the end, too. So not not to give away anything, but yeah, he actually yeah. kind of plays a role in the ending. Yeah, I think I think the reveal of how, you know, she dies is actually it's one of those it's one of those oh fuck moments. Yeah, absolutely. I literally Did you see it coming? Not at all. You didn't, eh? Not at all. Yeah. Especially how she dies. Exactly. I had no idea like who like, you know, where the narrative was really going on either side. Yeah. Um but the way she dies was one of those moments where my mouth opened and didn't close until like the whole, I was like, what the fuck just happened here? Right. And like, it's just so powerful because it clearly like what happens is just, it's clear as day at that moment. You're like, holy fuck. Whoa. Whoa is right. And you're like, wow, dude, like really, really good shit, man. Really good stuff. So wow, dude, very powerful films. Yeah. Absolutely. They do. They do use the retard word a lot in this movie. Yeah, like they call him a retard a lot, and I'm just like, holy yeah. fuck! It's like, a little harsh. It yeah. is a little bit harsh, yeah. man. I mean, honestly, I think if this movie was made, uh, this is 2009. I think people weren't as um, uptight, yeah. I should say, or sensitive to the facts of using R words. I mean, on this show, we don't uh, we don't hold back on anything. We try to pretend that we don't live in the 2020 ideologies <laughs> of this world, and yeah, the problems are. So self-evidence they're just bad they're just bad but anyways this movie was made 10 years later in 2019 i don't think you'd be hearing the retard word dropped enough because people just get so offended by that yeah i agree i don't i don't don't think you could make this film now (laughs) i know right like i mean or just have different dialogue or something but i mean just it's so good it's just really really good um do you have anything else you want to talk about no i think without i don't think we can go into the ending so I don't want to say too much more because it definitely you don't want to know anything about how this movie ends. No, I, I don't think there's any need to go in that part. I no, mean, I, I, I think a lot of people haven't seen this one before. Yeah. I mean, we did some spoilers for Memories of Murder because I think it was kind of relevant to notes yeah. of why, you know, or where that shit went in real life. So, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, just leave this as is. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, it, oh, oh, actually, one thing we didn't mention that we brought up earlier in the show was this movie actually starts out with a scene from the end of the movie yeah and now I've always stated it's always been a pet peeve of mine yeah but in this case it's so fucking subtle because it's literally okay there's a scene of 
the mother here, she's just kind of dancing. She's just in this field kind of dancing and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. It is very awkward. And yeah. you're thinking, like, right away, you're, you're, you realize that there's something not right yeah. and why she's doing this. But the credits are running. Yeah. So it's very subtle. And it only lasts for, like, a minute or two. You and don't it, think much of it, right? Like, no, you really don't. The movie's called Mother. There's this older yeah. lady dancing yeah. in Well, it doesn't give you anything else but just her. Yeah. So then you get into the movie. And then, of course, that scene replays itself at the end of the movie. And then you're like, oh, fuck. That makes sense. It does, but it works. Absolutely. And I'm not just trying to justify it. It actually does it work. It really does, yeah. You know, the comparison to, you know, Don't Breathe, when they literally show you this long scene of dre- I was like, <laughs> it's just unneeded. Yeah. It really, really is unneeded. And, I mean, is it needed here? Not particularly, no. But it's so well done. But it's just well done, yeah. Yeah. right? So, you know, there's times when I think it works and times where it doesn't. I think this is one of those times where it actually does work itself out. Yeah. And I just have no complaints with it whatsoever. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they did showcase one thing in the movie, that the mom isn't a very good drinker. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that dude. He's just, like, uh, shit-faced. He's got hoes all around him yeah. and stuff. And he slides over the drink. He's yeah. just dropping fucking, I don't know what the hell, he whiskey shot in the beer or something. Yeah, he's making her drink. Like, do you want some information? Drink with me. And this yeah. guy's just fucking happy. He was, like, <laughs> one of the lawyers or something like that? or Attorney. I attorney, yeah. He's just... Yeah. Like, talk about big pimp and lawyer, man. This guy's got some hoes that are obviously young enough to be his granddaughters. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so fucking funny. Yeah. But yeah, um, what a great film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie actually has two really funny dropkick scenes, man. The fucking, the dropkick scene in the <laughs> in the jail yard. Oh, yeah. I was like, there's another one, another <laughs> dropkick. Dude. I, I was pumped at this point. I'm like, yes. But it's all stemming from, like... She's like, you know, basically she kind of told him to meditate and stuff and they're treating him like a re they're literally down on his, on their hands and knees calling this guy a retard. Like yeah. he's in there, he's just trying to do his thing and stuff and he just, yeah. it gets them so fucking hyped up, up yeah. that he fucking gets up when he drop. he obviously gets his ass beat down because he <laughs> yeah. doesn't know anything else, right? He yeah. can't fight, but he, this drop kick dude is like straight Bruce Lee style. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. Oh, it's awesome. But again, how they incorporate that shit generally i would be like dude what the this fuck is silly yeah like man this is like krampus with the fucking you know the <laughs> oh. the freaking ginger dead man yeah gingerbread man yeah but uh yeah man um i don't really have a whole lot more to say i don't really want to say too much more because no. it is definitely a film i want to highly highly recommend to people to see because absolutely it, i think it's just a brilliant film all the way around yeah so yeah rating on it yeah, again, I couldn't agree more. I think the writing in this film is fantastic. I, th- there's nothing, you know, you can't go back and start questioning things. They, everything is explained perfectly. Everything makes sense in the film. There's so many twists and turns, and when you finally get to the end, you're like, this is crazy. Like, it's mind-blowing. Like you said, your jaw was dropped when you figure out what actually happens, right? Mm-hmm. And then even after that, there's more things that are revealed that are just fantastic. Obviously, I don't want to get into it, but... Uh, I think one of the reveals, like, actually, I, wouldn't, I don't even want to say that. I don't even yeah. want to say it. I was just going to just, it's on the lines of how the body was placed and, like, where it was. Yeah. But I think that whole, the way that develops and the, what we learn and shit, you're just like, what? I know, right? Yeah. Right? It's, like, crazy because, yeah, yeah I, that's all I want to say. It's just really yeah. damn well done. But I'm with you. I highly recommend this film. Like, there's it's fantastic again great score like it's got like it's a nice acoustic score to it mm-hmm. i think is works so well with the film the acting is phenomenal 
Um, the mom steals the show in this movie. She's so good in it, and she just always has this. Like you feel so bad for her because like her intentions are good, and you can tell she's had just a rough life her entire life, right? Yeah, yeah. Acting's amazing. Story is amazing. Everything about it is just such a good film. Um, so I'm coming in at a nine out of ten on this one too. Nine out of ten. Yeah. yeah, I am going to be a little bit higher on this. I'm going to come in at about a nine and a half out of ten. I think again, just like Memories of Murder, every technical aspect of this movie is really brilliant. It's very much on par with that movie in t- in terms of filmmaking. Absolutely, because I mean, it's got you know great characters, great character development, you know, cinematography, acting, use of score. You know, the narrative, but the writing is so good. Yeah. You know, they write. He writes the right dialogue for these characters. Like the dialogue is appropriate. Yep. Right, it's appropriate. You ever watch movies and you're like, I don't think that character would say something like that. Like, you, you ever you have those moments where you're like, that's fucking bullshit, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's out of character. Yeah, you have those out of character moments in films, and you're like, no. And it's off. It's it's off beat. When when things go off beat, I'm just like, oh man, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you know, you're a musician too. Like, you, yeah, you you know it right away. You pick up on it right away. Right exactly. away. Right. You just can't help but notice. And that's what sometimes happens to me when I'm watching a film. I'm like, no, that's wrong. Yeah, that's totally wrong. But I feel like. This instance, and, you know, and I, I believe this script was actually developed over years, too. I think he actually came up with the idea for this movie, I think, before he did The Host or something like that. It took a while to develop it. Yeah. But I, I think that's what I read. I can't remember. I could be wrong on that. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But it's on the lines. But he, but it shows to me that he really he took takes, his time with it. He does. He takes yeah. time with developing these types of stories. Because when you look at the core narrative, it's actually quite simple. Yeah. It's a murder mystery. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's execution that separates these type of move, type of movies from the good and the bad. Yeah, this is a great example of a great movie. And again, you know, this dude just has so much fucking talent. He is he just knows what needs to be done for making a great movie. I agree. You know, he's, and he's a fantastic execution director. man. Again, you know, movies that are over two hours long, you're fighting for the audience's attention. But again, you can't even deny the fact that he's not really fighting here because he's giving you so much intrigue that you can't look away from this shit man i was fucking just glued to this shit man i was like i can't wait for the reveal on this yeah. shit like yeah. that's the sign of a great true um you know pure filmmaker yeah. man and it delivers too so i'm in it a nine and a half out of ten that's awesome i think it's a fantastic film everybody needs to see this yeah. and um yeah i mean that's it man that is it um, so yeah, that was Bong Joon Ho. I really did. I did we mention who actually Patreon these picks for us? I'm not sure because I always feel bad because I always forget to mention who <sighs> Patreon these. And you know what, man? I don't think we even have this written down anywhere. No, I really don't. Whoever it was, a great choice, but awesome, awesome choice. Yeah. Um, I really like these Asian ones and. You know, since we just figured out this is very easy to podcast, you know, together since me and Dylan actually live in the same town and he's sitting right in front of me, <laughs> I think we're probably going to have him on the show a little bit more often because that would be awesome if the schedule works out. I mean, of course, um, because it's just actually really does work, even yeah. though this was a complicated episode because we actually started recording this last <laughs> night. Yeah. And we got through basically the intro, exactly the intro jp's internet went out due to a snowstorm yeah and wouldn't come back on so we said well fuck and then you know we just started this 
back up 11 o'clock in the morning our time, 2 o'clock his time. Yeah. We were supposed to have an extra hour, the hence why JP had to duck out of here. Yeah. But it turns out he didn't, so we got as far as we could with him, and then yeah. we finished off the show kind of thing. But it, it worked out. I mean, we I had hockey this morning. I got home, got on here. It, everything kind yeah. of worked itself out. Absolutely, so. yeah. So... Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to conclude episode 177. Dylan, thanks for making your podcast debut. I think everyone's probably really going to enjoy the episode because I mean, it's not a marathon video, which we did explain <laughs> yeah. that'll be coming sometime when we can actually shoot this. Not, I was going to say bonus footage, but the, the newly incorporated yeah. footage to the, fill out the, the, the reshoots. Yeah. The reshoots <laughs> for the final product here. Um, but yeah, this uh, podcast and, uh, yeah, you know, once again, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. I thank, thought you, thank you very much for having me on, man. I was really honored when I got asked to come on here. So did you get the itch now? Now you want to do more? I kind of do. I, I, unless people tell me I'm terrible and then they don't want to listen to my voice, but <laughs> dude, yeah. dude, Jeremy's never been this good on an episode and he's done. I don't even know. He honestly, dude, he, he's missed probably 50. I'd probably say 60 plus episodes that we've done. Yeah. Not maybe 70 episodes. He's missed a lot. Um, but yeah, fantastic stuff. I'm not going to go through the outro cause I don't do the outros and stuff. You guys all know the links. They're all down below in the descriptions, whether you're watching this on a video or if you're on Horphilia, the links are everywhere. Um, you know, 22 shots, moves and horror group Facebook page. I'm not even going to attempt this cause those guys are just better at that shit. I don't pay attention to anything. So I'm just, I'm really bad. Yeah. But, uh, yep. Yeah, Dylan, we're out of here, man. That's concludes episode 177. Check you guys, uh, in a couple weeks, we're going to have two weeks off here just due to, um, we actually can't record, uh, February 14th. JP's got shit going on. I'm out of town the following week. I'm in Vancouver for a concert. We'll be back at the end of the month for the scream, uh, franchise show, which I believe is going to be featuring. We don't actually have a guest for it, but there'll be somebody on that episode. Cause I don't think Jeremy's going to be on that one either. So see you guys then for the longly anticipated scream franchise. I'm not really, I'm not going to lie. I'm not overly excited to do it. I'm not like the hugest fan of the movies. Yeah. And I feel like JP is going to be just gobbling massive cocks <laughs> on this one. So, cause he kind of likes that floating head era where I'm not a big fan. Yeah. I digress. Yeah. We're out of here. Deuces. <laughs> see ya. Game over. You need to shut the fuck up. Uh.